Previously on Martini Giant. I, before I forget, mm-hmm. and I actually, I think I forgot. No. What is, <laughs> what is, what is the end of... That's a, you're going to use that in the beginning. I know you are. But. <laughs> Perfect joke. It's the Fitzcarraldo <laughs> Kids Camp. And I'm telling you, these kids not only learn about aquatics, okay? They learn to... A riverboat. They learn how to manage a riverboat, how to I carry would, it over a mountain, how anything. to hire local Indians to help you carry it over the animal. Tone Loke is in Apocalypse Now. <laughs> that helicopter come down and blam the ground. Um, the second of which was The Two Jakes, which was uh, not a great movie, directed by um, Jack Nicholson, which is the sequel to Chinatown. And the third one, so like The, the Two Jakes was all about uh, uh, gas and electric, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, Trolleys. And, and, uh, and the third one was called, was not made, it was called Cloverleaf. Mm. And Cloverleaf was turned into Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Uh, so oh. Who Framed Roger Rabbit is a weird, unofficial sequel to Chinatown. That's genius. Yeah. I didn't know that. And that's all. I, well, I mean, I, I believe that they, they take the top waiters from the city and put them in the Thunderdome with uh, with uh, an upturned silver dish for a shield and uh, and, uh, and a two-pronged fork. And they it c- could be, down. but yeah. they, 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 they talk and they know how to deliver and that's they're a, funny and they're entertaining. And they're like, there was a, I it was felt a pretty good solid about it. I think that was a very solid joke. Yeah. Yeah. Was, was it? Okay. It's all right. No, I think... We, I we didn't just, like it. No, we got to ride it out, though. It's it wasn't just, a Fitzcarraldo level. You can't... Welcome back, Martini Giant fans. This is episode 16, which is Thunderbolt and Lightfoot, directed by Michael Chamino in 1974. As you guys know, you guys have been fans of this podcast, and you know that we refer to Thunderbolt and Lightfoot a lot. And so, therefore, we are able to uh, do it. And uh, because it was close to Eric's birthday, and he keeps talking about it, we figured we should do the podcast. What is interesting about this is that we do have a guest on this podcast, who is Mike Hill, an amazing person to have on. Uh, He was actually on uh, my other podcast, CG Garage, in episode number 231. Uh, he is a concept artist. Uh, he worked on some amazing concept art for things like Blade Runner 2049, Game of Thrones, and a lot more. He also uh, did some work on the upcoming Villeneuve film Dune, which we are very excited about. But Mike is also an incredible person in terms of figuring out film analysis and trying to really understand analysis of film. He loves the idea of psychology, mythology, and all these other aspects that are involved. What is also unique about this podcast is Mike Hill had never seen this movie until uh, we were going to talk about it on a podcast. So this is kind of a unique thing. Usually our guests come with the movies that they want to talk about. But in this case, we sort of forced Mike to uh, look at a film that he had never seen. So we are really excited about that. I was really excited to to have him on. And uh, really thank you, Mike, for doing this. And hopefully you'll be able to come back again because uh, it was a blast having you on. A couple of reminders. Uh, We guys should totally check out our website, if you guys haven't already, uh, martinigiant.com. One of the things that Eric likes to do is he likes to put put us, the the hosts and the guests as well, into the movies that we talk about uh, in Photoshop. And they are hilarious. Really, really good. So we've set up a new gallery section there to check it out. Uh, I know all of you are going to say, well, you should just put them up on Instagram. But honestly speaking, uh, we are, we are going to put them up on Instagram, but we're a couple of old guys who really just don't understand how Instagram works. Uh, and, uh, we're, I don't know, 
we're, we're, we're going to get there. We're going to get there. We're going to educate ourselves and figure out how to be millennials and actually put uh, pictures up on Instagram. But if you guys have any hints about how to start a great campaign on Instagram, uh, go ahead and hit us up. Just send us, a, send us an email if you'd like to. Just podcast at martinigiant.com. I'd love uh, your input. Uh, anyway, that is about it. Uh, remember to, subs- uh, you know, if you guys like this podcast, subscribe, uh, you know, share it with people. Review us on iTunes. That's always a good thing. We'd love to get reviews from you guys. Uh, rate us. Uh, we'd love five stars if you think we're worth it. Uh, and that's about it. All right. With that, enjoy Thunderbolt and Lightfoot. Smear. You look displeased by that. No, no, I smear. You I, smear. I just like, you know, <laughs> take the charcoal and smear it. And- Actually got some documentation from last night's bar conversation. Looks oh, vaguely nice. like a pentagram. But... Like, no, did anyone show up? Did like summoned out of thin air? <laughs> Marshall McLuhan, blam. <laughs> hey, has anybody seen Man in the High Castle? Uh, I, I, I have not. I know the producer though, or one of the producers. Wonderful. Yeah. Are you rec- you recording already? Yes, I'm recording already. Uh, are you? <laughs> Yeah, because I on the flight back. I oh, you're sketching from? Yeah, it's a great looking you, show, man. There's beautiful sketches. Guys, yeah, can, you just actually... like you oh, you, you stop a frame. Squeezing it. We are squeezing. Squeezing, Eric. Yep. Chris, there we go. Perfect. Beautiful. That one's actually not blurry. Lovely. Lovely. All right. All right. I give you a taster. Yeah. Thank you. Cheers, Chris. Cheers. All right. Oh, I should have gotten some ice on a glass, so it looked like it was. Be, being um, okay. robust can't, and manly. God, you, you, can't go you back have now. such a, Eric, have such a beautiful a voice on there. Give me a little it's shot. It's nice, right? It's not me. It, it, it changes one, your okay. opinion of me. One yeah, really cool. cool. <laughs> you sound so good. Cool. It's, very, it's very gentle, yet yeah, commanding. Yeah, very, yeah, it's very soft, good. Controlled. <laughs> it'll, it'll change over the course of the night. Don't worry at all. I'd like to thank Eric for bringing in our libations. He's bringing in the Great King, Great King Street, uh, by Compass Box, a blended scotch, which I have not had before, but I love the label, so that's usually a good sign. Yeah. Yeah. Blends are almost oh, – I don't drink anymore – but blends are almost <laughs> always a hit with me. Like blend, I've, there's, I've been really shitty blends I'm, I, was, I was a fan of, whereas like actual good scotch is like that's, that's three, three Ooh, out of five. That's good. That's my, very good, Eric. At the store, I was – the guy's like, what are you looking for? And I said, well, I... Wait, is this the one from Whole Foods again? This one I bought. This oh, one, you, okay. this different one. Right. So I always go and ask people, like, what are you looking for? And I said, well, the guy I'm with is like a real snob about the alcohol. And I don't know, just... <laughs> I, I just don't want him giving me a hard time because it would right. be a real pain in the ass. Right. Like, oh, and the, really? and, the, and the guy's like, I know he calls here. No, but he was like, <laughs> oh, how about this? And you know what's interesting, Chris, Chris mm. is that <laughs> I was like, I wonder if he's the guy that says, I really love the label, cares more about the label than – because I was, I was like, no, he's not. And you are. You, no, <laughs> I think that's I think. That's I literally in the store is like, he doesn't care about labels, I no. don't think. La- now, labels affect my opinion totally but, but about it, everything. You, yeah, you, you, absolutely. You, you, drink, 100%, 100%. You, you drink with your eyes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's, <laughs> I go for the labels. I think the labels are beautiful. I agree. And you've – 
You've you've brought different whiskeys. Uh, I think I sent you one with the best looking label I've ever seen, and it was a beautiful label, and it tasted accordingly I, beautiful. I, what was the name of it? Oh, now I don't remember. It was beautiful. It was, it was like this very kind of like it was uh, it, I, I, kind of orangey Naples it was, yellow. It was, uh, and it, it was, was a J and a, and a B and in the label. I can't remember exactly. Yes, no, it was yeah. not J and B. It was no J and B. It was good. It was lovely. It was very good. I think we should stop and introduce our guest. Yes. Well, I was going to just quickly say you should do a blind test. <laughs> get get three three whiskeys and then afterwards see if you work out the rank order of the best graphic design on the label. Oh, yeah. oh. oh that's true. See if they actually so are, you can yeah. t- taste if, uh, the whiskey yeah. and then try to figure out which one has the best yeah. graphic. I would just say Cuddy Sark every single time and eventually. Yeah, here's the thing. Dan's going to say Captain Morgan. <laughs> Captain Morgan, best <laughs> scotch ever. He's, <laughs> he looks great. He's handsome. Uh, I would say this though that I could easily like if if I was going to give the test I could make someone lose really. Uh, easily by just basically putting Highland Park there, which has a really crappy label, but it's yep. a delicious tasting. Whiskey. That's true. That's very true. Now, no, I, do you know? Do you know what Cuddy Sark means? Mm-hmm. Do you know? Mm-mm. Drop the anchor firmly. It means short skirt. Oh, wait, what? It means short skirt. Cuddy Sark. Yeah, it's a, a Sark is a kind of like a shift, and a Cuddy Sark is a, a one that's cut a little bit too high. Interesting. Yeah. So I was off a little bit. But but you can still say, I mean, maybe you meant it more yeah. metaphorically. Yeah. <laughs> but I love, I love the fact that you basically like are so sure of yourself with that. And, and, and it no, sounded pretty good. It's good. good. No, it sounded yeah, good. Because it, it incorporated nautical. That's right. <laughs> Cut his right. gentlemen. <laughs> Cut his socks! Cut his socks! We're going to hit the rocks. It sucks. <laughs> That's true. It's all true. Okay, so um, let's introduce our guest. Second, second, we go around. Go ahead. All right, our guest is Mike Hill. Mike Hill. Mike Hill uh, was uh, recently a guest uh, on uh, CG Garage. Uh, Mike and I met a few times. Uh, the most notable of our meetings was at, in uh, in Portugal. We were stuck in an elevator because we overloaded it with uh, too many drunken people at <laughs> two o'clock. The in the both morning. of you, two of us plus fourteen other people. It wasn't a conscious plan. They have sensors inside. It wasn't like, an experiment. <laughs> yeah, it, it was. It was the two of us plus fourteen other drunkards uh-huh. uh, holding drinks, and the elevator suddenly stopped. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, it was like, oh, oh my god, we stopped the elevator. Uh, at which point there was a mixed feeling as we were overcrowded in this elevator. Some people thought it was hilarious and kept drinking their drinks that they still had in their hands. And some people were on the verge of panicking. (laughs) And then the doors were somewhat open. Yeah. And we were between floors. So you could see the floor. Oh, man. See, that's starting to freak me out. I would actually start to panic. Keep in mind that the elevator is... On occasion, like jolting, so it moves. Oh, that's that's this best. is important. Yeah, so it has like a ratcheting, you well, may fall, like Tower of Terror yeah. kind of simulation going on. Right, that's nice. which is important for this next bit. I would for have, this next yeah. bit. So okay. uh, someone uh, decides uh, to to go with his panic instinct and uh, <laughs> decides to jump out of the elevator between the floors. Uh, so, that's a very very wise plan. <laughs> yeah. Really yeah. dumb plan. At which yeah. point, Mike and I started going, "We've got to get." these people a little bit more relaxed as right. because we know help is coming, right? They already, yeah. we've set the alarm right. and whatever. So <laughs> Mike has a brilliant idea of saying, Hey guys, let's do a selfie. So he's unify the group. And so he takes out his phone, he's doing a selfie and we're all like, yay, like this. And this is enough to get people like, 
to try to calm down and like right. be part No, we're of doing it. something totally normal. Yes. Yes. Right. right. Uh, and then they finally like reset the elevator and we got out. But it was a brilliant plan. And, uh, and uh, that that picture has lived in infamy. A lot of people talk about that yeah. picture from THU of our selfie from the elevator. Oh, dude. I mean, like, <laughs> when was that? A couple of years ago. Oh, Three years ago. 2015. 2015. Let me ask you this. Yeah. What happened to the guy that jumped halfway? Well, he doesn't have a head anymore. No. He is dead. <laughs> <laughs> he got the cat Funny story. <laughs> you dead. joke. But, no, honestly, it was a real final destination moment where oh, it was God. like, oh, shit. If the, if he, and it, it wasn't like he was a smooth, clean exit. He had to, like, climb out. Oh, no. You know, so the jumping out involved kind of squiggling his way through. Oh, no. you, you don't if want the to fucking do thing moved, it's like, <laughs> cut the guy in half. Yeah. It's like, what was that, yeah. Omen 2? I think Omen 2 has the best elevator. Like, that was burned in my I've head. I've seen that yeah, yeah, in that. real life. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, God. The guy horrible. that was in the building where I worked oh. in New York City, 1990, um, Prince and Broadway in a building, and uh, Joe, mm. he, he jumped. He was the maintenance guy, and mm. it cut from the neck up and I arrived and there was like the half elevator flow below and people are just panicking and I was like where is Joe because he does the freight elevator and he he, and you look down oh Oh it my was God. horrible, dude. That's, that's hideous. You that's don't terrible. do that. Like yeah. every so every time I'm in an elevator, and sometimes even if it's like I, three yeah, inches anything. off, and you see the metal on the side, yeah, no, I like, freak out. Yeah, that's totally weird. I mean, like in this situation, like before, like before the guy climbed out, like I would have eaten someone already. I would have already been like, <laughs> forget it. <laughs> We're all gonna die. At least yeah, I'm gonna be the last the, one. That's really dangerous. Yeah, yeah. that's that's yeah. craziness. That's absolutely insane. Yeah, no, they, it's like this. They have those um, elevators in uh, I'm gonna say Scandinavia. Yeah, I'm not sure. They're they're just like wooden boxes that continuously slide up. Oh uh, yeah, they yeah. do. They have like just like a bit like um, escalators. Yeah, exactly. Only yeah. it's totally vertical. Yeah. And apparently, people do get killed with these things, like with relative consistency. <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> it's that's an interesting. Design. Well, that Scandinavia is accelerating the Darwinian process. <laughs> exactly. We got to keep them. You'll notice that <laughs> the non-blonde people are always the one to go. Right. <laughs> <laughs> just saying. Did you guys watch the the, the women's soccer stuff? No, I, I watched I do the, not know the, what sports. There is, I think, one brunette on the entire Swedish team. Oh yeah, that's the way it works. <laughs> so like, yeah, and they're like, you're going in the elevator. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll see you at the next World Cup. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly. Right. Oh man. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, Mike, 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 and I met each other at THU, but uh, Mike's also. Um, uh, you know, uh, an amazing concept artist has done uh, a lot of incredible work. Uh, notably on uh, no- most notably recently is uh, Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Exactly. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. Uh, work. Did some incredible work. He designed the uh, the, the apartment mainly, right? Mm-hmm. So his yeah. apartment and the projector system and the whole projector system was great. Yeah, it's gorgeous. Gorgeous oh, work. So all that, all of that stuff. Um, and uh, also when he was on one of the other things I really liked about Mike, one of the things that really uh, like gravitate towards me is that he did some lectures and talks about uh, uh, film analysis in a lot of uh, ways using psychology and all kinds of other things. Uh, And he did one on Jurassic Park, which I watched and I'm like, that's it. That's you, you, you've created a beautiful summary. I would, I would venture. So I would, because as you know, we've recorded, I I can't uh, deny that I did not like Jurassic Park. I still don't like Jurassic Park, but like I, um, I now appreciate it so much more from having seen um, uh, Mike's talk. I was right. just like, I was like, oh, I'm an asshole. That's a pretty good movie. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, every one, every episode, 
You apologize. I, I, I'm sorry. Thank you. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was a douchebag. <laughs> It's awesome. It's a, no, we did uh, on on uh, the previous uh, um, on um, what's your other podcast that you do? CG Garage. And where can people find that? <laughs> Anywhere podcasts are found. <laughs> <There> we, <go. laughs> uh, we are on CG Garage. We did um, uh, the Jurassic Park series. We had yes. talked on that one, and the um, uh, and. I, uh, I I think I made everybody angry by saying that my favorite Jurassic Park was actually Jurassic Park Two. Like oh. that was easily easily the one I want. That was the closest to the, the the what I wanted from Jurassic Park was delivered the most in in that film. And I and I can see in Mike's eyes like I don't trust anything you yeah, say yeah. for the rest it's of the podcast. Like immediately lost credibility. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> the I don't care what you say. Children of Men doesn't make any difference. <laughs> That's the end. To be fair, two two wasn't wasn't the end of the world. It it, it starts to disappear it, down an absolute rabbit hole after that. Yeah, but, no, it's uh, true. In fact. Like, I would argue that the only bad part of two is the end, and it's so bad you forget that there's anything good prior yeah. to it. Yeah, um, that, yeah, yeah, that's true. But yeah. like, because I, I was a, I was a giant fan of the of the book, yeah. and uh, the book scared the shit out of me. Like, that was a really great horror novel, and uh, that it was turned into a different kind of film. Like, I just never got over it. Like, yeah. it's, a, it's it's a really the the first one's a really well well made movie. But I think because he's trying to go for exactly what you point out in your video. Which is, uh, if you guys look this up, or we can maybe put the link up, um, which is that if you look at it from a uh, perspective of raising a family or learning learning to uh, sort of overcome your own selfishness and grow to love the idea of having kids, mm-hmm. um, and that entire journey is this sort of subtextual element of the entire first film. And when I when I watched that, I was like, oh my god! It's like the my the fact that I you missed it. The fact that I wanted it to be the book. Like hid the quality of the movie for me, and so it was. It was a very well, enlightening. You mentioned yeah. that we yeah. talked about yeah. the fact that the book was 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 sh- overshadowing any expectations you had on. Yeah, that's and I try to be good about that because I, I mean, like we've talked about it before, but it's like I am normally not the guy who is like it has to be like the book. Like I don't, I don't care if things are like the book literally at all, right? Except in that one case, I had like I had an idea in my mind as to what that movie should. Well, be. I think that I've I've read, and I don't know how accurate this is, but I I read that. Uh, one of the things that motivated the change from the book to the film was that Spielberg said to Crichton, it's like, this is a great book, but if I'm going to make this a movie, there needs to be this this significant arc. So you right. need to write in, like, Alan cannot already be loved by kids. You're right. And kids right. can't love it. Like, there's got to be this growth yeah. pattern. Yeah, that makes sense. And at, at least, if nothing else, it's not an arbitrary change. Right. Know, and well, and also, which is I mean, like, usually the, the Hollywood formula is just make random shit change. Yeah, and you, and you cover this in the other talk where it's just like the, 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 that, like, storytelling itself is built around that kind of a uh, what you learn from watching a change like yeah. that yeah you know? like and, a moral a moral value that you yeah. you get some experience from yeah, yeah. and uh, and that, and I think that because uh, your Jurassic Park video is excellent and, but I really 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 liked uh, your one on um, sort of what the uh, like what are we learning from story essentially is the is the is the uh, thing you're pushing and I not only thoroughly agreed with it uh, I was uh, like the, I, I felt like I, I, I watched it today and I didn't do a very good job the rest of the day at work <laughs> because I kept on chewing on everything you were saying so oh, that's that, great. that is our that is our guest today an extremely yeah, talented guy yeah no, I'm just going to put this phone here if that's okay oh shit sorry man oh, that's okay yeah. it's alright all right, so uh, we are now. This is the much anticipated episode, yeah. uh, and I'm. Uh, it's it's, uh, it's <coughs> a birthday present to Eric. Uh, because you are forty two. No, thirty five. Oh man, okay. I'm sorry, I didn't make that. Fifty two. No, there it is. Fifty two. There you go. Fifty two. One foot in the grave. Yep. Hey, so good. Let me tell you it's one thing, Chris. Let me tell you one thing. Yeah. 
I can't run away from the runway, Chris. I am always a male model. Honestly, yeah, I look good all the time. You did. In tight I, jeans. I have no joke for this. You actually, you're actually speaking the truth. No, yeah, surprisingly. Yeah. No, for <laughs> the, I, I am 52, but when <laughs> I was 16, I looked like I was seven. No, okay. Well, what I am going to point out is that. It was that a tough room. You I, had to be funny. You I, had to be funny yeah, to get yeah. attention by the girls because it was like, I look like I was seven. Yeah, you dude. look like my younger brother. Thanks. You, Thanks. you, you, you look <laughs> substantially younger than you actually are. Um, uh, you're a handsome fellow. I always think in terms when Immature. I think of you uh, that uh, and largely it is your hairstyle but also in your manner of dress that you remind me very much of David Lynch. And you have a very David Lynchy sort of presentation, which I mean entirely complimentary. You have yes, guy and he was from much. Philly, even though I was, uh, you know, was raised in Connecticut. He was from Philly, and he was a painter. Oh yeah, and he's yeah, he's a, he's a magnificent artist. We both love his work. Yeah, but I did not realize that until we watched uh, the movie that we are going to be talking about tonight that you actually look exactly like. A young Jeff Bridges. He does. I, I, I look like I actually look like Jeff Bridges when I was younger, and a young Orson Welles. It is. Re- I was. I put the movie on, and I was like, "Oh, yeah." There's a very much like God. that. Oh my God. Yeah, it yeah, it's strange, but I love Jeff Bridges. And when I saw that film, I saw it in um, Bed- Bedford, New York. Bedford. Be- oh yeah, Bedford, New York, at a theater, and uh, I God, I went with my friends father took uh, us and it was like one of those I think the great Walter Pepper was there and it was like just different it was after the release but it was a re-release just you know in this kind of small right. brick mortar you know, brick theater in. and he was going to take you to Walter Pepper but it was too depressing. I saw Walter Pepper at okay. the same place which I loved too when Susan's ran and fell off the wing oh, that's incredible. That's blew incredible me away picture, yeah. and then um, but for me this movie just caught me and I just was like and it, I know there's a lot of undertones there of – it's the same way I feel when I saw The Misfits. Uh-huh. Yeah, oh, yeah, and, yeah. You and I agree on The Misfits, right? Yeah. I'm, and I'm it's really like there's that. always something about that uh, desperation of, of being alone yeah. or trying to – it's like at the end of the movie, and we won't give a spoiler alert, but he's like, we did something. We oh, achieved. This, I, no matter what, somebody wants to achieve so, as a human being. So the, so the audience doesn't think we're talking about Macbeth. This is not the Scottish play we're no, doing. We we're are talking about Thunderbolt and Lightfoot. Thunderbolt and Lightfoot. And, and I felt the point, death po- scene in this point, movie okay, another, really affected me as a kid. I'm it sure affected it me this weekend because so I felt hard. It affected me yeah. every time I, yeah. I saw it, and I saw it a couple of times. Yeah. But there's an important note that we need to say. Normally when we have guests, guests – uh, brings in the movie that they want to talk about. But because we'd already planned the Thunderbolt and Lightfoot and because Mike and I, you know, just did the podcast earlier uh, this week, was it this last week? Um, I said, we're going to do Martini Giant and we're going to talk about this movie and you've probably never seen it. And so he had to watch this movie for the first time, which is a very different Different dynamic. Different dynamic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's the thing, and you're very well versed in film, obviously, and we've talked about your stuff earlier, and I just met you tonight. I know Chris speaks poorly of you, but I'm saying that <laughs> yeah, I think he, you seem like a really nice guy. I don't know where it comes from. I don't know where it comes from. And so, um, but the thing is, what did you think? No, okay, so no, I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go for that angle. I'm gonna. <laughs> what do you, when I'm, you first I'm, saw I'm, it, I'm flipping, okay. I'm gonna flip it on you because I think it's, I think there's something more interesting. I'm the the new guy that's been exposed to it fresh, right? And you right. guys are the 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 grizzled 
ancients that have seen this it's and true. you know well, it. I'll, I'll take it. Let's do this. I'm flipping it back. Okay. I'm flipping it back because I think there's something interesting about seeing what you guys see in it and seeing how far you are have a conscious awareness of what you see in it and how much of it is, you know. So I don't want to give too much away. But most people who see it say they either hate it or they like it. It's a really split. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? So. Interestingly, this is why I want to hear you guys describe it, and I will question along the way. What the hell kind of guess? Okay, so I'll explain. I'll explain why. My analyst does this to me. I know. I'm like, hey, what do you? And he's like, he's like, okay, so what's going on? I'm like, why don't you talk about yourself a little bit? This won't be a successful podcast unless you guys are crying into your sleeves by the end of waiting minutes. I cry easy, but he cries hard. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying. All right, let's go on. Let's keep going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, right. so first, the most appropriate question is, how did you watch this film? I watched it today in an unusual format. I didn't have a lot of time, so mm-hmm. I was watching it. This is the first time I've ever watched the film on my phone. He scrugged uh, it. He scrugged it. it. No, he yeah. didn't scrug it. He almost scrugged it. <laughs> what does scrug mean? <laughs> <laughs> it's an ongoing joke. Basically, we were doing a podcast where we were going to talk about two, two films, ne- two Netflix films that were were uh, nominated for the Academy Awards. And we talked about we're talking about one film, Roma, Roma, <laughs> and the Battle of the Buster Scruggs. But uh, Eric didn't know that we were also talking about the Battle of the Buster Scruggs, so he only watched Roma. <laughs> but I totally. <laughs> faked his way through having but never the thing seen is, the film he didn't know I told him on a piece of paper which is framed right there yeah, right there it yeah. is if yeah. you gra- look I at that I didn't see the movie <laughs> I thought it was only Roma. I put it on a piece of, and I gave them as a gift but the thing is you didn't know so D-Bag over here is like oh so which was your favorite I'm like He's oh, like, two. one, two, three, or four. And I was like, two? And then Chris like, because it's heist films. You love heist. I'm like, exactly. exactly. <laughs> but, but let's circle this back to Roma. And I really want to touch on Roma right now. The layered uh, commentary on Mexican uh, uh, social life in the 1970s was very similar to And then you're trying to steer towards Scruggs. I'm like, wait a minute. Let's just get back to Roma, okay? Uh, yes, he did yeah. not Scruggs. I think he, you literally no, no, I watched, watched it. I watched, yeah, it. Actually, I watched it in chunks today. And yeah. it was it – was, it was an interesting experience, and I watched it with with pretty obviously knowing that we were going to talk about it. I watched it right. with interest, right. right? But it, I knew that it was going to be from an era that where the the sort of the cadence and the the pacing. It would be a different kind of film. It's a different type yeah, of film, um, right? And I, I did, I, I, it was very seventies, and I did find it very interesting, and I found a lot of stuff that I learned from it for maybe the wrong reasons. Mm-hmm. But what do you mean? Chimino was, reason? by the way, Chimino was a painter. Oh, yeah, well, checks. Yeah. Yeah, and checks. so if you see it on a larger screen, at least just go home and watch it on a screen, just the opening, because oh, it's like I a loved, Y of I pain. Loved, I and it's just simple moves, the and that's what was, I love. The opening was fantastic. Yeah, it's like yeah. a Y yeah. of painting, yeah. or it's like a John Ford, the way the horizon sits. Well, I, and it was just beautiful. I saw so many similarities to the opening of this and the, the, the opening of uh, uh, Wake and Fright. Because oh, they yeah, had the yeah, same, the Vista, like, yeah, like yellow and blue, yeah, right? Horizon true. line. Yeah. Absolutely true. Very, like, set up that way. So, so what I'd like to be, uh, before we continue on, you know, I, I completely agree with the uh, the idea. We're not going to really learn your opinion until after we've uh, talked about this. It, it will um, seep out as, yeah. as you guys start oh, I, I, Yeah, I figure, I figure that'd be true. Uh, I would like to, and, and this is uh, partly in concession to the fact that uh, normally our guests choose their movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd like to get a sketch of what your favorite movies are oh, okay okay that's a that's an interesting one okay so just in no particular order because i don't have rank ordering because mm-hmm. it depends on the nature yeah, of the same. film yeah, yeah um i love magnolia mm-hmm. i love the shawshank redemption i love terminator 2 i love jurassic park i love mainstream movies mm-hmm. 
films that I've watched repeatedly and still find value in. For sure, the, the film that I've watched the most is is Batman Begins, but for purely technical reasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what's the film you've seen the most that you also know is the worst film? Um, the, the film that I've seen the most probably in total is Back to the Future, but that's, oh, yeah. that's certainly not the it's worst film. No. It's a great movie, yeah, but, great it, movie. but it's also a very much a movie that is probably, of all those movies, the one that's most limited to a certain age range that you find it most fascinating. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a heavily targeted movie. Yes, it's yeah. highly targeted. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I, you know, if I watch it now, I, it doesn't resonate. I can yeah. enjoy it as a technical masterpiece. Yeah. It's like he walked out there Babe Ruth style, pointed in yes. a certain direction yeah, and nailed and just, exactly yeah, that Yeah, just fucking hit it out of the park. And you can study that. Yeah. Um, but those, I'm a very mainstream guy for right, sure. Right. Like I'm, I'm very much into my mainstream movies. So, so, yeah. so then like, uh, if, oh, and contact, I mean, Zemeckis, Zemeckis, oh, Zemeckis, Zemeckis and Spielberg should, and Nolan, they're definitely up there as my, how do you feel about Interstellar? Um, at first I loved it probably through a kind of form of personal hysteria mm-hmm. and then kind of it, I grew to kind of reflect upon it and be less enthusiastic. Mm-hmm. Okay. Inception is, is still, I think his, his crowning masterpiece. That's a great one. That's and I had, one. I had absolutely zero connection with Dunkirk as in like, I was, yeah, I was, yeah, I felt, like, I right. felt vaguely repulsed the whole time. Really? I thought it was pretentious and a bit shit. Cause it, like, I mean, it's a super, super technical film. Like it's pretty much only a technical film. Yeah. I don't know. I, I just think that he just didn't land any of, uh, the, what he was trying I, to I saw it right. once. I also saw the third Batman film only once. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what you guys feel about that, but I also think he didn't like it. Well, here's my, my short review of I, I'm, I like um, the first one. I very much like the second. Uh, and I love Nolan in general. Yeah. Uh, the third one was uh, by the end, it felt like, and I apologies because I know Nolan's a fan, a fan of the podcast, but hello, Chris. The, uh, <laughs> that, uh, <laughs> that the third one felt like I was watching a big fight outside of Comic-Con. Oh, God. Cannot be unseen. <laughs> it's just like, there's something, something about yeah. the essential believability of what the world was fell apart for me. Yes. In that movie. Yeah. Never, it absolutely, it, it absolutely fell apart. And I think, I think not to, try and justify it but i think that i think i i understood there was an original plan that included the joker right, right. and after heath ledger obviously unfortunately yeah, died yeah they had to they had to kind of stitch together a, a third and there was a theme that was going well i like the this whole tale of two cities thing that he's trying to pull yeah. off yeah, it's yeah, a really yeah. really good idea yeah you know, it's definitely a great idea and they, the idea didn't I, have it. I think i understood the original plan for the third film was that it was going to be the trial of the joker which would have oh, that been makes just sense. the premise that makes total would have been which is why there's still that theme in the third film that the scarecrow comes back as the judge and there's still that kind of element in there but, that would have been brilliant. But the, con- the, the logical consistency of the world fell to pieces. Yeah. I am. I don't like franchise films. After a while, I'm getting a little franchised out, and oh, we've yeah. talked totally about this. Right. Yeah, uh, I've talked. We've talked about this, but the 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 new Joker uh, film just. Yeah, looks, interest. I think that I yeah. think that it looks good. I think, that and I think a reason yeah. that it looks good is because. All the three of us have been such big fans of like the 1970s paranoia oh, yeah. films, right? So the taxi drivers and, and all and those Phoenix types is of the films. Really yeah. so like, yeah. It does. It, looks beautiful it does film. feel like that. Yeah, yeah. like, like, like yeah, yeah. Phoenix is the only actor today that has that same sort of De Niro in the 70s he does. vibe, you know, right. where you're just like, I don't totally love this guy. Like, he freaks me out a little bit. Yeah. And you know, like, but somehow you have yeah. some. He's so fantastic. He's like a young. I also love, like, before. Marvel uh, Robert Downey Jr. Oh yeah, no, he's there's he's like marvelous. a dark edge yeah. to him. I mean, he, really, he like, really carries. You know, Marvel it's interesting because anyway, I was just yeah, talking he's... about this with my son because he saw he saw something on a like a movie poster, or whatever, and it had Robert Downey Jr. on, it and goes, "I was like, well, that's not 
it can't be that because that's Tony Stark. Right. I realized, like, oh, <laughs> oh, that's weird. Did you guys see Kiss Kiss Bang Bang? Oh, yes. Like many, yeah. many, many times. Many times. Yeah. How many bullets? Oh, <laughs> like, oh God. It's like, Where did you learn math? Part of me liked it and part of me didn't like it because I thought it felt, oh, I felt it's, forced. It's an insider's movie. It's a painter's painting. It's a writer's writing. It's a Val Kilmer, man. That's like I could watch that for Val Kilmer. That's like That was the last truly great Val Kilmer experience I had. And he is so – he's – Titanic in that picture, and right. and Robert Downey Jr. is great, um, but it's just like I'll have to rewatch. I would have watched it. I'll have if to it's re-watch fun, it. I to be fair, that. disclaimer: I saw that you know 15 years ago while in college, so I, I might be you know dressing it up better kiss, than kiss, it bang, is. Bang, bang. Yeah. I mean, I, I would say that like Shane, like Shane Black is like he's not the, he's not the greatest filmmaker ever. He's he's solid solid mm. stuff. So like the production could be better. It should if it were directed yeah, by someone that had a little bit more. When you have the caliber of actor though, mm. and it looked like some of it was a little I don't know it had an improv feel to yeah. it yeah. that it was just like they're having fun and, and it was such, actors riffing with other and actors. It's such a brilliant yeah. idea. Like the setup is such a brilliant setup. The char- those two characters I could have watched them forever. And especially just like it was just like 15 straight films of like Gay Perry and uh, Robert Downey Jr. doing uh, mysteries. That way I, I would buy the entire DVD set, like I'll pre-order yeah. the entire All right, thing. guys, we have 27 minutes into this and we haven't talked about the movie right oh no we, just, we were just this is a, this is all part of the plan it was like what so like when we talk about like movies that you dig yeah, yeah that's like, true okay so okay, okay what's, but, the, what's the normal methodology for well, how you break that we film? don't really have a that's part of the problem that's why it goes on for so long but we we we, we have 36 followers too so that's pretty good that's yeah, it's right good. on yeah yeah well chris nolan chris nolan is one of them <laughs> <laughs> we can name them all like i said yeah yeah, yes. yeah. Uh, neil blankamp after we did the neil oh, blankamp but he loves our stuff yeah especially Especially after no, we, he we, seems we like a talked very nice about, guy. No, yeah. we, yeah, seems like a very nice guy. Yeah. So that's why. What was my saying? I said when I came in, we should call. We should put. I'll put on the website. We love m- the movie so much that we we, just, we offend people. We offend people. <laughs> <laughs> we it's love it. We true. offend the filmmakers. <laughs> yeah. More or less. Well, it's, it's a great angle. Th- yeah. It is sure. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, one of the things because a lot of the movies we tend to discuss are movies that not that are not necessarily popular movies. That's one of the things that I've come to accept about us is that we'd like to talk I think about that's movies. why you invited me to, to work with you on the show because I just I don't watch franchise films well, that's fine that's good I liked it because I, I still love the movies we talk about so it's great but uh, well, when we realized that we realized like well we might as well just give away the whole movie and do a synopsis along the way when we did Coffee which was a you know uh, the movie we did we'd get, it took us Three and a half hours to go through the synopsis the of the movie plot of, of Coffee, which was only which ninety, not a, mi- 90 <laughs> minute film. <laughs> not a complicated movie. <laughs> synopsis. Do the synopsis. Okay, okay. so, so uh, it starts off. All right, church. So, yes. Uh, okay. The the super fast synopsis is Thunderbolt and Lightfoot is a Clint Eastwood, Jeff Bridges, uh, more or less a two hander, but it also has fantastic character actor. George, uh, Kennedy. George Kennedy. George Kennedy. And who's the other guy? The other actor? Oh, he's also from Salem's Lot. And also, yeah, I can't remember the actor's name. He's, he's marvelous, really marvelous. Uh, he uh, plays the doofus actor. in the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and uh, you have uh, Clint Eastwood is a um, is a criminal who has uh, been hiding out as a preacher. In a small country church. In a small country church. Um, uh, and uh, uh, because his former criminal associates um want to catch up with him and possibly do him harm and they find him and they find him in the opening of the movie when he is doing this preaching thing and this guy walks into the church and 
shoots up the church. So it basically starts off with Clint Eastwood in the church giving a sermon, and then this guy walks in. And it's a, I love the fact that it's so hot that you can just see the beads of sweat oh, yeah, on yeah. everyone. They're very, like, very really, textural kind of film. And he's that got, and, and Clint Eastwood's also got that very pressed, nerdy hair on yeah, him. Super greasy. The, 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 the yeah. not, the, not the cool. It's Clint the anti Clint Eastwood. Anti, look. And he's wearing big, thick bifocals, yeah, which. Right. Clearly, he doesn't need. He he still looks incredibly fucking handsome. Like well, he looks this great. Is, if 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 these are the two very handsome actors at their peak of handsomeness, yeah, it's it's they're, really they're, shocking. They're, and we're I talking mean, about like, well, obviously George I Kennedy. Will, yeah, <laughs> no, the peak of, of Bridges' handsomeness uh, was. When he did it with Bo, these two piano playing brothers. Oh, oh the, yeah, the, the, fabulous Baker boys. Baker fabulous Baker boys. boys. I don't know. He this, was, yeah, okay, no, he was like, a little bit older. Yeah, 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 he had some because he faced. Right. Yeah, he wasn't so youthful. He had a cool look to him. I like, still think he was like like Jeff Bridges is unbelievably. That was his second handsome. movie. Okay, let's uh, then let's say. Sexy. Yeah, but I'm saying He's that was his second movie at that time. Sexiness. Think about the second movie he won an Oscar. Yeah, that's great. Uh, <laughs> yeah, what good a, for him. Tell, wow, email him. What a so, tell him I said hi. Nice job. Nice job. <laughs> Congratulations. I want to get through the synopsis. It starts off with two stories going on at the Happy same birthday, time. Happy birthday, by the way. Happy birthday. This is Eric's. This is Eric's favorite film, and I love this film. It's not I'm, my favorite film. I love it is the Broadway one. Danny Rose. I yes, love yeah. Deer but Hunter. This is the one that has. I love Chimino. It was Chimino's first film. He didn't do a lot of great yeah, films. He did a lot of films with uh, with uh, what's Tone Loke? Tone look. Yeah. Michael Chimino. Michael Chimino. No, Carino. What was it? It's like uh, Carrizo. What was it like? Is it Michael, Ch- Michael Chorizo? <laughs> right. He was saying he was saying in the bar to, to Pacino. Oh, yeah. I need yeah. it. I need it. What's the guy's name? Oh, yeah, it's like, uh, Chorito. Michael yeah. Chorito. <laughs> this is a scene from Heat that we constantly do. We spend more time doing this one impression than we've done, say, like, I think we put Another a podcast of no, we've of done, we've done, we've done a lot. Chirita. We've done that and uh, Chinatown impressions. And, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Find the girl and Michael Chimino. Find Chirita. the girl. <laughs> it's the ones. But yeah, no, the uh, uh, Michael Michael Chimino who directed this movie. This is his first film that he directed. Really? Yep. He, he wrote, wrote it too. He, he, he wrote, wrote Magnum Force and he wrote uh, co-wrote Silent Running. Silent Running. Yeah. And then Clint Eastwood said, "Oh, why don't you?" Because Clint was going to direct this, mm-hmm. and Clint. Turned down Charlie Varick, which I yeah, love. Yeah. Charlie, uh, Charlie Varick, Varick that's with, yeah. uh, Walter, Walter Matthau. Matthau. Yeah, it's great. Boom, because we did that like after New Leaf, which is yep. in my deck. Yep. Awesome, Walter Matthau at his peak. Yeah, like, that's, you know, that's peak Matthau. Peak, that's peak Matthau, Matthau, dude. Yeah. And that's I haven't seen scientific. that. Which Charlie Varick. Oh, Charlie, it's a high really? film. It's great. Charlie Varick and Taking a Pelham 123. Oh, like, my, my favorite Walter Matthau film is Hopscotch. Love oh, Hopscotch. Oh, Hopscotch is amazing. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, this yeah. is, he did, Char- he did New Leaf. Yeah. Yeah. He did Charlie Varick. Okay. Then he did like um, the uh, the baseball, the Bad News Bears. Bad News Bears. Bad Bears. 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 Yeah. And he also did the 123, which is yeah, that's awesome. Right. That's right. Man, Beautiful man, film. People don't even remember Matha nowadays. He's, he's no, he's great. Fantastic. New Leaf is genius, dude. Yeah, okay. Well, Odd so Couple. Good. He was in the original movie, The Odd Couple. Yeah, yes. no one even remembers that. They remember Jack, um, what's his name? Klugman. Thank you. I was going to say Palance. Klugman. Weird. Jack Palance in The Odd Couple would be fantastic. <laughs> but the point is that Clint Eastwood turned down Charlie Varick, and he said, I'll be in this. Why don't you direct it, Shimino? Right. Okay. And so that's it. So, 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 so just, I'm sorry. Going back to synopsis. Yep. I just kind of got through the first it. two minutes. It's like a marathon. So he he's in the church. He's giving For a sermon. Some guy walks in, decides to shoot the preacher in the middle of the thing, and he runs out. 
At the same time that this is happening, we follow Lightfoot, who's played by Jeff Bridges, mm -hmm. who's basically this young punk who walks into a car dealership, like, I want to test this car. And the guy says, blah, 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 and gives him the whole speech and the whole hard sell, right. at which point he just steals the car. Right. Mm -hmm. at, a, Trans -Am. At, a Trans Am. A Trans Am at <laughs> yeah. full speed, right? And he's just barreling down the road. So all of a sudden, Clint Eastwood is running out into this wheat field as he's being sh shot at, and this Trans Am is going the other way. And they basically almost collide with each other, at which point the Trans Am goes through the field and runs into the guy who's trying chasing to Eastwood. chasing Eastwood. Right. And Oxygen then possibly kills him. Eastwood decides he needs to get into this car and get away, at which point. And he does one of the greatest stunts I've yeah. seen. Stunt. Yeah. Grab oh, on. my yeah. God. He yeah. grabs onto the side of the car as it's driving. I looked for a cable, and I couldn't see I it. Couldn't yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. some sort of yeah. cable. And he actually was holding on. He was. Yeah. I think he was holding onto this car. I don't – That's really him. That's definitely really him. Yeah, it's got to be. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, that's freaking that's bananas, impressive. Yeah. And, uh, and he holds onto this car and, and just basically climbs in while he's still driving. Right. And this begins the first portion of the movie, which is essentially like – a hangout movie with Jeff Bridges. Like, it's a kind of a road movie it's, and kind of a buddy comedy. Yeah. And know? it's kind of a heist film. It's and it, well, it becomes a heist film. It, 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 it comes it a heist. A, that's a good point because yeah. it takes a long-ass time for yeah. the heist component. The heist, the heist it's component is like half 45 minutes. It's over halfway yeah. through. Yeah. Before yeah. it really even comes up yeah, as, yeah. A, as a theme. It's not even a right. theme. Right. Yeah. And because, like, the so, like, the the first the first section is almost a chapterized movie. And the first right. the, this first chapter is these two guys sort of making this connection, you know, right, and yeah. becoming closer and closer friends. And they and going out into sort of like um not the not the wilderness is because the wrong impression, but into like the wilds of Montana and Wilds of Montana. And, and, yeah. uh, so it's a north north right. westish. And, and so you're seeing this this beautiful landscape and there and you can Idaho, feel Montana, the yeah. the theme the 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 major background theme of the movie is starting to emerge, which is like uh, America, this vision of America is slowly starting to be chipped away and is getting lost, which is a common theme for Clint Eastwood pictures. But it's pictures. also absolutely gorgeous scenery. It's, it's insane. Yeah. The scenery is it's beautiful. It really, like, it, beautiful. It, it really gets you, the movie really gets you on their side right. with the photography because yes. you're just like, I am spiritually invested in what I'm seeing. And, uh, and in fact, I, and not to, and I'm not, not going to derail it. I want to come back to it. I think the photography is um, integral to why this movie is so, yes. so, yeah. so, so affecting. And, and DP, who was the DP guy? Uh, uh, no. Uh, Zygmunt? No, not no, Zygmunt. It's, um, um, it's the guy who shot uh, it's with the it's B, my, my favorite guy. It's Your a, favorite he, guy. He shot a um, long, uh, long Goodbye. I'm pretty sure. It's either. It's the same guy. It, Vilma Zygmunt. No, it's The Long Goodbye with Samuel, Samuel Jackson. No, 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 that's the the long kiss good night. Long kiss good night. Yeah, Sorry, Gene yeah, Davis. Oh, but props to you because that is actually an Didn't awesome skate? film, and he nobody remembers that. I need something? to watch it again. I remember it being pretty, pretty it's, entertaining. It's goofball. It's really yeah. goofball, but it's like hot, super, super crazy entertaining movie. And that was like the last goal. That's the golden last moment for Gina Davis, like before she became like TV for, TV personality and all this yeah, stuff. Yeah. Man, before, it was a Rennie, Rennie Harlan picture. But long, uh, long goodbye is one of my favorite movies. That's Elliot Gould um, and uh, 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 Frank Stanley. Yeah, Frank Stanley. Frank Stanley really? was the DP I on it. I swear it was. So that. he did Magnum Force, did 1941, uh, yeah. that Grease 2. 1941. That's really that's, – yeah. okay, not to, not to put down his other pictures. Yep. Like I don't remember <laughs> Magnum Force being a particularly great-looking movie. Nope. Uh, so that, or so, Greece or whatever. So not to okay. I'm just gonna go on a limb and say like the guy behind the great photography is Michael Cimino. Yeah, but here's the it's here's gotta be yeah. right. But hold. So let me just quickly. Sorry, I interrupted, Chris. No, it's okay. You can interrupt. 
It's like you go you go <laughs> shooting at night in Tokyo with a camera. You can't take a bad shot. It's just in. It's it, true. You can't. It's true. It's, it's, however, like Chimino is also a responsible for. Well, he how, was a painter. He's a painter, right? And like you, know, you look at this and you look at Heaven's Gate. Like whether or not you like Heaven's Gate. It's one of those There's so many good, amazing made. shots in this thing. And the in which one? Saw, in Thunder, uh, Thunderbolt. Yeah, Thunderbolt. Thunderbolt. Yes, because yeah. the best one in, when you first start is when he was pulling his shoulder out. That oh, yeah. it was almost like the martyr of like St. Matthew by oh, uh, Caravaggio. Yeah, yeah. The way he looked down at him on by the river. By the river, It yeah. was all like 13th century or 14th century Italian painting. Oh, like, yeah, the, oh. the other one that I blew me away, and I, I know it's mostly for technical reasons, but I just loved how that dynamically worked, was when they're on the boat. Because mm-hmm. when they're on the boat, they're having a conversation on the yeah, back yeah, of the yeah. boat, and that boat is a long shot, yeah. so you know it's a yeah. really long lens. So you know they're really far away. Yeah, I thought yeah. about that. Yeah. And they can still hear their complete conversations, even yeah. though it's like you're looking through binoculars at really far away, and you can still hear but their wait, entire wait, wait. Okay. conversation. So, let's go back to your, your thing about the synopsis, because the, the boat thing is like part of a larger story that we're not, we're so not covering. Cha- chapter one, they connect as friends. They, uh, they hook up with a sort of hook up with some women. Randomly, yeah. uh, but mainly, they're basically like, "Hey, we're going through town. But, right. We, we uh, steal another car." We but I, I would say, I wouldn't say randomly because I think it's important. Yeah. I'm beginning to piece together a theme yeah. from hearing like, you talk about. I, I, I the, young, like, the young man is reintroducing Clint Eastwood to the to the to the yes. world outside yes. of the church. Yes, basically. And, and, right. and the, well, and also like there's a like the the connections. Uh, the young this, man was, but I feel like the, the, it was also there's the gay undertone. There is the, like this is what I was going to really, say. Exactly. He wanted him. Like they're, they're, the connection that is in this movie between Eastwood and Bridges is definitely like I'm not sure if it's explicitly meant to be gay, but it's definitely a much deeper connection than it I, is, it I is think like, Chimino meant to do that. Yeah, I think they, that's why they are in love with everything other, that he sure. did. He uses his belt. Yeah, like there was like the yeah. imagery of the belt for the school. Absolutely. There was I a, don't see it as gay. I see it but as, there, as, no, as, as, as but as some as of the comments gay. he made. I think it's father figure. When there's when there's smoke, there's fire. Because he said, you know, why yeah. would you pay for sex? And he's like, well, it doesn't matter. Yeah. And the way he and said, the, I wanted a friend. And they, and they don't was like, like all the women that uh, like the women that they. You don't. They're all prostitutes. Like, and they also don't. Nothing really happens. Like the like like Eastwood hooks up with one woman. Um, he doesn't but, seem like, to enjoy but it either. definitely <laughs> Jeff Bridges like he doesn't really seem point. to enjoy it yeah. right? and, uh, and as much as Jeff Bridges sort of like you know hits on ladies and whatnot, like it's not very successful and the only meaningful sort of romantic sounding dialogue actually happens between Eastwood and Bridges and then when you see real heterosexual sex mm-hmm. like with the young couple making love and they're tied up right, right they're right, made right. fun of yeah exactly. and then George yeah. Kennedy's like in shock yeah, he's so there's definitely because um, Chimino eventually, I think be, he's he, trans, right? He was trans. He, be, he, died, he became yeah. a woman. Yeah. Um, and I, uh, he, I think he. Then that's full. not to say that being trans is no, also but being I gay. Think, I like, but I think. So can we can we can we separate the threads just for a second? Because I don't yeah. know the background of the story in terms of what the intention could have been behind the director, the writer, who, who wrote the story. Both. He did. Chimino and the uh, so Chimino wrote and, and directed. And Clint Eastwood simply got Chimino in bo- on board to come yes, and direct he liked yeah. the on behalf so much of that him. He wanted yes. Uh, so the themes were built into the script, and Chimino. I think I definitely think that 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 Eastwood is is on board with what the movie is saying, and I think that like I don't like Chimino's. It seems that Chimino's direction, when you look at documentaries on Heaven's Gate and stuff like that, like he's pretty straightforward about what he's trying to say. So I don't think yeah. that like he was trying to hide anything from Eastwood, you know. And uh, and certainly like Bridges' performance is like when 
Well, there is there is the specific case that Bridges is actually part of the plot is that he has to become a transvestite. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yes, exactly. So, uh, like, which, uh, which incidentally is a completely irrelevant component of the that the, there was no meaning, there was no reason for that. There's to no happen. There's meaning. Absolutely. There's, there's meaning. There's meaning. There's Absolutely. no there's no logical reason right. for it. Even right. the fact that he and has to go into a he has to go into a bar that they broke into right. previously right. to get changed into a woman like, where yeah, he could have just come dressed as a woman. That's right. Yeah, exactly. There was and no reason. The at guy all. that right. he clubs over the head with a huge thing was looking at porn. Yeah, like, yeah. And, yeah, I mean, like, so there's I think, this, I think this, this is all kind of like yeah. weird, and in fact, even at the, even when they get into the car uh, at the drive-in, he, he says, he I did this for nothing, up. and he goes, apparently. Yeah. 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 Right. Anyway, let's, but that's, okay, that's keep going on, keep too on far. The, we're that's almost there. Yeah, so, so, so we have, chapter one, they hook up they hook up, they hook up, they become friends, and they're, they're, they're doing their thing, but at some point, we pretty much figured out that Lightfoot, Who's played by Jeff Bridges? Who's the younger of mm-hmm. the two characters? So there's an older man and a, and a younger man, right? But they're both kind of you they're know, both sexy in their own both ways. sexy in their own ways. But, it, older, but it's your classic dynamic, right? Of the the more static, ingrained older man that's right. stuck in his ways and Absolutely. given up everything, right. and stopped doing stuff. And, and here's the, this weird the young, younger version, the young of dynamic. <laughs> well, I think that I think yeah. that's an important component. Yeah. It's the younger. It's the younger version of himself, right. the energetic. Mm-hmm. Right. We can do this, yeah. we, you know, interest, fascination, right. curiosity, yes. naivety. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah. So, 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 so what happens is, like, they look like they're about to part ways because it's like, all right, see you later. Because they stole the car, they swap license plate, they steal another car. They're, they're basically like, I'm going to go away. And then at which point Clint Eastwood goes into a bus station and then he sees uh, George Kennedy, who plays Red. I, uh, yeah, right. yeah. And he's like. Uh oh, because that's obviously is a plot point, and he like dodges out of the bus station and gets right back into the car. Mm-hmm. And he goes, "I guess we're going here again." Mm-hmm. At which point you realize, like these guys, they can't separate each other, right? They have to stay together. Like, yeah. That's and it, 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 it. You would think, like based on traditional film plots, that they would be going separate ways for a while right. and then reconnect. But that happens within like thirty seconds. They're yeah, right, well, right and, back. and it shows. And it shows how much like how they actually feel about each other. Right. Like when when bridges when they say when they say goodbye that first time, like. It's really this like in, intense, yeah. heartfelt moment. I wanted a friend. Yeah, yeah. and it's like it's so. I like honest. you, man. Yeah, it's just like you don't have to you know pay me back for something. I just want to be your friend. You know, I just right? Like Here's you. my watch. And no, it's no, like, keep your watch, man. And it's and it's so fucking straightforward and honest that it's it's sort of arresting to me. Right. Like but, it's but, just like like they're so he's so, they're so aware in that moment. Right. Of almost missing something that could be important to them. Right. You know, and that that they that they reconnect. Like you're saying, like 30 seconds later, right? Like I felt a tremendous sense of relief. Like I didn't want can them I, to be a part. Can from I play devil's advocate with yeah, that? Yeah, just as the, the the newbie coming into the film, mm-hmm. I had an issue with that scene, mm-hmm. and it it was mainly that I I I felt like it came out of nowhere. I, I like, agree. In terms yeah. of the what I tend to notice, and this is definitely a sign of the. I think it's just a sign of film grammar adapting over time, like evolving. Oh yeah. That there wasn't any setup. That almost like the the actual the kind of cin- right. cinematography was taking up so much time with these long shots right. that another more modern film, and that's not a, a, a judgment call, mm. would have used that time to have instilled or set up the idea that this moment of him expressing this deep desire for friendship right. would have right. been primed. But but instead, it's really abrupt. It's really abrupt. It's really abrupt. And, right. I, I, right. and maybe this is just a sign of my my a, a different. Uh, education in film from like generations i was like where the fuck did that come from yeah okay so my my my, my argument is i think like i think that you're ex- like the way you felt the way you felt about it is i 
I'm betting exactly how he wanted you to feel about it. Yeah. Because like the uh, as we go forward in the synopsis, like I mean, like I think the the uh, the tonal shifts of this movie are big. Yeah, they're huge. They're I was really, quite, really big. Quite taken back by them. And yeah. uh, and uh, it changes. It's it's like wait, this yeah. is a different movie. Yeah, and but like, it's still works it's, oh, you still yeah. flow it, 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 very, it adds up there are movies very important where way. you can start anywhere in it and follow it and get at least some message out of it right. there's not a lot of those right. mm. that's one of them in it, my life like, no, no, I, and I'm beginning to see that because actually hearing you guys talk about it I'm actually seeing it in a different light well it, that's why I wanted you guys to talk this is, first. this is the this is the interesting thing to me is that like in as we go forward talking about it, it's like the I think that this movie is a movie that it uh it is Slow, it's like it's in, in ratcheting clicks. It is realizing that it is a different movie. Mm. Like it's like we're a fun buddy comedy, yeah, and that's yeah. what I am. And then the movie sort of has a mental breakdown yeah. over the course of itself, mm-hmm. right? And it yeah. becomes something entirely different. And it's the fact that it's that it resists its own uh, uh, change and sort of resists its own signals. Like that, it, like it's like so things just sort of snap into place, and you go like, "What? What?" There is definitely I would I would say because I I watched it twice, right? Mm-hmm. So the first time I watched it, there's a lot, there's so much that goes on where it's really. I mean, you're you're absolutely right, Mike. And it's like there's real slow moments and or not slow, but there's whereas beautiful shots or a chase scene or whatever, and then there's abrupt important plot points that happen that yeah. you could easily miss. And you could actually yeah. miss them. Yeah. yeah. They just go, they like zip right so by. I, it's come watching it a second yeah. time, you're like really paying attention because right. you know, like I must've missed something yeah, here to right. figure out what's yeah. going on. Right. So like, for example, there's, there's a, there's a, like a, a two minute part where pretty much Clint Eastwood gives his entire backstory yeah. in a very yeah. eating the apple. Yeah. yeah, while he's eating <laughs> yes. the apple yeah, yeah, and, yeah, dr- yeah. and drinking exactly. uh, the beer, right? Which oh, I forget the brand, but the Olympia point, beer, Olympia, Olympia, yeah. 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 And he was drinking with the apple, and that was a great scene. It's a great scene. And apparently, he only asked. He said, "We can only do th- up to three takes." Well, I think this is a very important thing for you because I mean, you see what happens with Chimino after this and his subsequent movies. Oh yeah, <laughs> like, was the here's best. the thing. I feel like you watched. I've watched this. I've seen this a lot. Yeah, and there are a lot of different films. There's something about it. Maybe because he was a visual artist that became into writing, which went into actually directing. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like possibly because it's also the 70s that he saw it as the way you would look at a painting maybe. Whereas on one viewing, I can take this from this. And on another viewing, because it is blocked together, but they all kind of work together in a weird way. And it's almost like, you know, Going to a gallery and looking at different paintings from or, one, or, or if you or if you look at a great like if you look at, like say you look at uh, like Raft of the Medusa or something like that, so like one of those great big paintings, beautiful painting, right? Like the the um, the difference between the way that stories are told now on film versus the way that they were told in the seventies, and specifically with this movie, is a great, it's a perfect example of it. Is that um, now? Uh, it's a huge generalization, but like now, like it's the impact of like the whole picture like you get to see all like you the whole thing is itself right that's right right and so you go like i mean this whether the movie's good or bad like the 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 story and intent of the movie is is basically visible all at once and you're watching it as a as a as a uh, as a mechanism that works with itself whereas like you look at something like um raft and medusa this wonderful painting like it is 
uh, that is Jericho. true, right? It, yeah, and, Jericho. Yeah, and it's uh, it is beautiful from a distance, right? Um, and it creates this, I mean, all these drunken, dying people on a raft, right? Uh, and there's like, I don't know, like 20 figures in the painting. Um, uh, and it's beautiful from a distance as a whole thing. But when you step up close to it, it's actually 12 or 13 different paintings. Yeah. You know, that, tw- that, that, that tell you 12 or 13 different stories. And, uh, and that, uh, this movie, uh, works a lot like that, where it's just like these, incremental chapters uh all do their own bit right and they sort of like they abut against each other in really strange ways uh, and it feels awkward and it feels unusual uh but it's the fact that it's unusual that makes you think about scenes that you wouldn't normally think yeah. about oh, can I, are, yeah are you, you go you go your guest yes. okay i was just gonna say uh what's the coen brothers movie with george clooney whether it's the re- it's the adaptation of the mythological so, uh, oh uh, yeah oh brother right there, oh, brother, oh, brother, right there. Yeah. Right. i did there was points in that movie where i consciously started to think there's structural elements here where it's almost like chapters of, of yeah, mythology exactly. where yes. exactly. like when they when they come across the and guy they actually talk about the fact that it is mythology right? yeah they, 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 they refer to like right. biblical texts right. and, and, and oh, they, mythology yeah they meet john uh what's his face and he's got he's got an eye patch he's got an eye patch so he's a cyclops yeah and then there's also that scene that the the moment that but kind of became conscious to me as a as a as a not a theory as an unfulfilled theory was when they got got into the car with that guy that was drunk and he had the exhaust pipe in the car. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah, and he was yeah. and he was basically like he had bunnies in the boot yeah. in the it's trunk. Messed up character. Like completely really, messed up. Yeah. Completely and makes this, no sense. And, 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 and I was like, I don't even know why this. The rest of why the is this in the it film? Exactly, right. But there's got to be a thematic connection. On it. Right. And I'm I'm now just from listening to you guys talk about it. I'm now beginning to sense that there is a kind of grammar to this that I haven't. That maybe I rejected just from a cultural lens point of view, just from a generational well, lens. Well, the things I mean, like, um, a, 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 like when I think about the way this, is, I don't like, uh, I don't want to be pejorative against all you know, popular movie today, popular movies today, but like where you do find this, like where this does happen, where we're like, it rarely happens in a single film nowadays. Yeah, but it does happen over, say, uh, a, a six episode series on Netflix. Yeah. Where like there will be big tonal shifts between the chapters on Netflix, but you got you got to look at like also, and you're always what's the matter? I, I'm just thinking is like you know what you know the other place I've seen stuff like this is every Seinfeld episode. Well, there's a there's a tip like four stories that are all intertwined and completely independent. When every time I watch an episode, it's like wait, all of these stories are in the same. But there's a reason. There's a reason why though. I feel like he was tipping his hat is when they were doing. They were in that little car delivering the ice cream. That was like Fellini. Oh, and it was the, it was so absurd that's my that you're at the same shots. time the the angst on George Kennedy's face. You're like you're you're not. I wasn't at least moved out of the story. I was like, oh, okay, they they have to just make money to do the heist. Right. It right. wasn't like what the hell is Which this? Is essentially but cha- it's so absurd. Two. But right. everyone doesn't get along with everybody. Right. All the women are prostitutes. That so you really and by the way, did you see Melanie Griffith? Oh, no. Griffith's in this. Yeah, she was the waitress. No kidding, I totally oh, missed it. Oh shit, the blonde oh, waitress. God. She's like, it's honey. Look knew, at that behind. Oh, glory, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's I mean, this Melanie is, Griffith. That's yeah, Melanie Griffith. She must have been Damn. fourteen. Oh my like god, that, yeah. I gotta look at it again. That's yeah, because yeah, I mean, just shit, watch like, her, look I at rec- her. I recognized it, but I, I didn't. I was like, I, that face. He, keeps it, he asked her for the scrambled eggs. And right, that's right. He's like, look at that. But meanwhile, hey, but look at this. Meanwhile. He's checking her out. He's asking and he's being very sexual. Yeah. And when the woman is undressed at the window, when he's pounding the dirt. Right. 
Yeah. That's, he doesn't do anything. He doesn't do anything. He doesn't do a damn thing. Because he's doing the other thing. The for point Jeff. is, okay, for I feel like with this That's time, yeah. this time, he's pounding the dirt. Okay. Yes. But the right. thing is, this time period, it's everybody who had a voice or at least had the ability to have a voice to say and create art and films, like films and have a mm -hmm. budget. It, America was Nixon, Vietnam War. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Nobody understands each other. Nobody gets each Identity other. Crisis. And here's the thing. Yeah. There was yeah. a yeah. moment Completely. in that right. – you watch that. There was a moment when – it wasn't so much when they were all coming home at night no, no, no. and okay. putting the money on the table. But it was a play. Yes. And right. I said yeah, yeah, yeah. when right. he was up there and he walks down to the mailbox while they're waiting for the boat, that was – like our town. Yeah, absolutely true. It absolutely was a true. play from 1949. Yeah, 100%. And, and it was Thornton Wilder play. Yeah, right. And it was a um, – the drawings were like um, – the oh, what's his guy's name with the boxing? I have his book at home. Uh, anyway, the point is um, – the, the what? Sorry, the what guy? He's a, he was Ashcan artist in the twenties, and he did a lot of boxing in New York. The point is, the drawings and the way at the, at the mailbox, yep. it was a painting. Yeah, and when he was pulling with the leather strap, his right. arm out, it was the you know the suffering of Saint Matthew. Plus, Saint plus, Matthew. He's, yeah. plus he still has his right. his, his, his preachers. On. His preachers. Everything right is about yeah. everything is about the breaking up of what we know as America. Mm -hmm. Yeah, everything was. Obscure characters well, coming right, out of there everywhere. Was, there was there was also the the gas attendant that went through a massive yeah, complaint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a this, massive this entire speech that which, the guy has, which I found kind of very resonant with exactly what's happening today. Yeah, with no this kidding, sense but, of like yeah. the yeah, yeah, everything, yeah. everything's breaking up. The the, the dollars. That's right. To nothing. Right. Yeah, the two-party system is the two-party system is bullshit. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He goes through exactly and, what we're talking about. And there's about this today. totally middle of the road couple in the car. Yeah, yeah. right. And the, and the, what what is the middle saying? class. What is he yeah, saying? what is he saying? But that's yeah. But hold on, my credit cards. my perception. Yeah, and he's turning down credit. Yeah, fuck. Believe it or not, and this sounds crazy. My perception is because that couple and that the couple of the schoolhouse were Jewish, and they are the right and left coast. There was definitely there was definitely because. I thought for a second that when they turned around, I thought, oh, shit, it's the couple they pulled out the car. I thought this was going yeah, to be the big Because they feel like because they've, they've been, because they've been It wasn't anti-Semitic in the same. part because he went to Yale, I think. Right. It was just – I felt like he was trying to say there is a group, all these different groups in America that don't understand each other. Right. Right. And since we're not near New York and Los Angeles, let's bring some of those people yeah, in. I mean, like, and then right. there you go. Can we, can Nobody we understands. Can we, can we dial back for a second because I didn't – I did not – consciously uh, dial into the whole potentially like homosexuality mm -hmm. like thread that went through it but this is an ongoing theme every yeah, yeah. we see well, now, is gay but, <laughs> well for him yeah. no I'm not sure what it says about the oh, films God, or what yes. it says about the room yeah. but, uh, but, yeah, but you're, you're right because I just realized when you talked about when the, the woman exposes herself when he's gardening and he's, he's pounding the dirt when he then goes back to the tray that night and puts the, the money on the table mm -hmm. and the guy asks what did you do nothing no, he says nothing, but then he actually goes up to him, puts his hand on his mouth, and kisses, kisses him. him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. It's amazing. It's and amazing. then, and yeah, then the guy, the guy true. freaks yeah. out, and, yeah. the, and the, the whole time, I'm now beginning to make sense of why that character is so resistant there is a, to that guy. It's almost like a repression. There's an awkward tension yeah. in this where, well, like, it's, it's also an irrational tension because that fucking character has no reason to be so belligerently annoyed at that kid all the time, right? Unless he's yes. driven by a like some sort of weird, yeah. Yes, but when you see him. 
and he looks at the couple making love, the young couple, he freezes. He, yeah, yeah. He well, freezes. Well, he's, yeah. he's captivated because he doesn't seem to get any. I, right. That was what I took. Well, the thing is, man, I, well, like, I it like, scared him. The, the, well, the, all the, like, because I don't actually think that, uh, like, I don't think women, like, the female characters aren't necessarily treated badly. In They're not film. treated badly. Right. But they, but they are sort of, uh, they're, they're, I don't want to say insignificant, but they're insignificant to the characters. Like they're just sort of like this is part of the story. They're prostitutes they're, right. or girl with a hammer banging on his right. truck. Right, and, and so like, the, like and she's just not the interested. Most pretty, in, yeah, like like, the, at, like really together. The only interactions they have with women um, that that have any depth to them are very performative. Like mm. I am showing off to Clint Eastwood how I'm interacting with this woman. Yeah. You know, just like, oh, I'm going to... Catherine real- Bach. Right, yeah, exactly. Like, Which is the, what, the, red, the redhead. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, right. And, uh, uh, and like, I mean, like, I like I brought home these girls, and now we're going to, like, because we're guys, and this is what we're supposed to be doing, or I'm going to hit on uh, Melanie Griffith in the, in the diner in this really, really glaringly obvious, awkward way that has nothing to do with Melanie Griffith. Like, well, it's not like he's trying to sleep with Melanie Griffith. Well, he's trying to show off, like, his sexuality. Yeah. Well, that's that's weird, what he's doing. A, I, I actually kind of felt that... And I don't know whether this is I don't this is an interpretive thing, but I never got the impression that the guys were ever in control of anything. I at, always, at all. At no. all. Yeah. In fact, like there's all. even a very specific point made where she takes control when he refuses to, to give her a lift home. And right. she says, well, I'll just call rape. Yeah. And he's like, that's stupid. That's but, dumb, so man. she immediately <laughs> goes outside and, and <laughs> yeah, calls exactly. rape. Clint Eastwood said something probably about 50 minutes in it where he's like, you know, if you're just wandering or if you have nothing to do, you just keep going forward. Yeah, exactly. And that, was, yeah. Well, actually, I think what he said is like, if there's nothing going on, then you just keep driving. Just like, keep on driving. Yeah. Which, is what, basically, which is what this is. Right. Yeah. And it's what happens in the movie. We move into So out of chapter two, we move into. Uh, so the pinnacle moment in this thing is go back to the synopsis. The pinnacle moment is basically you seem like they're kind of on their cruise control right right they're sitting there and there's in this park he's uh, they're drinking some olympia beer and he's eating an apple and he basically gives jeff bridges his whole backstory right. because basically he's like you're not a preacher i know you're not a preacher etc so what's your story and jeff bridges is like a, a wandering you know a two-time you know small small-time thief right, right. and so and he wants to Indian. get he wants to get a big heist of some kind he's hungry for some adventure right. more he's more hungry for adventure than he is in actually getting money oh really. yeah yeah like that's the, all he cares about money is, is not important he, he says money, that he's just like, he says, I, don't I don't care about your watch i just wanted a good adventure right? Right, right and so he finds out he's like well and then clint eastwood gives him his story he goes yeah i did this bank heist uh and we did this thing and basically you know uh, there, all these different people are involved. Right. Uh, the, the guy who, the, this guy was the guy who tried to shoot me at the church, and then this guy is the other guy who chased us, et cetera, et cetera. And all the money is actually hidden in a uh, old one, schoolhouse. And a, a, a one room. I'm now school. realizing that the old the schoolhouse is seemingly the old, the schoolhouse is seemingly important at this point. Yes, yeah. right, yeah. right, very right. much so. So it's a, it's a one room schoolhouse that that, that the money is right and uh, yeah that's great and the uh, and the there's money hidden in the schoolhouse they want the other guys George Kennedy etc want that money right so you find out basically also that he's been hiding and all the guys think that he stole all yeah. the money right false accusation false yeah. accusation so that's why they're after him right right but. The truth is the money was never found. The, 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 the reports in the newspaper are never found. Right. At which point Lightfoot, played by Jeff Bridges as we know, finds us like, wait, I heard about this on the news. 
you're the guy who went in there with a big ass gun, right? And they called you the thunder. It was a it thunderbolt. Was called thunderbolt. It's like yeah. you're thunderbolt. It's like, and at which point they had to, you know, to titular lines like thunderbolt and lightfoot. We make a great pair. Well, right? no, like that sounds like it means something. Like, I, like that's yeah. like it yeah. sounds, that but, sounds like it's saying something. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's like thunderbolt and lightning, like yeah. thunder and lightning. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, but like finding meaning. Yeah, it's, it's like, that, like we we have found. Yeah, exactly. We found. A, wait, we just stumbled on some meaning. Something means something here. Right. Like which is the thing that they're fucking looking for. Well, because right. it's like the Easy Rider thing, right? It's like the right. it's the I don't know the post. There's a lot of Easy Rider. Yeah, like in yeah. 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 In fact, like because I'm not even a that's big why fan they of made Easy it. Rider. Like, like, I've I, not I, seen Easy Rider. I just know it's Easy Rider is a pretty good movie with a great ending. Right. Whereas the. Yeah, like it's like I'm I'm a little Easy Rider's good. This is to me the the great version of that kind of story. Okay. No, like that's that's how I feel about this one. But the uh but yeah, so like they so George Kennedy and uh, the dumb buddy are returned into the story. They right? come back into the story at which point they have this <coughs> crazy chase scene. Oh, actually, wait, 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 which wait, is wait, basically red pony the time Let's talk about the way they're introduced because actually I think the way they're introduced is quite an interesting not only a plot point but it's structurally yeah, quite interesting it. that the the uh, Jeff Bridges and Clint Eastwood then go to investigate the one room schoolhouse. Yep, and right. in doing so, they find that there's actually this this massive progr- pr- massive new school. Right, at it's which been, point it's been plowed down. At which point, Jeff Bridges says, um, "What is this?" And Clint Eastwood said, "This this must be progress. This is progress. Right. This is progress. Yeah. Right." And then when they they then go and buy ice creams, pistachio ice creams, which uh-huh. seems to be a consistent theme. Right. Right. They buy pistachio ice cream and they buy them for some kids, which you definitely couldn't do today. Right. right. And then they go and get back in their car. And when they get in the car, he says, "Oh, this is the last of our money. This is the last of our money. We're out." And then they get in the car, and then the two guys that have been following them are in the back of the car, and you see the guns come out. So right. They, exactly. And I, I found that the, the timing structurally was clearly right, not they, coincidental. They, they're almost like they, we've they given out. Ap- we're out of money, and they almost appear like ghosts. Yeah. Right. Yeah, like yeah. they they literally just sort of like. Mm. You know, and like the, this is the, this is this is Clint Eastwood's literal ghosts showing yeah. up suddenly in the back of the car. Where, and taking control where of is story. the structure though when you're wandering? Do you know what I mean? Right, in right, a right. sense, like I know the structure is important in filmmaking, but it's almost like he the, was the, like, if we're wandering, let me just breathe, right? Because that that will permeate out. This is why road movies fascinate me because you can't have traditional surface level structure outside of we're going to a new thing. Like the, like I, the, I don't know. I don't know about that. Well, no, so, well okay, like, sorry, like, you the, finish your thoughts. The, the, the structure that you do, everything you do, actually, let me put it this way. Everything you do in a road movie, uh, the, the structure is revealed to be what structure always is, which is purely symbolic. Yeah. Like, where you go is, like, is dictated by the symbols you need to interact yes. with in yeah. the order they have yeah, to be yeah. interacted with. Yeah. Like, normally in any other movie, like, those symbols are more sort of... Uh, covered by the cleverness of the plot that ties those situations or um, is settings together, and like it also like LA Confidential all makes sense. Now you can talk about it strictly in terms of plot, right? Yeah. But if you strip the plot completely away and just look at where they are and what they are doing, you can see that oh, these are symbolic relationships we're talking about. Yeah. Right? Whereas because of the linearity of a, of a road movie, like the physical linearity of it, it reveals the, the fact that, like, they, like, you have to, like, we are here, this makes you feel like this, and we are here, and now that in combination with what you already saw makes you think of this, and you can sh- see why, whether the characters are changing or not changing according yeah. to the, the lineup of the experiences. 
Yeah, and that's and that's 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 literally the only structure. You well, there's have. okay. So the, one of the things I noticed with the structure of this film, and I don't, I don't know if I fully understood the the what you mean there, but um, one of the things I why <laughs> same you were checking out of your ass. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> no, no, just made that right. shit up. But, <laughs> yeah, but, <laughs> yes, <laughs> no, no. I, I think so good, I think though? I think I got it. But like uh, one of the things I did notice with this film was that it was very symmetrical. Um, right, right, so right, right. it starts at a certain place, which is the, the church. Then they go on this journey uh, where the beginning steps are with them, um, with Jeff Bridges and Clint Eastwood kind of finding each other, going on this journey, and then they end up in, I guess, the midpoint. The school is a big component, but the school mm-hmm. happens at some point when the, the story's themes seem to change. Yes, right, right, right. But then at the end of the film, there's the return to that to that school and there's uh, the, the last kind of car trip. Mm-hmm. And there's a, there's a similarity in terms of the first car trip in the Trans Am to the last car trip. Yeah, right. I don't, I can't see them though, like um, being so. Uh, I know what you're saying, technical about like um, the the whole arc and everything, because I really feel like the director was trying to get a message across. I think uh, about like he was doing the road movie. Mm-hmm. He wanted to have a big message about America, mm-hmm. and and there were probably other themes about his personal life mm-hmm. too that he was Don't implementing in. Yeah. And yeah. he's a visual, very visual guy. Right. So I actually talking to you guys, Dan, uh-huh. um, is that I feel like if he did not have Jeff Bridges and Clint Eastwood, this would be a piece of shit because those that those guys yeah, they, they, they it, utterly and with the deer hunter yeah, yeah, the yeah. Deer, it's like you need the actress just to say I buy this world and and let's do this. Own yeah. the character. I, yeah. yeah, and that's yeah, it. Like they, they, and that's why true. having absolutely De Niro in, in The Deer Hunter, it's like he's a committed, you right. know, he commits to that. Because you can't really do this with the, a lot. These because are, it would have been a nightmare in the edit bay right. to try to get any kind of semblance. But like I was saying earlier, you can turn this on halfway, watch it, and there's you get some meaning. Because right. it, it's weird. It's almost like, too, it starts so light and by the this, time yes. he dies in the car, yeah. it's, this, this it's, it's hard I to – was, I was definitely – I was knocked sideways at the point when you realized he's basically having a stroke. That's right. I didn't even know when he got injured. Like, oh, I he, it happened when he got Kennedy the shit kicked, kicked, kicked out of him. Kennedy kicked him in the head. Kicked kicked him kicked him head. I know. I saw that. so long. No, that's true because that was a classic case of like just I think slightly antiquated grammar and delivery like grammatically because in a modern film there would have been more – impact to that being shown because right. in, in the film what happens is that Clint Eastwood kind of rubs his jaw right. and they've got no attempt and to it, actually make him yeah, look that injured and they, it's like, like well, what's wrong got, with him? He's got a little blood in his ear and at least it's like oh, yeah it's subtle like, it's subtle and he picks him up and it's like it's yeah. bad but then they just sort of let it go yeah they just let it go so like just to sum up the synopsis let's uh we'll, we'll like they get involved with uh, George Kennedy's so, buddy so, so they all so he's like give us the money and then basically suddenly uh they're they're in a they're in a confrontation they're gonna get into a fight right about big the, crazy the bank about yeah. the bank situation right. and he and george kennedy wants to kick clint eastwood's ass but it turned it, it all goes sideways right uh at which point clint eastwood says there i don't have the fucking money right this uh, is all it's still in the, it's all it's in the schoolhouse. Well, where the fuck is the school? The schoolhouse isn't there anymore, right. and they're like fuck, and they're all pissed off about right. it. Uh, they're sitting at the riverbed, which and is they a don't know what to do anymore. They don't know what to do right. anymore. At which point they come up with this idea. It's like Jeff Bridges comes up with a plan. It's like why don't we just so why don't we do it again? Why don't we just do it yeah, again? Yeah. Why don't we do it again? Why don't we just do the same bank, same thing? Uh, Let's just do Jeff it Bridges, who is the like the young buck version of Clint Eastwood, right? right? Just, just like do it again. Let's just do this again. And so at which point is like. 
Okay. Right. And how are we going to do it? Well, we got to get some money together. We got to get some money together. So and let's all take shitty jobs. So we'll all take <laughs> shitty jobs. Mow lawns. <laughs> and so Jeff Bridges is like mowing lawns and doing sprinklers. Yeah. Oh and, fuck! Okay, sorry. Carry on. Carry on. I'll yeah. Just, yeah. And so there, he's doing that, and he's like, yeah, Gary Busey. Gary oh my God, right. Gary, yeah, Gary Busey. Busey and Vic yeah. Tabak. Yeah. Gary oh, Busey yeah. Mel, is Mel in there, right. and it's like, is that fucking Gary Busey? Yeah. Yes, yeah, it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. Fuck, yeah, right. yeah, and he looks young. But I just realized that the the, the jobs themselves are all um, let's working assume, for wealthy people, or at least the suburbanites. The what? suburbanites. But what I was going to say is, there's that apart from the 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 the, the metal workers. Where they they're they're doing like the, the lawn steel sprinkler work. company yeah. or whatever. Yeah, that the, there's a there's almost like a theme like it's almost like thematically like they're going back through um, like Clint Eastwood is being taken back through de- his his development because first it's like working for an ice cream company. Right. One of them yeah. works for an ice cream. Now company. he's mowing lawns. The other one's mowing lawns. Yeah. Right, right, right. And then one of them does steel work. It's almost right. like they're going through a personal history of his right. life because it's because that fucking That's character cool. right. Jeff Bridges is taking him back from, from being this old yes. like That's he's given awesome. up on everything. Right. And, and it's you like, know now what? We're going back the most significant scene is when the Woman comes up, African American. He says, "What's your social?" Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't right. even remember I, it. Like, yeah, you're just remember. a number. You're just a number. Exactly. What's oh, your social? God. Maybe and that's, that's the theme. You, no, just this, this, you just this nailed is, it, though. Um, it's like going th- back through the, your stages right. of, yeah, this of is, like jobs this, that you go is, through. Yeah, well, a, it's Clint, you this is Clint Eastwood's story, right? Yeah. This is like this. Like Clint Eastwood's story is happening via Jeff Bridges. Yes. He is he's essentially looking at a time travel history of himself, and then we go to recreate the fucking job. Well, joking aside, well look. It sounds cheesy, but you're no, right. You're, you're right, right because Back to the Future is about reenacting George McFly's life through yes, the eyes yes, of his son. Yes, could right. he Terminator not be... Two is about reenacting John Connor's life through the Bingo. eyes of the Terminator, Bingo. looking mm. like, yep. giving Absolutely. John his own values. So. Right. And this is about a guy basically being the spiritual. And predis- he's an angel right. that right. dies in the car that was his. He wanted yeah. the white yeah. Cadillac. Right. That's what he wanted, Jeff Bridges. Right. Does that jump forward too much? So we're, we're almost through. Okay, let's to be fair, it. our synopsis almost, effort has been, a, has been a catastrophe. All over the place. <laughs> like, this is actually better <laughs> than we've ever done. Right. How far at all? We? Like, <laughs> we've done good. We, were, oh, we, we, we might actually describe the entirety of the movie within the podcast. Very, very exciting. Okay, right. so, so, so they take these sh- shitty jobs so they can get the money together so they can go and, and then they try come up the- with a plan, yes. a very elaborate plan, uh, which is mastermind by Clint Eastwood who right. clearly is the smartest person in this right. entire group. He knows the by, by, far, yeah. Yeah. by far he is like because George Kennedy is a is a is a beast. He's a, he's he's a violent animal. animal. He's a violent animal. Right. The other character is hilarious. He's a great like no, but he's he's dumb and loyal. Love, he's, dumb and loyal. Yeah, he's he's just stared and like, dumb and loyal. But I like I, I really love when he's you have that classic scene as you do when you're like describing a heist. And or, or how you're going to rob a bank and like here's the plan and Clint Eastwood is giving that on a beat for beat like yeah. minute by minute synopsis yeah. like like the like a you know like heat or anything else yeah. right and then Jeff Bridges is like by the way okay. <laughs> yeah. but not only that the guy next to him is just like checking his notes and looking right. back at and his own notes by the way talking about heat I felt when they went. To pick up the parcels of that huge howitzer, remember the hell oh, that yeah, gun it's, it's straight up It's the, the same heat. thing with Val Kilmer <laughs> getting the explosion and yeah, shows in the thing. He's like, relax, <laughs> relax. And yeah. he walks up. And, he, yeah. and that, that was, yeah, because he does set, I noticed that when he says relax, because yeah. it, it's, it's the first time that anyone's actually giving the young kid like advice. But as the well. thing that's is, right, that right, scene right. where they're going to the warehouse and the actual behind, how we do this, and then we yeah, take yeah. the crate open and we leave the crates there in the field and yeah. go. That's, yeah. That's like heat, too. You get to see the mechanism underneath like yeah. how this not the stuff like 
um, you know, how are we going to break into the bank? But the I have to order the gun. Yeah. I have to order this. And yeah, kind it's of all, the, it's all the, the checklist. Yeah. You show yeah. the checklist. Yeah. You don't see that a lot in heist films uh, up until then. And right. then all of a sudden this checklist is like – this cool stuff, like wow, it's in these crates, and you right. ordered it. Where'd they order the, it from? There's all these pieces, and that all have these come things together. you can spin right. out, Literally. and then they leave it in the field. They throw it in the back of the right. truck. He's got to go back to work because he borrowed the truck, right. and it'll. Oh, okay. Like that's a, you that's can a, start that's the movie in the middle, yeah. and watch it to the end. Yeah, because and it's you a realize movie. the complexity of the plan, right? right? Like there's a complexity, and you have to follow. And it's also, plan. Like, it's and it's tedious, that, yeah, and it's something that they are choosing to do. It's like they like they still have to work. They have to go mow the lawns. They have to do the stuff. I mean, like there's a Kennedy didn't work. It shows a lot about his character. Right. Yeah. Oh no, 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 no. He does. He actually ends up getting one job in the department store. In the department but store. he initially right, tells right. him on the ice cream run. He's, he, like, he's like, I'm not, "When are you going to work?" Yeah. Right. Yeah. But uh, like this, turn like, left. They have been. Oh like, my god, that scene. Oh, yeah. And yeah. then he turns because I was right I didn't imagine like, that they turn right, yeah. and then the kid tells them off for being on the wrong street. Yeah. Right? Oh my god. Yeah. He's yeah. like, "You're on the wrong street." Basically, the kid tells them pistachio too. Yeah, yeah. And it is he orders pistachio. But the thing is, every he orders pistachio, but every generation is seen conflicting. Yeah. Meaning the old, the middle, and then the young kid in yep. a suburban area, which you're like, <laughs> says, you're like Edward Scissorhands kid. neighborhood. <laughs> right. right? <laughs> then, so, so everything is these so contrasts. Right. No one understands each other. Yeah, yeah. And, and no one been, feels part of right. America. And, and, and that's is, pretty much what I felt his message what, what, was. What they're showing there is like, this is what America is now. Everything, and it's violence. Yeah, it's like It's such a weird it, situation. Everything is like these shitty jobs, You parcel down landscape. Two random characters that are running away in the middle of a buddy road film then suddenly they like are Com- like starting a heist and then suddenly they all have jobs yeah compare it's like, so strange the, you compare mm. the beginning of the movie uh, yes. when they when yeah. they are when they when, in the beginning of the movie when they are out in fucking montana like right. mountain lake beautiful amazing nothing around them nothing nothing and, and they're suddenly talking about they're, and, they, and they say like Jeff Bridges says like out here you know yeah. man's uh, man's business is, is, is his, his own, own. Yeah, yeah. and that's it and then by the like the the the, la- the second third of the movie like they are the opposite of oh, that. wait wait but that, yeah. that's an interesting observation because then I, I also found it strange just as a directorial point that after he says that mm-hmm. there's immediately his understanding of the postal service and there's that one yeah. lone post box and it's right. like exactly, it's like exactly. Yes. we're now yes, immediately yes. on the grid right you know, and, now, like and now we're connected gone, back to that this and, is all this, yeah. we're out in nature yeah. but then he's like immediately like, and now we're on the grid and now we're, yeah. we're going to use the, the, we're going to use this right. to right. go back to this is the node that connects us and what's amazing to me is and it doesn't even seem weird in the plot but he's like yep well you know the boat's gonna come by to pick up the thing yeah and then suddenly like two minutes later it's well there. here's the boat yeah yeah it's like waiting for a bus yeah, and yeah. it's like and he, he could have been at that post box yeah, for like is, hours that's where yeah. the, that's where the play element yeah yeah, yeah that's where it becomes it, a, like, it, a, it like, feels a, like a a greek play a greek play. where it's yeah. just you're following the storyteller along the yeah. thing is think about this it's like vietnam mm-hmm. nixon you're an artist, a visual artist, and you've written some screenplays, mm-hmm. and you're given the ability by a major Hollywood star to direct something. It's like everybody – there's so – you look at the movies of the 70s. They're so all over the place. Some work. Some don't. Yep. But they're all kind of reflecting what – they're feeling and they read in America yeah, so at that what, time. What, what are we now? Because it's all going. <laughs> like, what are we now? That's, yeah. the, that's the constant question. I don't know this person I don't, tr- from I don't trust this. I don't trust this. We don't have this And anymore. the guy at the I service station this. says it best. Yeah. We're all fucked. We're yeah. all, you know, the this and the credit. And it's like, yeah. what do you want? That's it. Give we, me that. We, I'll we, take we, the money. We've lost something 
important, and we don't know what it is. Nobody, right. nobody trusts anybody. Everyone, the girl with the hammer. Right. The girls are prostitutes. You pay me. Yeah. You have to it's drive me back. It's exactly. all transactional. The one that that, right. that, that, that that really cracked me up at the gas station is the amount of fucking credit cards this guy had. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Exactly. And then he had exactly. all the clothing in the back. Yeah, it was so strange. But and the one person yeah. is this guy who's saying, "I just want a friend." Yeah. I just want to know somebody right. and hang out. Right. Whether it was it, whether it was sexual or not, it's still that's what I want. Yeah, like, exactly. Because like, that's like that's actually the greatness of it. Because like whether it's like because uh, I think it's totally fair to read that this is a gay relationship. I think it's totally fair to read it as not a gay relationship. But what it is well, is absolutely and purely honest. Like it is, this it is, is like I am connecting with this person in a much deeper way in the way that I really I, need to connect with. It doesn't. Draw, you don't even have to think about it as gay. Yeah, yeah. You yeah, can exactly. think about it this as love. Right. There's another. There's another framework to look at it through, which is which is it's a weird analogy to draw up. But Fight Club. So yes. in Fight Club, right. there's yeah. there's the ingrained That's guy it. that has a, a pre-existing belief system about how social systems work. Right. I a priest. Right. And then the. the Psychologically speaking, the id, the the sort right. of Tyler Durden the, comes in, the impulsive, right. playful force that right. is like the the unsocialized, just playful right. figure. And so, so, so Tyler Durden in this movie is Jeff Bridges. Yes, right. and and then that would make Clint Eastwood the, the sort of Edward Norton yep. stuck in his ways figure, right. Right. sitting there preaching to people a load of rule systems that right. he doesn't necessarily because believe he, like, in. You could not have him be more opposite, opposed no, to well, himself. Well, yeah, and it's the same as well, he is in the beginning. No, of the for movie. sure, it's the same with like the, with Batman with right. the, the Dark Knight. There's the concept. That, that Batman is the rigid Edward Norton style right. super right. ego. Right. He's yeah. the rules. Right. I, I, thou shall not kill. Right. And then the Joker is the the, the impulsive, playful. Yeah. Why don't and you he is, fucking kill? Because and he's this, scary, play, right. and he, he's actually playful. This but is he's, the stuff you all want to do. Yes. Right. Yeah. And it's that it's those forces. And right. generally speaking, map, films tend to map onto that psychological right. concept mm. of right. there's the impulsive, instinctive side, yeah. and there's your learned side, yeah, it's the, it's which the comes from rule problem, systems, right? which. Incidentally, symmetrically speaking, we start in a one-room church and we end in a one-room school. That's yep, right. Exactly. Dinko. So, right. Yes. Dinko. With – that's right. That's We were talking about that earlier. It's like – But that, that the school schoolhouse was like moved. Church. Yeah, bingo. The school bingo. was moved too and it's now a historical site. Mm. Right. And he comes in and shoots a church. Shit, that's interesting. But hold on a second. He comes in and he shoots at a priest saying – Fuck religion. I don't care. I could wait for you to come out of the church. I'm going into a holy place and shooting. Mm-hmm. Then at the end, it's the if you read the sign, it's about the original frontier area of yeah. all the people traveling the, education. The yeah. And they yeah. moved it. Right, yeah. But wait, wait, wait. There's yeah. another there's another component which I just realized. If you look at it symmetrically, you could you look at the binary yes. flips. Mm-hmm. Yep. So the first instance, he's up he's up, he is the blackboard. Right. Yes, right. And he's preaching to everyone in the in the in the the, the benches. Yes. Right. right. Yes. And then at the end of the film, when he goes to the one room, um, the one room school, right. He's in the benches, and these people that have been basically codified with how they see the world are saying, "Please don't mug us." Yeah, right. I'll give you and my he, camera. And he's yeah. suddenly become this almost like naive student, and he's just looking at them, just like, "What yeah. the fuck are you? What is wrong with you?" Like they're <laughs> just laughing at them, right. you know. Yeah, right. And there's that weird thing, and then they and then they deconstruct the blackboard. Yeah, what's behind, uh, what's behind what's the blackboard? Black there's, there's definitely a, there's a weird symmetrical element <laughs> right, there because the, even the way they shoot the schoolhouse is cinematography that is the same as how they open the film. Yeah, it's with the church. Yeah. It's Absolutely. the same. It's yeah, even it's the, the same, same building construction. Right. It is. The church yeah, and the school, yeah, yeah. it's almost like this is yeah. this is him rigid in his old age and this is him 
you know, going back to the youth. I feel yeah. like he's rigid, but I feel like he's also afraid because he's got oh, – yeah, he's like he's paid so much dues and he served in the Korean War. He right. was a hero and he doesn't talk about it in the Korean War. Yet and, for the heist, they bring back a giant goddamn gun. Gun. That's right. But the thing is <laughs> yeah. he doesn't – but the thing is when he's talking – first of all, he is reluctant – to, to jump back into. He can understand what right. Jeff Bridges is saying, but he's like, oh, I don't know if I want to do that, dude. Because right. you know what? I just got beat up. I served my country. I got my ass kicked. Right. So in a way, I don't want to get involved, but I kind of do. But the thing with like all the guns and um, going back, their technology, he said it early on. He said they have all these temperature control things and right. everything. It's like it world passed him. Yeah, like it's it's, and, it's no no it's no no, so- no no no. Actually, I I actually thought about it as very differently because he's actually very educated, right? He's like, here's all the situations that are going on. I know all the technology that's going on in the back, to which was very revealing to Jeff he Bridges does. at the time because right. Jeff Bridges is but, like, I knew you weren't a preacher. But, you know, yeah, because, like, but, but like I think Eric's right in saying that like the reason why he is saying all that stuff is to say like time this, is, this is how fucking hard it is now. It's not like you just walk in and like point a gun and you get the money. Yeah, but he like, knows every you know, detail. He know, but he, the reason why he's saying it is because he's afraid of it. Like the reason why he's detailing ah, it okay. is he's detailing his fear. Because he's already done all of this. Yeah, okay. yeah. And he yeah, yeah. served his country and he got his ass kicked. Right. right? He and, doesn't and even say first, that he's a hero. There's also the element that the first bank job they do, which they are recreating, they mm-hmm. also lost out. It was, a, it was, yeah. an, it was right. an, an endeavor that was That's why when pointless. he sees the blackboard, he just sits there like this at the back of the pew right. and just stares at it, which is yeah. the greatest scene. Well, well, can, no, okay, hold on, hold on. Okay. We, we still have to we still have Almost to go through the synopsis. Here it is. Christ, yeah. And then? So we went on. So so basically, they get all these jobs, right? Right? They have enough, and they they do they go through their elaborate planning, and then they do their bank heist. And I'm not going to go too too much detail because there's a lot of crazy detail about it, but pretty much they pull off the bank heist, right? Right? right. They get it done. Jeff Bridges in drag mm-hmm. as part of as the, part of the plan as part of the plan, right. uh, and their idea here is that they'll rob the bank and then they'll hide in plain sight in a sense right. by taking the oh car my God. right yeah. by taking and the, then they're caught <laughs> but hold on a second right but by, then they're taking fucking drive in with his girlfriend <laughs> yeah but hold on a second right. yes. Yes. Exactly. Yes. and they're exactly. caught by a woman well, yeah. yes yeah, yeah, yes yeah, yeah, yeah. so they take they hide. the red the fucking redhead the never red trust fucking, the redhead yeah. the redhead never trust the redhead but never trust a woman he also didn't enjoy he also clearly was not particularly that engrossed with the first redhead, and then yeah, it's yeah, the, like, the second redhead, which basically what's what's the word? Um, caught him. Caught him. Yeah, right. That's yeah, when the police turn up because yes. he's busted they, with, with a fucking dude yep. dressed as a woman. Yep. Yes. Yes. Right. yes. Fuck. Yes. A lot yes. of Chimino. Okay. I feel like because he right. he eventually think became, about it. Okay. Yeah. He eventually. Okay. So 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 but what their what their deal is is they're going to go to a drive-through, right? Which is a very by the way. Quintessential American. Quintessential teenager thing yeah, to do. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Brilliant. Brilliant. Right? Brilliant. So they basically just hide all the shit in the car yeah. and just go right to the drive-thru, which is right next to the bank. Yeah. Right. Which right? is so fucking weird. Right? <laughs> and they're going to we're gonna apply to hide in plain sight. Yeah. So the two assholes are in the back in the trunk and they're making way too much fucking noise. And that's the quintessential thing that happens in a drive-thru, trying to sneak in extra people into the drive-thru, mm-hmm. yeah. which is what spoils the whole gag. Yeah. Those two guys in the back are going to ruin it because they made too much noise in the trunk, right. which is really 
we're going through the drive-through. The first thing you should do is shut your fucking mouth. Yeah, exactly. And they don't. And this this whole like if you you just talked about this one aspect, it's such a teenager plot. It's I insane. Know. It's yeah, a, I know. like it's incredible. It's just like and then we hide in the back. It's just like yeah. It's like so. It, they like, decide that they are children. They're they, they're they are basically absolute little, yeah, teenage yeah, situations, yeah, yeah. right? At which point they're like hide in the back, and then they're like. Looking at it, it's like, no, the cops are here. They're going to bust the bank. And it's like, yeah, man, you timed that perfectly. Like seven minutes, you called it perfectly. And they're calling this this whole situation out, right? They're doing a – and they're like, things are going well. But Jeff Bridges is not comfortable and he keeps trying to get out of the wig situation. Uh-huh. But it's not like, no, keep the fucking wig on. We got to keep this going. Right. And which point they're like, ah, it's getting dicey, getting dicey. And then shit goes down. Cops are coming in. They decide to just go like, it, okay, the 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 whole thing is is blown, right? It's we got to totally get out. Fucked. Of here. Totally fucked. fucked. We got to get <laughs> out of here. Cops are coming, and they just go. And it's an and by the way, every the, all those chase scenes with the cops and everything, it's it's amazingly shot. Oh, it's brilliant! Brilliant! It's brilliant! Brilliant, action, brilliant, brilliant chase action! I can't scenes. believe this is this guy's first movie, and then the action is so well. It's staged. so well done. Yeah. Like the and especially, I want to uh, sp- uh, note if you guys are watch it, just look at the motorcycle cops because the motorcycle cops, yeah, yeah, the, some, yeah. the, the, the way work, they, they the stunt work yeah, of do, them yeah, falling off work. their motorcycles yeah. are incredible. That's real, and there's real actually an incredible job. shot where the motorcycle cop falls off the cop, and a motorcycle slides yeah, the camera, and it stops just before the camera. I was just like, how do you even how, how do you plan that? It was amazing. amazing. That was like that would have been if that happened in the movie today. It would have like crashed. Oh, CG. Yeah, <laughs> it stopped within just a six inches. Although, of the although I have to to be devil's advocate, they fucking nailed all of that. But watching Clint Eastwood trying to act like somebody that could punch someone was embarrassing. Oh, yeah, George no, Kennedy. Saying, yeah, there was yeah. even a point when when like uh, where Jeff Bridges complimented. Um, you know what you're doing, man. Yeah, yeah. And I was yeah. like, literally, like, no, he doesn't. Like, no, that was no, the really. worst attempt at a punch. That was the first <laughs> fight scene. Yeah. Especially punching, like, a George Kennedy. Like, no, he you punched can hit the George guy Kennedy with the rabbits. And it, was, it was lame. Right. That yeah, was yeah, lame as well, it. but it so was, was the George. karate chop. Yeah. I do want to go back to the rabbit. Like, we mentioned the guy with the rabbits is, like, a weird plot point that I really want to get to. But it has nothing to do with the film, the general synopsis. Two more minutes, we get all the That was like a David Lynch moment. So, at this point now, now they're in the car. Uh, the cops are after them. The, suddenly, the cops start shooting at the car. The two guys are in a trunk. One, one of them get, gets hit. One of them gets yeah, hit. The He's in the back guy. of the trunk. At which point, George Kennan goes, "You're going to die anyway." He just literally pushes yeah. them pushes him out, out the back, which is such a weird moment as well. It's fucking cold, yeah. cold blooded. And then the camera asshole. sits with the guy as he dies. As he dies, like it interrupts the entire well, action scene to go. Okay, there it is. I have a. Do you want to continue the synopsis, or can we stop at this point to discuss that particular thing? Yeah, go ahead. Because that that is a point right now. Because yeah, I, I have a question. Well, not a question. I'm interested to to see what you guys think about. I found George Kennedy's his characterization and his arc mm. very difficult to understand. Right. And what I mean by that was yeah. that that it, it first seems comedic, then it goes very dark, yeah, then he becomes yeah, yeah, tragic, yeah, yeah. Yeah. and it goes through this. I guess it's like almost like a Greek tragedy or something, but at at no point did I ever understand what his actual character was. Right. Well, that's yeah. basically, could it be also people who are younger and 
looking he's at. He's the oldest, right? He's the oldest guy. He's the he grumpiest. probably represents a, a part like Republic, something else in the system of America right. that is they perceive he as is, irrational. He's right to say Republic. It's just pure anger. Anger and frustration. And well, yeah. he's going through the same tonal shifts right. that the entire movie goes through mm. you know because like he is like like when when it's he doesn't make he doesn't it, make when, sense right. you want but it, the way they looked at older people in the early 70s was it doesn't make sense do you right. want to say it's ironic that his name is red oh yeah he's, yeah he's he's furious as in as in as don't trust the red communists yes but also don't trust the redhead yeah don't trust the redhead don't trust the redhead and his name is red isn't his surname is it leary is that what he's called no is that a different character i don't remember red leary yes red leary is in like larry like uh um don't trust the redhead but yeah, this, so like, this is the like he is like when he's required to be funny, he is funny and angry. When he is required to be scary, he is scary and angry. When he's required to be like he is just like he is always frustrated and angry, and he's just shifting along with whatever the well. The there's basic also interpretation there, 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 the there definitely seems to be a consistent theme of him being irrationally angry yeah, at, all the time. Um, at Jeff Bridges specifically. Yeah. He doesn't understand the trigger. And, okay, the youth. I'm, 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 oh, yeah, he, he this hates is, Jeff Bridges. And, which I can he only assume. jealous of well, Jeff he Bridges. Is because, because in that scene where he, where Jeff Bridges says that the woman came up to the window and mm-hmm. she was naked. What did you do? He said, yeah. what did you do? And he said, well, you know, and then he said, did you see, you know, everything? You know? Yes. Yeah, so and crazy. it's almost just more like, like perverted. Like perverted. Yeah. And there was right. and then in the fucking scene where he goes into the to the room with the people having sex and he's like fucking manhunter with yeah, the right. fucking yeah, thing yeah, on totally, his and totally. I didn't get the impression it was to do with sexual uh, uh homosexual repression. I got the impression it was to do with the guy was just repressed. He's oh, yeah, absolutely. Your classic repressed. He's sexually repressed. Sexually repressed. He's sexually yes. he's absolutely sexually repressed. And he's actually and like he like his like he remembers being heroic with Clint Eastwood, mm. you know. Oh, back in the war. But back did, in the but, war. But was back he? In the day. Did they ever mention him as being a hero, or just the no, guy? That, like, the guy that Clint Eastwood uh, says. Uh, it's like, it's yeah. mentioned it's one, at one point at like Jeff Jeff Bridges' character after the whole death of all the characters. Like you're the real hero. I know that now. But yeah. but did they but, ever mention that Red was heroic during uh, the war? Because yeah, I thought he was yeah, saved like, I, I, by yeah, I don't Clint think that, I don't think that Red was heroic. I think that Red uh, has a romantic vision of himself and Eastwood. Yeah, in this, yeah. In the, like in this very heroic vision of a war scenario. Yeah, yeah. And here's this other this interloper that is coming to take that story away. Yeah. And not just sort of like take Clint Eastwood away, but also to sort of fucking devalue everything. Yeah, yeah. Like he like here's the stuff that I thought like I you know like there's a there's a naked woman coming to you at the door. Would like what'd you see? And the fact that Bridges is so sort of dismissed. What do you think I saw? Like it pisses him off. Like. You can't devalue that to me. Is what like everything everything that There's is a, happening for him is like you like you represent uh, everything wrong with youth culture, right? Like you're okay. Like, hold on, you, hold you on. are you I, are destroying I, I, I my go, vision. Hold on yeah. one second. Supposed no. to happen here. The perception though at that time too is like all the people who made the decisions to get us in the Vietnam War were people who probably never had you know yeah, they yeah. were repressed, repressed. repressed. never had sex course, irrational yeah. weren't really there smart or yeah. weren't really the heroes. He represented. All the generals and all yeah, the people, in, decision makers into that, that shit, right? brought yeah, us yeah, into yeah, that right. war. That's, a, that's and a, that was the I mean. highlight time right there. Right. He, George yeah. Kennedy buys Excellent into that point, vision. Eric. Buys Excellent into point, vision. and and I think you're right because if you look at this situation, right, you've got Jeff Bridges. Okay, just to 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 to, to lay the scene because we've talked about it several times. 
this is their time when they're got their 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 day jobs to try to make enough money to do the heist, right? right. So Jeff Bridges is is uh, doing lawn work with, uh, ironically, uh, 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 what's his name? Uh, Gary, 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 Gary Busey, Busey. Gary Busey, yeah, Gary Busey doing yeah. long work with Gary Busey, and then now suddenly he's doing extremely manual labor, right? right. So he's he's pounding the grass in, and and he's got the and he's shirtless, right? Which is and he's singing a song while he does it. I don't remember. And he's the song. singing a song, but it's a, it's he's a, he's a very sexual object at that point, right? right? I mean, this he's is like, like it's a cool hand Luke style. It's sequence. like he's a very right. sexual object. He's sitting there pounding. Now, if for the radio audience, know, I'm looking across the table at Chris with he has one fist above the other, and he is making a motion as if he is. Um, like lifting a broom up and down is basically. <laughs> que guapo. Que guapo. Just I am not Jeff Bridges and I am not, I'm not sweaty and handsome and hairless. I'm not saying you couldn't pull this scene off. No. Jeff yeah, Bridges yeah. is probably the best <laughs> person to yeah, cast. Man, you, you undervalue yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Nonetheless, he's doing this, at which point, if you're a lonely housewife in suburbia, yeah. You're going to yeah. go like, there is a handsome man without a shirt sweating outside my lawn. Right. And I would like to get some. Mm-hmm. At which point in the scene, which is a common fantasy in a lot of ways, she presents herself at the, at the, at the sliding door and opens the door uh, or opens the, 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 the curtain, the blinds, mm-hmm. to reveal herself completely naked, dark naked, mm-hmm. just staring mm-hmm. out. At which point he's looking at her and goes, huh. Naked housewife, I'm here pounding the dirt. I think she wants to have sex with me, right? There. That is that is the scene <laughs> that's presented. At which point he presents that. At which point he presents that to George Kennedy, who goes, "Did you see everything?" Like, <laughs> like, like, lascivious, like, disgusting. Like, right, because he he is the guy who's sexually <laughs> the, the repressed, repressed. Right. Right. and it's yeah. and, I, and I think you're right. He's not. Homosexually repressed. He's just sexually He's repressed. Sexually repressed. And I think He's the repressed, that, period. And yeah. the way that the Eric yeah. pointed it out is like he's the guy who thinks he's completely in charge, like the generals right. in, the, in, exactly. in Vietnam, et cetera. And they drag us into this bullshit They're that we're tra- in right, right now, which is now splitting apart. And Nixon is now caught in Watergate when right. they shot this. And, and the thing is, right. like, he right. represents all those assholes. Who basically dragged us into this? And he's looking at Jeff Bridges, and Jeff Bridges. And of, course, of course, it fucking Those happens fucking to hippies. you. Just fucking hippies, right? You wouldn't even know what to do with it. Is what he's thinking, right? Right. And Jeff Bridges is destroying the myth that George Kennedy has based his entire life on, mm. right? You know, like this is like this I'm is, a successful man. I should get all the girls. I should. That, this is the American dream, right? Right. That, this is how it should pay out for me. Right. Nope, doesn't happen that way, George. I'm sorry. Yeah, right. and he think he doesn't need to work in the beginning, right? Yeah, he just yeah, goes he re- along he, for the ride. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. like, just give me my social security. So it's it basically breaks up Americana in like all these different kind of things. Right. And my then God, you there's put, so many levels to this movie suddenly. Yeah, I'm 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 actually I'm now seeing it. Well, this is, well <laughs> the language there, at there. that time was like you had like I was saying like the the war Nixon. Yeah, it's one of the most you complex had the times ability in and money to say something. Right. You weren't going to say something like, "Hey, I think we should make a movie about you know this battleship going off, you know, right. uh, midway or something." Right. They were yeah. going for super amount of okay. message. But oh, hold on a second. By the time he gets to the deer hunter, that's where his message comes in. The Americana message. Right. Okay. Right. But I want to go back to Mike because you said you wanted to talk about the death scene. 
Okay. In the, and when he dumps the, dumps the guy out of the quickly, um, quickly, how long has it been? Forty minutes? It's about thirty-five minutes now. Uh, we've been an hour and thirty-six. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we actually, we're doing, we're doing See, I told good. you this was going quick. Man. Actually, like, we're, we're, we're almost this is, done. This is another quick. half an hour. We're going to finish the plot. Yeah. That's what's going to happen. No. And you're going to be amazed. If, if we uh, if we do this in under three hours, I'd this be amazed. It. But okay, so guy gets hoisted out of the back of the car. So, Kennedy's so, like, the, yeah, and you watch him die. Right. Yeah. So what was the thing that you were going to talk about at that death scene? Well, I think I think the thing that caught me by that was. First of all, not understanding, and a lot of it we've kind of covered to some degree, the George Kennedy aspect of what this guy is. And, right. and now this kind of, in my mind, it definitely illuminates the fact that this is just a guy that is, he just will cast away anything that's not beneficial to him. Right. Like that's right. He's, he's selfish. He's like, well, you're going to die anyway, which is kind of like the mentality that, that would lead you to send boys to war. Yeah, that's exactly, right. Exactly so. Exactly right. so. You're going to die anyway. It's fine. Matter. Just in service just of me. And then after that, why, should, why should I get killed? And then he yeah, turns, and then he turns against everyone yep. for yep. personal interest. And, to, a, to an irrational degree where even Clint Eastwood says, what the fuck are you doing? This is insane. Yeah, because like, like, he, he blows all, up. He just yeah, explodes. Yeah, which I guess, and I, I wasn't around during that period of like Vietnam or whatever, or the, the, the zeitgeist culturally, but mm. I can imagine that kind of it must have been what it felt like when everyone started to back out of the war, or not back out of the war, but the, the more that the war went on, it was kind of like, this is nuts. Why are we doing this? What's, yeah. What the fuck is going on? Yeah, yeah, Why yeah, are we exactly. doing this? Why are we yeah. doing this? Right. So, so it was a, it was incre- and then it basically comes down to the, like the, the three of them. So you've got uh, George Kennedy, Red, and 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 uh, 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 Jeff Bridges and Clint Eastwood are sitting there and they're having a fight. Well, this well actually well this is actually this is even more integral. But for, I have another question. What was the name of the the full guy, the guy that dies? What's his character's his name? His name is Goody. Yeah, Goody. Goody is, Goody. A, Goody is oh, the character. Jesus, mm-hmm. thematic as fuck. Okay, yeah. and and he's uh, and he's fan- and he's a goody boy. He's like yeah, he's, absolutely. He, he just he wants is, to, he's uh, slow voltage. Yeah. Yeah. He is he was low voltage, but his character and his face, his acting is. He was like Lenny oh, from, from Lenny from what is it? A mice and Men. Yeah, like it was totally him and George Kenny was like a mice and men. Where he was like, he's he's violent. But what do I do now, Red? What do I do now, Red? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's all he does. But he's a good driver. He's a good driver. That was the thing about him, right? But there's there's a that. The, the point you mentioned about the fight that happens after he after he casts away this this dead weight that he assumes is of no benefit to himself. Right. Red then stops, makes him stop the car. But at that point, and here's where there might be a Vietnam reference here, he then basically stomps on the head of the young man until yeah. yes. he's basically fucking he's doomed to he, die. I mean, he kills and him in that scene. And he's, we don't he know. Killed, he, he kills him. him. He yeah. gives okay. him and he gives him brain damage. And right, this right. kind well, of ties we in. We don't know that yet. Yeah. No, we, which is a, which is a very important part to me because I had to watch it twice to figure out where that actually yeah. happened. Yeah, yeah. But basically, there they, the three of them get into a fight. Yeah. Uh, and, and well, be, it's be, not a fight though, is it? It's, it's just at gunpoint, he beats the shit out of him. He beats the shit, <laughs> yeah, exactly. he beats the shit out. So Red beats the shit out of him and then uh, tells him to get out of the car because he basically wants to take whatever is in the car and leave, mm. right? And he beats them with a gun, but he beats Jeff Bridges pretty hard. Yeah. Although not in the sense that you notice anything. That was a thing that was like I had to watch it twice to realize yeah. that that was a pinnacle moment. Yeah, because yeah. he because he like, kicks him in the head. Yeah, because yeah. he, he kicks him in the body a couple of times, and then he kicks him in the head once, and then he kicks him in the head a second just time, just to do it, just yeah. to be sadistic, just out, spite. Yeah. just out of spite. And he's youthful; he has everything that he doesn't have. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And right. he does it, and it's the same that he represents. The system or something else during yeah, that time. At which point the plot keeps going, right? Yeah. So you're still you're still in the full action sequence, right? And then Red gets in the car and just barrels through 
Again, another fantastic chase sequence mm-hmm. as he's going through yeah, and evading all the cops, mm-hmm. right? And and shooting. There's there's uh, uh, motorcycle cops trying to shoot him, and he's shooting after motorcycle cops, puts them down. Motorcycle cops are flying and sliding all over the road, mm-hmm. runs into a bunch of police cars. And, of course, the big irony is he ends up crashing into the department store that he worked at. Yep. With the dogs that kill him. That were primed to, to that were explained earlier as basically right. mauling people. And he is eaten by a dog. He's eaten which by is a dog. Awesome. Right. <laughs> so he die he dies not through a bullet, but by a dog. Yeah. And, and by the dog the way, is dragging him around by the neck. When he is dragging him around, <laughs> the guy that comes to the door who's like a chief of police yeah. right. is like the most movie-like looking well, guy. Jesus Christ as well. He said, yeah, yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah. yeah and fam- so the thing is, yeah, yeah. he's so out of – everybody in the picture is drifter or people who are just America part of that, but they're not – there's no prominence to them in a right. sense. And then all of a sudden, this guy looks like he's like, I'm the mayor of the town. Right. And he's the only one that looks very Hollywoody kind right. of the way he comes in and says that line. Yeah. And it's just – it was really odd. I don't know if he cast it that way or it just came you're across right. that. I, I see what you're saying. I yeah. see what you're saying. Because he was the only Hollywood moment is when they all looked in the window at him getting eaten. So right. now you're at a point where basically the two bad guys, which are Goody and Red, right? Dead. Are dead. And now you go back to Thunderbolt and Lightfoot. And they're in the middle of a field somewhere, and they're trying to like they don't have no car, they have nothing, they got to figure out to do. No, no, they, like when Eastwood picks him up, like he, it's clear that that Bridges is pretty fucked up by getting kicked in the head initially. Initially, right? he got, he's just like, he whoa, I'm well, dizzy. Well, 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 and he's still yeah. in drag, right? He's still, still in, drag. in drag, and they're like, and then he's like, oh, how are you doing? How are you doing, kid? And he's like, oh, I'm really dizzy. Right. At which point he's like, he's like, I gotta get some clothes. And he goes, Well, we'll goodies, goodies back there. He goes, it's like, dead clothes off clothes. a dead man. Yeah, he's like, yeah. he's like, yeah. And so they go with that, right? Right. Um, then anyway, so the the point is they're kind of wandering through clearly, not actually not so clearly, subtly. Uh, Jeff Bridges is stumbling, right? Yeah, stumbling, and they're going through it. Yeah. And then, and to any modern audience, it's just going to look like. Well, I mean, the guy got beat up; he's stumbling. Yeah, because in most films, right. you get beat Sweet up, parts, yeah. and they're like. And I think that's also how basically it played back then, right? Um, yeah. And then, the next shot is they're in the back of a old, old pickup truck. Yep. Right. And getting a ride. Getting a ride, mm-hmm. and the guy says, "Well." You know, this is your stop unless you want to go to Warsaw. Unless you want to go to Warsaw, right? Warsaw. I feel like there's something there, right? There's something about Warsaw. I couldn't figure it out myself. Warsaw, Poland. Yeah, right. I know. There's got to be something about Warsaw because they keep ending up back at Warsaw. Because Warsaw, okay, just so people know, the schoolhouse is in a town called Warsaw, which I believe is in Utah. No, no, Idaho. 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 Is it a real place? I don't no, know if it's a real know. place, or but they're, 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 they're right, they're they're said Idaho. So they're either like in Montana and Idaho area. So they're in the Idaho, Montana, Yellowstone area, right? Yeah. Like that kind of area. So they're in this, which is to people who don't know uh, United States, it's like one of the most remote areas and one of the most beautiful and areas. And one of the most it. stunningly beautiful. Stunningly yeah. beautifully places in the world so it was like unless you want to go to warsaw this is your stop so they're literally in a on a highway like exit yep with nothing around 
and they're just sort of wandering through a field. Um, and Jeff Bridges is wearing a dead man's clothes, mm-hmm. and he – Which is symbolic. Which is symbolic. <laughs> Symbol. Right? And he is – looks – if unless you've seen this movie, he looks like he's okay, but yep. he's – it's those little tweaks that little tweaks. When you're, yeah, when you're I saw it as a young, young feeling his arms. I saw it as a young kid. It just yeah. it blew me away because right. you could tell that Something's there was wrong. something wrong. Yeah, it wasn't like I'm shot. It was it, like he was twitching from the medical the, point of view. Not that I actually have a medical point of view, but what is actually happening to him during the sequence is his brain is swelling. Yeah, uh, and he's got an aneurysm. Yeah, and, well, it's not. It's not even that. Like his brain is just going to swell until. The, it chokes off all the blood in his brain and he dies. Right. And uh, when you have a, uh, a massive uh, uh, hemorrhage, head, yeah, like he- head injury the way that you do, like it's going to seem re- – it can seem relatively like, yo, like you're getting better. Everything seems like it's all right. It's just the little tiny cues that Bridges right. gives off that are so subtle, so mm-hmm. amazingly subtle. He, uh, the but acting they're clear is, as day once the you know the acting, ending. Yeah. Once, you, once you've seen it the second time yeah, or third time, like, you realize, oh, like, God, oh. It's fucking over. Yeah, yeah. It's very disturbing, yeah. actually, to see it. And so <sighs> poignant, right? Oh, God, so, yeah. so, But the thing that's amazing is, like, okay, they're just basically, like, well, we're at this fucking nowhere right. and just wandering through a wheat field, which is where they first met, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Symmetrical. Just yeah. Symmetrical. Just a quick yeah. thing, too. Yeah. What was the um, psalm that he was reading? Oh, I don't know. And the relationship oh, right. when you see him drive off. Right. That's a good I question. I forgot to – so he was reading something from the Bible. Right. He was. He was talking he was about reading, the shepherd and, and, and the thing. And, 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 and then oh, you, the, the, repeat, the repeated thing. He says the, 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 lamb, the, the lamb lies right. with, with the, something with and the, the, the leopard lies with the kid. With, with and the then when you see – The leopard lies with the kid. At the end, yeah. him driving off, how yeah. is that in relation to his – There's a lot of relationship. And also actually if you – I was trying to uh, l- listen to the, uh, the the song that they sing at the beginning as they're – Paul they're, Williams. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had the subtitles on actually during that. Yeah. Interesting. So it was actually – there's actually a relationship to all of that yeah. if you really want to get into it, which is great because we should because that's what we do. Anyway. We're almost there. We're almost there. So as they're wandering through the field, suddenly they're just come over this crest, which is beautiful. And mm-hmm. then Cleese was like, I can't fucking believe it. After all this time – we we lost like they had nothing right. Yep. They're just sort of in this truck and they're like, uh, "There's That's the, the schoolhouse, school. yeah. the fucking the schoolhouse, school. the one room school, and it's basically like a tourist yep. spot, right? Mm. There's a plaque. It's, a, it's, well, a, it's historical. It's yeah. a historical site. Yes, okay. it's a historical site, but it's very Americana yeah. in a sense of like people on a road trip as tourists and they're like." Oh, rest stop here and learn about the largest ball right. of yarn or right. whatever else. This is, is what going. schoolhouses used to look like. This is what schoolhouses right. looked like. Yeah. like it's like it ties yeah. into the progress comments, yes, exactly. right? Um, it's exactly. like it's the it's the history part, right? Yeah. America so, itself has been put into a museum of America, right? And Clint Eastwood is part of that history, yes. which is part of that irony, right? So right. Jeff Bridges is the modern schoolhouse, which doesn't lead to anything, right. and then. Clint Eastwood is the old school house that he's teaching the young kid about the old school house, right? right? So they go in there and they're like, do you, you know, they walk into the schoolhouse, which is now like a historic landmark. Mm-hmm. And they're met by two tourists that are there uh, that are taking pictures like, yeah. oh, my God, look at Fascinated the, ca- by the history. Oh, look at the kerosene lamps, right? sweetheart. And, and they see that like these tourists see these 
two guys, and whether or not they like they read something weird about them. By the way, one of the things I noted the most, and I know this is weird, and I don't think it's. I, I think it's very intentional. Those tourists were about the ugliest people you could find. Yeah, it's like scientific. Yeah, yeah, no. The, like, like, like literally, I think they, 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 like that. That's comment on what America has become. The woman <laughs> could not be yeah, portrayed yeah. as the most ugly person. Yes. Yeah. Around and, the, and, and he was and he was and he was the most terrified and, and weak as yeah. well. Yes, and yes. The, and he was are, a coward, a massive and coward. And, and she was embarrassed. She was right. humiliated by him. She was like, "You've got no strength." He's, he's before he's even been. There's no act of intimidation at all, and he's already nothing. handing over everything. Right. But everybody's right. the opposite. Opposite. All they did Everyone's the opposite of what to, we perceive. Yeah, yeah. Right. So just just so people know, it's like they walk in, they're like. Oh shit! This is a schoolhouse, and then they're looking at these two tourists. And oh yeah! Like, oh no! Actually, there's one more important plot point: is that the the money is perceived to be stored behind the blackboard, right? Which they are taking photos of at the front, so they right. know that they know that the money, if it's still existing, is behind that blackboard, right? And these two people are taking. Thank photos. Thank you. Sorry, we've actually I don't think we mentioned that, right? Yeah. So so they know that the money is secretly hidden inside the schoolhouse, and the whole point is like the schoolhouse. Which was on the site at Warsaw is left and is like I don't know what happened to the schoolhouse. So someone oddly find the money, whatever. But no, the schoolhouse itself, which is physically moved to a new location, that included the whole uh, 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 the the whole construction itself. Yeah. By the way, this is actually a true thing. People, they do move buildings. They do move entire mm-hmm. buildings yeah. untouched. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So yep. they c- cut them out of their yep. foundation, put yep. them on yeah. a truck, move them to Roll another location, yeah, put yeah, them yeah. down. Yeah. So that is actually true. You can yeah. actually do that, especially with uh, the way that uh, buildings are constructed in the United States, which is uh, coming from an architecture background. Right. And just this is called balloon frame, ha- yeah. uh, balloon frame housing. Right. You can actually literally pick up a building because mm. it's lightweight. It's all, and, yeah. and, and it, you pick it up, you put it down somewhere more picturesque, and you set up a gift shop. Yep. Then, and and, and it's go. 100% possible. And that the, the balloon frame housing is actually very structurally good mm-hmm. if you can you know, make that happen. So right. You can't do that with a cinder block or a concrete house. Right. But you can do it with balloon mm-hmm. frame housing, which absolutely works. So they sit there and they're like, oh, crap, this house is still here. They realize, like, it looks exactly the same. Behind that blackboard could still be our money. And they walk into Mm. it, and there's two tourists that are there talking about the history of this house, which doesn't even belong there. Right. Exactly. They're talking about a history that isn't actually real. (laughs) Can I I point out a a few mythological structural concepts that might might stick with this? So one of the the most famous motifs from mythology is going into the belly of the whale to save your father. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What that means is symbolically it means that you go into the belly belly of the whale, which in this case would be the bank heist, Mm -hmm. and you retrieve the gold from the dragon, which Mm -hmm. is like the dragon in the cave that has the the gold. And the the dragon itself represents all of your unconscious that you don't face up to because you're you're too busy following your ego. Right. And I find it interesting that they go into the belly of the whale in this story and they find gold. Then they lose the gold. Yeah. But then the end of the story, they find the original gold, gold. which is concealed in the schoolhouse, which is a a symbolic reference to the church, ironically, that is Clint Eastwood's, like, Origins, effectively. Yeah, he, it's mm-hmm. almost like too. He didn't really exist, Jeff Bridges. He was almost like this angel yeah. with the hair, guiding and golden spirit. hair, guiding spirit, yeah. guiding him, and so free. And then he just, he and just, then he, and then he cries once, once he's no longer dies. needed. He he passes away, and, and but, but Clint Eastwood has found his gold. Well, now, the, well there's one point. Gets his car. 
right? The car that he wanted. Right? Jeff Bridges wants. Uh, we'll, yeah. we'll, uh, we'll get to that in a second. Okay. We'll get to that in a second. Right. So, so they're in the church. They, they, the, the, the two uh, uh, tourists are like freaked out by the whole situation. Uh, cowardly, very cowardly, right? Because these guys don't do anything threatening. No, they, they do nothing threatening. In fact, they sat down at the school pews. They yeah. sat down yeah. at the school pews and they're just looking and, and they're just two good looking guys, which is a threat to the ugly Americans, right? <laughs> well, yeah. They, well, the thing is, I mean, right. they look like real people. They look like they look like no bullshit. Like, yeah. And they're just looking the, at the, the school. The tourists are 100% bullshit. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. yeah. And so they're looking and it's like, we don't want, we, we don't want any trouble from you guys. Yeah. And then suddenly like offers him his camera out of fucking thin air, thin air. Yeah. No reason, yeah. no reason yeah. to offer that, right. that, that camera. Right. Why would they be afraid? I'll buy another one. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. That, does he say that? No, but you can, he's oh, like, yeah, yeah. It, take it. Cause it's that idea. It's like, this everything is, this is, this is buy, Yeah. He just, he, no, he just, he just is scared of violence. Disposable. Yeah. And, the, and the wife, and the wife is repulsed. Yeah. Repulsed. Him. And yeah. Just, she's just absolutely dismissive of his, she's like, what the fuck? Why are you so nervous? And these guys haven't done anything. Yeah. Right. So, exactly. Anyway, those guys leave. We then get back. This is another thing that I think is interesting. I'm actually curious, Mike, what you think about it. Um, they're now alone in a church, right? And, it's like okay, we need school to look. House. We need to look. Oh, sorry, symbolic, house. symbolic symbol. church though. Yeah. So, yeah. Symmetry beginning and end. Symmetry. So, but you're right. You're right. But it is. So yes. they're, they're, it they're, is a given that it is, and it's. It, it, it was like moved a, because it's an old. That it's almost because in the beginning they shoot the church, and at the end the symbolism that you're saying it's the schoolhouse reflects it. These, the, yeah. But they're are, all just museum pieces. Yeah. These things, right. We these disrespect things are the same. it, and right. it's a museum piece. Right. Right. There's nothing. There's no. There's nothing real about this. Right. It's and just there to. Yeah, you have a you have a so, fake preacher in the church. <laughs> so so now you have, you have the no two of them, are. and then he says, "Watch, watch the door," which is a, a beautiful. Like there's actually an amazing sequence of Jeff Bridges acting. Oh, it's uh, waiting at the door. Yep. With, when you see, when you start to see, when you realize he has brain damage, yeah, you're something like, is going oh, wrong. It's it's very hard. And, to watch. and specifically, you don't just notice that something is going wrong. You notice that he is frightened. Yeah, and yes. he's hiding it. Like yeah, he's, he's pretending he's, he's like nothing. Well, he tries to laugh it off. Every, he tries every to laugh. He off, pretends yeah. like nothing's wrong. Right. Uh, and then, uh, then he uses. This is another symbolism that the belt means something. Yeah, that's what I was saying in the beginning. Motif. Yeah. Okay, the, well, the thing so, out. I know. So let's point the out. Screw. Let's point out the motifs because there's there's the belt. Mm-hmm. There's also the, the, the I'm watch. Sorry, I'm just so, so you know, no. he right. uses the belt to unscrew the screws in the yes, blackboard. Okay. He yeah, uses yeah. the belt to yeah. correct his uh, uh, dislocated arm. Yeah. Right? That's, yeah. Right. And yeah. it looked very – it was a biblical scene. Yep. When he was doing that with that one piece of log, it's it's out of like the martyr of St. Matthew yeah. by Absolutely. Caravage. Yeah. Absolutely. Like it's very – it's just like Jesus hanging off the cross yeah. Yeah. is the way he looked yeah. from that yeah. angle. And then Jeff Bridges is looking up at him as though people looked up at Jesus on the cross. Absolutely true. Wood, leather – Crucifixion. What, what was the other? Because because there was that one. There was the belt at the end. But I swear there He's was taking an... off the belt in the um. Oh, it's in the middle. It's in the. Uh, there's a shot where he takes off the belt. When, I think it's when they, with the women. With the women. Yeah. Like and the, where the camera goes down to see this. See the belt yeah. with the women. Yeah. There was something with the women. He had took but the belt a, off. The, the 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 belt buckle. I think has a symbolism, right? Because mm-hmm. he uses the belt buckle. Is is part of this? Yeah. So he's unscrewing. Basically, he uses his belt as a screwdriver, yeah. which also, by the way, 
becomes a point because they mentioned it at the beginning of the film was like, why didn't you just swap the license plate since I didn't, didn't have, have a screwdriver. screwdriver yet at the oh, end shit. of yeah. at the end of the movie yeah, yeah. he uses his belt as, as a screwdriver. screwdriver. Yeah. Fuck yeah. It's true. It's so true. so there's actually a lot of that yep. part, right? Yep. So I actually thought about this all day. About, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. so he uses his belt as a screwdriver to unscrew the thing and they they do this and there it is. The mother load is fucking behind the thing. You know, there's one other there's one other feature and this might be looking too much into it, but I found it very interesting in the way that yeah, they, they un- unpacked that scene. They made a very clear point in the but editing that he goes to four points. Yeah, that's they, right. That's they right. don't. They don't just do an editing the way. You, oh yeah, Sherman, Sherman. And then, and then he has done it, it and then we pull it off. They, no, no. they do a sequential thing where it's one bottom right, two. bottom left. Oh yeah, yeah. top exactly. left, top right. Oh, oh, As in the four oh, points oh, of the also, cross. Yes, yes but yes. but more importantly, he never actually. I, I I remember this because he, he never actually completely unscrews the last one. He does it. No, he says. He says, he says. I'm holding. He says. I'm holding it. Pull just, it out. Just. J- it's there. Yeah, we just gotta un- right. pull the last. But the one bags out. with the, the money in there. The bags were Sorry still there too. Yeah. So, so usually in heists, it's like you know they throw them in their own bags right, or something. Right, right. The money was there. The money looked like firecrackers. The red. Yeah, they're and, like sealed cubes. Yeah, yeah right. and then the bags are in the bottom. Yeah, yeah. Right. Stuck into the wall with right, them. Right. Um, and I was like, how convenient. Yeah, but, it's great. I, and, it's great. And, but just the way they thought when they hit it, right? Like we're gonna come back and get this stuff. This is what we're gonna do. And now I, yeah. I want to throw in them. This is this is just me supposing. I would like you to, like you guys to chime in on this. The this uh, schoolhouse is uh, is America or now artificial America, right? Sure. Like what it was we, the frontier schoolhouse? It says on the thing right. in 1841. So this is this it is says like that the frontier. The frontier. Yeah, it yeah. says that yeah, it says on the, the red plaque. sign that yeah. when yeah. they're walking up and they're going, it it's says written in, you know, etched out. It says in 1841, this was the pilg- the first settlers used this as a schoolhouse. Right. And so this is this schoolhouse is essentially uh, what what is left of America, right? What is, what is, what America is about? Or America, they American, taught, it's American values. Taught, it's American values. American values. Like, they this is taught. In they taught uh, it was school, but Sunday school, so it was church. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. same uh, thing. So, so church, it's essentially so they, they, a, a the church. Symmetry of that, yeah. I totally agree with you, Mike. Like the, the symmetry of like church, school are are mirror images of each other yeah. in the movie. The, the we are in this place that has been rededicated as a landmark to show that this is symbolic of America, of it, of 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 what we have as Americans, the history. Of, this is what America is about. Yeah. You're in a school room. Right. And where do you like what is what is the point of being in a schoolroom? It's to learn what we learn. What is America all about? We're going to find out at the blackboard what America is all about. What is it? Money. Money. E- money stolen. Oh shit! <laughs> stolen money. Yeah. Stolen Whether you have credit card, credit, credit card, behind the, card, behind the, behind behind the church, there's, behind there's the school, also, the people with money though are using money. credit cards. Right. There's also yeah, no, they, yeah, fuck, they were using credit, credit cards. Credit cards. They're using the real cash. System. The only way to but get real cash is yeah. to steal it. There's something else as well, which I can't quite put my finger on, Especially but it seems the, to make the, the sense. The gas man. The gas man, which he's and he's serving up fucking gas. Like I mean, the fucking absolute spine of the American economy at that point. Well, that's what America. That's what America. And, 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 and they're using a fucking spine of credit cards. Yeah, exactly. Which one? Rejecting exactly. every every the, single one. But there's yeah. there's another the gas component. Gas man is such an important there's, scene. There yeah. is. And then there's the also, gas man there's mirrors also, the crazy guy with the bunnies. Let's talk about recurring <laughs> symmetry here because there's also a point where Goody and it's there's no fucking plot point to it at all. 
at all. There's no reason for that scene to exist. Is that later on when Goody is on his way to pick up Jeff Bridges, who's dressed as a transvestite, yes, while coming out of that alley. building, he goes to a gas station and asks him to fill up with with a specific type of gas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's no fucking reason. He yeah. just he fills up on gas and then he leaves. Yep. You it's just, like you literally don't need the scene right. at all. Right. It's got no plot integrity at all. But it, but but it, it does say But it something. mirrors the, right. the original exactly. scene where they turned up to, to yeah. speak to the gas man. It's but in exactly I, the same yeah, setup exactly. as well. But exactly could it true. also be because they were in such a, a structured timeline and you always went in on the clocks just to show everyone's habit or what I they needed to do? Well, because the, maybe, the, maybe. Fact, the fact that it is – this is what I was trying to say earlier is that like – the, like the the when you have uh like something as seemingly random as this movie is yeah right there's, there's an underlying reason the, the what you are actually what actually what you are actually seeing is the meaning of the film like the meaning of the film is just laid out for you and it, like you go oh that's random and you go oh wait that's not fucking random at all okay can we can we can we pick out with that in mind can we pick out the most random plot uh defying feature of mm-hmm. that entire heist because I think it's really important, unless mm-hmm. I've missed something, I think it's massively yeah. important, is when a part of the plot structure is that before they've even gone on the heist, Clint Eastwood goes in and then basically opens up a vent to get into the bathroom of a bar yeah, so yeah. that Jeff Bridges can go into the bathroom of the bar, change into his transvestite gear, and then climb back out of that grill yes. and then go down to an alleyway so there's there's literally zero reason why right. he needs to get changed as a transvestite even, in the bar in of the, a pool bar exactly, in the, the toilet exactly. of a pool bar. In fact, Jeff Bridges even goes into that toilet and is disgusted by the smell. Yeah, and he's he's repulsed why by why he's there before? in the right. first place. Exactly. So they go in to a place they never they need even to break actually into. Call it out in the movie. Yeah, it's the, unnecessary. The end, and he the, said all of this for nothing. Like yeah, what the fuck? Exactly. I don't, exactly. He doesn't even need to do that. He could have just rocked up out of the car and gone to that guy at the TransUnion right. station and, and seduced him. But instead he has to climb up a fucking alleyway uh, fire dude, escape, dude, this whole, this, climb into a all thing, this go into a toilet. Right. Yep. And then, well, I, think, I think that is the key itself. Like, th- wh- like all of this nonsense, for what? Like what's the fucking point? Like, they're, like, they're, like they're pointing, they say it. They, they say it out loud. Like what was the point? Of, what? All of this for nothing? All of this for nothing? Yeah, like they show you all this detail yeah. about doing something that is ultimately meaningless. Yeah, you know, right. I think that's that's like the, the heart Vietnam of that war. Yeah, totally. yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, this is, and the, exactly. Going to we that, do can, we, can, we, can we go to that again? Because yeah. the Vietnam War thing. Because I think I think I think you've nailed it. Because there's another thing, the symmetry that happens between the church and the school, uh, the one room schoolhouse. Something I found curious about the layout, the, or the 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 architecture of the scenes at the beginning and at the end, is that at the beginning, red comes in through the door. And then shoots at the priest, mm-hmm. and then he runs away. Like he, the, the the back of the room gets shot up to pieces, yeah, right. which is where the blackboard is in the old right. in the the one full room of light schoolhouse. Right. And he runs away into the full into of the, light, into right. the field. But wait, but but then when they go back, uh, the priest, the now completely uh, what's the word? He's given up his priesthood. Right. Tells tells the kid to watch the door that the red came through at the beginning. And if you say red is somehow representative of this kind of rigid, yeah, you know. You reference red is the ultimate fucking figure of communism in the 70s. Yeah. Right. Red yeah, right. coming, the through, red the church, the red <laughs> coming through the church. The red scare is coming through the church doorway and yeah, shooting right, up Christianity. Right. And at the right. end, he asked the kid to look out the door and look, and protect. And the kid is yeah. dying. And Clint Eastwood's a fairly conservative guy, so right. I can't... He's I can't. Ki- the thing no, he's, also... Yeah, he's very aware of these things. Yeah. Yeah. If yeah. you look yeah. at that symmetry, it's like it was... The car comes around in the beginning and it's golden. The light... Yeah. At the end, they're on the shadows. The schoolhouse is on the shadow side of yeah. this mountain. It's the end of the day, baby. It's dark. It's the end of the day for it's, America. There's a darkness. You yeah. see light through the window when Jeff Bridges is kind of there. 
but it's on the other side of the street. It's far yeah, away. It's a, like because this is at this, at this moment in the movie, the last part of the movie. Okay, like, hold on. They, hold on. This is the, we're gliding down into the, the so, finale. So, so, so they they they're at the point, right? I'm, they're they get the money the, from take, behind. No, no, no. More important, they're taking the blackboard off the mirror. You mentioned the four points that they took it, and the, the last the one is like the, the, la- the last one is like the screws are like Clint Eastwood is smart enough. Is like I'm leaving the last few screws connected so, so that can we can just up. pull the whole right. thing out. At which and Jeff point, Bridges. Jeff Bridges drops it and goes, my hand just suddenly Sorry, went my hand just went just My arm went numb. numb. My hand's numb. But then they see all the money and it's like – They get distracted by They it. get distracted and then his hands start working again, by the way, which is strange. But they, they, they pull all the money out. Earlier in the movie, uh, back at like act – you know, end of act one or two, Jeff Bridges says, my dream is just to go – to get enough money – to go out into a store and just buy in cash a Fuck. white Cadillac yeah. in, in cash. cash. That's what he did, though. I know. But Which it was, he, it was, it like, was his like, gift to him, though, in a way. Exactly. Right. So he's a, with red seats. And so they get all this cash, and he realized, like, oh shit, they found the money. Yeah. And then the next shot is literally Clint Eastwood driving out of a dealership with a white convertible Cadillac. Yeah. With red seats. With yeah. red seats. Yeah. American and dream. American dream, right? Mm-hmm. And then he picks up Jeff Bridges, who is sitting by the side of a highway. Right. He, can't, he can no longer That's stand. That's such a random position because he could have yeah. just been with him buying the car. That's such a random like, – Well, because he clearly – he's just like, no, no, you go – like, like this, I can imagine the discussion is like, let's go do this. And he's like, I just got to sit down. Yeah, just for a little bit. You got you go do that and pick me up. I want to know what sign he's sitting against because I I, I realized yeah, I, didn't, right. I didn't register right. what sign he's leaning against. But he but he is he clearly is, not he's doing. Fucked he's fucked up. Like he tries to stand up and he hit, like he has to stand but up. And this, he this, and he's this, delirious. This, this, this slow death scene is yeah. like might as well be an opera. Like yeah, it yeah. is a fucking long death scene. Yeah, yeah. And, and gets in the car. He gets in a car and he. Uh, the acting is superb. He yeah, looks phenomenal. His his left eye is fucking droopy as shit, and he's like he only talks from one side of his mouth. Right, yeah, slurring really words. He's slurring words, and he is happy as can be because he feels that his life has purpose. He, he said, he, "We have purpose. We made it. He's, we yeah. did all right. We did <laughs> we all right. We yeah, are like, not. We are not." He pulls out a cigar. Right, he with one hand he pulls out a cigar and gives him to Clint Eastwood. Right, and he's like, I've been saving him for a right. special occasion. Right, and and he says, you know, like I I don't like essentially I don't I don't feel like we're we're bad guys. I feel like we we did something. we accomplished something. Yeah, to right? be proud of. I yeah. feel like a hero. Right, right, and, and he says hero. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I feel like kind of like a hero. Mm-hmm. Right, and you can see that he is on the way out. Like in Eastwood can see it also, but can barely say. Well, there's a there's a curious a curious feature of that was that I felt like they intentionally made Eastwood look slightly naive to the because yeah. he's clearly You're- pegging onto it. But I was sitting there going. Dude, this is clearly inevitable. If if you knew what I knew, you'd stop the car right now right, and right. fucking try and help this guy. But I just don't think he's registered yet. Right. You know? Well, because like he's looking at it like he's. I mean, he's like I think he's but looking. That would at it like, be asking for help. Yeah, in a way, this and is, like, they he's live not, on he's the periphery. Something to himself. They they live on the peripheral as well. Right. Never once did you see them. You know, they get paid. 
but you see them just bringing the money back. It's like for him to go to the hospital, I think the reason why they separated Dubai is because they were involved in the heist. And if you're seen together, there's a greater chance that somebody would, you know. No, but I think there's a, there's got to be a symbolic reason for that, right? Because this guy's clearly working in symbolism because so many Absolutely. of the scenes have no logic. In, they have no internal consistency. Because the I I, I yeah. really because I think that he I does think, not want to admit. I think that Eastwood doesn't want to admit. Like he's looking at him saying, like in his mind, he's thinking, but but they, this the the angel can't die. That doesn't make any sense. Like what he's what he like his like clearly what is happening you gotta, is 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 very visible. There's got to be a way. There's a Fight Club thing going on here as well. There's, parallel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a yeah. thing though. It's like you got to also realize that Clint Eastwood. I had read that he was not. He was kind of like man. He got more. Uh, attention than me because he got nominated and he oh, won. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He'd say, yeah. Clint didn't, and so he was kind of like, "What the?" Because yeah, he felt like he, he, yeah, he felt his performance was really strong, which it was, but he didn't get recognized for it. And since he was the star, and Jeff Bridges was a young actor, you know, there could have been these permutations during shooting where it's just like, you know, what I'm gonna, I'm just gonna pull up on this one, or. I'll let you pull away with right. this. There, right. So there was a balance because he's a young actor with a Hollywood star. And he was obviously – he gave the – he was so going to direct Richard it. was not as well known at that point. He wasn't. But what I'm it, saying, Clint Eastwood to, to him because Clint was going to direct this. Right. Mm-hmm. And he handed it to so you Chimino. That, so you think there's like a parallel – well, what I'm saying is, is that you were talking about unevenness in some of the stuff where he was he was uh, like oblivious to things or he let him pull the scene. He could very well have, I'm just saying, maybe let him pull that. It was his death scene, pull it a little bit more. So he pulled his character back a little mm, bit. Well, so, yes. And, uh, so, and But Chimino, quickly, he would say to Chimino, that's it. We have it. Right. On set. I, right. I, so, like, I, and I he's like, okay, to, we got to it. To your point. So I think, he like, kind of controlled like, Chimino. I think like, what, what you're saying points out something incredibly interesting about this movie is that i really love eastwood in that scene when he's not seeing what's happening the ambiguity is the ambiguity is tremendous and i think what you just pointed out is what is like is what you just pointed out is that the fact that eastwood himself was like fucking jeff bridges stole this movie from me right it's (laughs) happening for him as an actor in that scene yeah right so the entire movie the meaning of the movie is happening to Eastwood, he is old America, and he is losing to, to Jeff Bridges. To Jeff Bridges. Force. Yeah. Right. Like, Jeff Bridges is walking away with the movie and, like, America's heart and everything right in front of his fucking face while they're doing the scene. That is also what the movie is for Clint Eastwood's character, but it's happening to Clint Do Eastwood in the movie, where- in, that, in that sequence. And that is why, like, I mean, the the all the props in the world to Jeff Bridges in that scene. He's the reason why it's happening. But it's, it's the reason why the acting. scene, the reason why the scene oh, yeah. works, is at this sort of a meta moment of Eastwood is looking at him like going, "Oh fuck, I lost! Like I'm out. I lost the Oscar. <laughs> I lost. I'm the, out. Yeah. I'm watching this happen. The car crash. Do is you happening think to me he right did now. this too? Also, because he was going to direct it, then he said. You directed Chimino, but look at the roles that he was doing from 65 up to 73 or 74 when they made this. It's like macho shit. You yeah. know, it's like the, this is the Clint end of that for him. That's, and it's almost a, like a, he said, you know what? Instead of me directing, I'm just saying, I'm, a, I'm a, mm-hmm. and me directing me trying to shed that fucking character, let you direct me and let's have him play 
a, a basically a conglomerate of all the shitty what people thought Hold I was. Up. Are you saying this is a passing the baton situation? No, 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 no. Like, what I'm, oh, for, hold on, for, for, for Chimino, yes, no, for Chimino. Not for Chimino. What I'm saying is Clint Eastwood's roles were so um, forceful and yeah, man, manly, manly yeah. and gunfighter, or he was a Republican cop in all right. the Clint Eastwood movies. Magnum Force. Magnum Force. So here it's like you do this road movie with Chimino, and it's like, you know what? I – it's almost he acted like he was defeated and lost a little bit. Yeah. So okay, he's trying well, to shed okay, maybe. Well let's, well, let's shed some of that what he was let's, portraying. Let's take, this, let's take this this theory and look at the trajectories. You're looking at the the trajectory before this film and then it's after. So when you look at towards like Gran Torino and well, uh, Unforgiven is like Unforgiven, actually Unforgiven, the best example. Oh, fuck, of this. Yeah, because Unforgiven he does he does exactly he does this exactly and on purpose. It's like I'm going to re- I'm going to make a story that relives my older westerns. As and reinterpret them. and re and to and to change the meaning of all of them. Yeah. But if you, you know? look at like Magnum Force and all those movies, there's there's violence, obviously, but he plays almost it's almost comic like. Yeah, no, he's I mean, like, yeah, I mean? he's a character. Like, sure. so, he's a yeah, single dimensional so character. Could it have been a way for him to say, I'm just that? trying to strip some of that yeah, off of me? Yes, absolutely. And I like, play defeated and right. I just kind of He loses everything in that last scene. He but, loses everything. He loses all of his Clint Eastwoodness is lost to Jeff Bridges in that scene. Oh, I, I don't know. I don't know. Oh, okay. Well, I, I, I kind of – depending he, like, on how we look at this, and this well, is a big he, thing. He's like, like everything that is uh, uh, young, energetic, everything – Dynamic. That, dynamic. Yeah. Yeah, right. not static, Dies. which is what the old old guard is. They're, like, they're static. Exactly. Everything that Clint, like Clint Eastwood, lo- like, and I think this, Chimino was aware of this. This is what I think, is that Chimino is aware that this sequence is, like you said, a pass the baton moment uh, between this kind of character to this kind of character. Right? This kind of acting to this kind of acting, because like the kind of oh, her- okay, okay. Well, let's 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 take it back inside the film mm-hmm. uh, as a non-meta con- uh, sure yeah, as a, a non-meta content. One of the things that I find interesting about the symmetry of the movie is that that Clint Eastwood is this static priest-like figure that is right. preaching the rules to right. people, right. but he's clearly not completely convinced, and he's clearly hiding from his own from himself. Right? Yeah. Then he runs out into the wheat field. Where the person that's chasing him, which let's for the sake of dramatic intent call it his his own inner demons. Yep, absolutely. His his unresolved issues. Mm-hmm. He was the electronics expert, by the way. Oh no shit. Yeah, he was the electron the guy that he that's hit. Right, that's right. He was that's the electronics. Right. That's why they had to so, go analog on on, on the right. heist. So they right, so they right. run out. They run out, and then this young kid in a Trans Am, which is the ultimate symbol, which about is being a warrior, but, but it's also the ultimate symbol of youth in America. The, the Trans Am yeah. is is your your symbol oh, yeah. of youthfulness, right? Yeah. That's yeah. the beginning of the film, and by the end of the film, they're driving in this more mature American dream concept of, right. of the also the the He stole the car, saying it, he, with a bum leg, pretending he was a Vietnam vet. He was pretending, vet. and he was saying he had a wooden leg. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and so the guy's leg. perception okay. was like, "This so guy's a war hero." So let's assume, so let's assume only, symbolically only, that they are the same character, and mm-hmm. this is simply much like uh, Tyler Durden yep. encourages Edward Norton to fight. You end up realizing that he's he's actually a component of himself. Not only that, but the car itself he says it's like brand new because it was repossessed repossessed yes yes, yes, yes right. fuck repossessed. me repossessed, repossessed. right yeah. so the exactly. whole thing is like yeah. debt yeah. And, yeah. and 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 the fact yes. that you can't afford and the by things you and buy. by the end of the film he buys a whole new american dream and it's it's the kind of the elder cash. the whole elder life. version with cash yeah. but there's there's also a, your classic mythological motif of going through a stage of life that it's almost like clint eastwood has has basically 
internalized a lot of his past, come to terms with it, and now progressed forward. And that younger version of him dies at that point. I, yeah, so I, it's almost like right. the integration, right? So, like, in the same way that you I, kill Tyler Durden, right? You know. Well, the thing is, that, um, for me, the, I feel like the difference between Fight Club and this is that I, I completely agree that these are basically mirror characters. Same premise, right? yeah. Um, that uh, that Clint Eastwood is uh, the, like the one who dies in that in the ending scene is Clint Eastwood. Is is that is how I feel about it? Because like he achieves his the symbol of like. Jeff Bridges is his youthful self, right? And uh, and Jeff Bridges' young dream is to have this car. The car that he wants is out of period for who Jeff Bridges is physically in the movie. Mm-hmm. Jeff Bridges is Trans Am, right? But the car that he says that, he, that like this is the classic old American car that when Clint Eastwood was his age was the car that Clint Eastwood probably would have wanted. Right. That's where they mirror. This is like, this is the young you. You want this. Right. Here's your car, Clint Eastwood. And they only good. connect in the fact that they're both right. white. Well, that the, 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 this, uh, like, they've both got red interiors as well. That's true. That's and the, true, but the, yes. like the thing is that like when, when they are, when they are two independent characters, when, um, when Jeff Bridges is his own character, he's driving a Trans Am. That's modern. Right. Right. right? Uh, Clint Eastwood, when Clint Eastwood was, uh, Jeff Bridges' age. Right. He um, wanted a Cadillac. He the the car he would have wanted would would be the car that he actually ends up driving in the end. Yeah. So it's almost like what you would have what you would have projected as a young man. You would have wanted that right. back in the day. Yeah, back in the day. So he has achieved that. Like he has achieved the American dream for himself. That's what Jeff Bridges wanted. This is what I'm saying. Yeah, Jeff Bridges is young him. Yeah. Right? So like he has achieved the American dream, and it's empty. Yeah. It's gone. Yeah. yeah. It's dead. It's dead. Yeah. Right. Clint Eastwood is left is alone. Like the best, most. And he the doesn't most, throw the body out of the car. No, it, it like they're driving along. He's dead. Like he is Whereas dead Red in the car. Dead. Carrying this right? guy. Yeah, and yeah. he is like Clint Eastwood, the best, most energetic, youthful and loving part of himself. The thing that actually meant something that really was America. Yeah. Is gone. Everything is gone. The first ex- in an external sense and then in an internal sense. And the last the last thing that happens for him is he's like he dies inside yeah yeah yeah. there's an interesting component that if you if you assume because a lot of there's a lot of theories about films that psychological theories that suggest that films represent one films have characters that represent archetypes that represent one psyche going through its own stages of development right, right? so every character in a film is actually is just, is, is is part of the same right. character specifically every character in a film is you Yes, yes, right. and all these different figures represent right. different things, and it's kind of interesting that the, the the sort of antagonist, as it were, which is this corrupt red figure, after winning all this money and running away with it, yep. he ends up dying in a department store where he can't spend any of it, yeah, and his exactly. last words are alarms, like almost ironically, right. yes, he gets mauled yes. by guard dogs, right, right, you right. know, and then Clint Eastwood ends up with this fucking amazing Cadillac that he that means nothing. It's to him. empty and useless. Yeah. It's totally useless. And this is the, and so like the the I, I I we never look up anything on this show. I had to look this up. You the, cheated. I had to cheat on this one bit. <laughs> the disgust. Okay. This is the one time I'm, I'm never so going to do this again. I'm so sorry you had a witness. I'm, I'm so disgusting. sorry. This is it, but I, but He's I feel, not like this. All right. This one time. This one time. <laughs> it's not um, my dad. You've changed Le- that. Lightfoot's last line is, you know, you know something? I don't think of us as criminals, you know? I feel we accomplished something. Yeah. A good job. I feel proud of myself, man. I feel like a hero. When he says... He says a good job. I cried so hard. I couldn't believe it. 
and it hit and it's hit me now. Like that is like, like that. It, this is like it was the. I couldn't believe how sad I got it's all at once. Really sad. Like, and it's not like it, I it's saw a this brilliant at like performance. 10, and I, I was hysterical in in Bedford. I saw it was like 10, I, nine, ten years old. It, was, it blew me away. I was like, "Oh my god!" Like, just that performance. The performance. The performance is, and he's is brain fantastic. Dead. He is. He is moments yeah. from death. I I, I th- feel like we did something. A and good he job. he is in complete denial of his health. Well, yeah, like yeah, yeah, like he's like it's like. Can you can you can you break down the the the, the significance of that one specific sentence? The, like because it's something. Um, and like first of all, I want to say like the performance is spectacular. The performance by Eastwood, I also think, is spectacular. Yeah, really he does a really the good ambiguous. job. And they but keep his gla- they keep his sunglasses, sunglasses on, on exactly. which yeah, I found important. fascinating because you can't read his eye. You can't read what he's actually expressing. And he's kinda, but he's got the, his his mouth is kind of like uh, yeah. it's that classic yeah. ambiguity. Yeah, like, yeah absolutely. Like yeah. intent and, is not clear. And the and the, and so all these things are beautiful. The reason why this all lands is not because of any of those specifics in that scene. It's because the entirety of the movie added up to that one bit. Right. Everything that we have seen lands on that one line. And when he says, uh, I feel like we did something, a, a good job, which is like, like that's an America thing to say right there. By the right? way. Right? Like, a good job. Like, everything I did was... Well I, job. All, yeah, well job. Like, all the work I did was actually worth it. Like, right. I worked my ass off. Like, this is the American dream. I worked my ass off, and now we've, we're yeah, here. If we, if we work hard, job. we get rewarded. I am a good person yes. for having done this. Right? And I feel like a hero. Did you ever think... There was a line in there um, that he said, all the great uh, race car drivers... Have blue, blue eyes. eyes. Have blue that eyes. was a nod to Paul Newman. Yeah, I felt uh, it was a nod. Right. Oh, yeah. Because Paul yeah. Newman in the early seventies started racing I didn't cars. Think about yeah. that. And old blue eyes. I, I, and I was I, like, yeah. man, I wonder if that was a way that maybe he was involved in the project. And he said, ah, oh, fuck it, I don't want to be in it. So I they wrote that go, in you just as get a, little, a more American like hero, nod hero to, to, to Paul Newman or an inside joke. I thought yeah. it was an inside yeah. joke to Paul Newman. Like Clint Eastwood and Paul Newman played a joke. I think it's both because like you can't get a more like a Paul Newman. Yeah, he is the epitome. He's absolutely because I mean, like Eastwood is hey, Guapo. Okay, Guapo. Oh boy, yeah, like, handsome, like, handsome. He, he is not handsome American. Yeah, filmmaker. absolutely. He is. He is not just like Eastwood is a certain. By the way, kind can we American. do a cut up just as promotion where you guys are just going handsome, really handsome? Oh my god, beautiful. He looks Newman. great in tight jeans. Yeah, I think mean, he's fantastic. The, not that this is gay or nothing. The, tonight I'm a like, teeny giant. Yeah, he's great. There's a theme going on with this. I'm just saying, man. We could probably. By the way, we're wearing bathrobes right now, and so I just just to get it. That this is the, this we could is, probably <laughs> cut the word gay out of every episode, and we probably have a thousand times that we say the word. Well, gay. They, like I, I, I feel like it's <laughs> not true. me. It's true, but like when we talk about like, there's lots of I mean, like you, Paul Newman is objectively the American dream. The American dream. Paul Newman Hud but was he oh, was God. cool but looking dude. There's uh, a oh, can, I, can, I, can I go off on a random trajectory please, please, just please. based yes, on what, what you do. what you just said about the the, the concept of uh, when he says we did a good job and yeah. that, that yeah, kind of yeah, hit yeah. hit a nerve. There's another film which I, I feel has these underlying themes. Have you seen Nightcrawler? Yes. Oh God, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, it's and, the horror movie version of the same. The thing. reason, the reason <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, well, the reason, the, well, the reason that came from my head is first of all because of the beginning and last lines, and I forget the last line, but the first line that the character says in that movie is while he's cutting through a fucking chain link fence. Yeah, 
to get a story. Oh no, I don't know what he's doing. He's he's he's, he's ripping off the wire. Right? He's, he's doing he's, something. Yeah, he's cutting it through to go get steel wire. So and then someone the shines a, a a light on him. Right. He, he's there in the darkness, just obviously just fucking trying to make his way, like every person is in right. America. And someone shines a light on him, and he just he just looks at him and says, "I'm lost. I'm lost. Right? I'm, I'm lost. lost. That, I mean, that's the theme of the yeah. film. He's like, yeah. I'm lost. But what's weird about that film is that it, it shows in a very unironic and very disturbing way that the problem with that character is that he's not corrupt or damaged no. he's actually doing everything that the he rule system the of america dream. he is Absolutely. following the american dream yeah. Yeah. down to a t yeah like like in, in, a, in an and it's destroying him yeah like, you, well he's he is an utterly soulless yes. vampire and, and that's what the system <laughs> encourages right exactly you know, it so reinforces like, it. in the end in the end of this movie in the end of thunderbolt and lightfoot like the uh the the need for bridges to believe that this was all worth it. Like everything was worth it mm. is so uh, heartbreaking and beautiful because the only thing that was actually worth it is that they love each other. Yeah. So that's so, literally it. So back to what Mike was saying when he says we did a good job, we're not criminals. Yeah. We are. We're not like it goes like we this. Are not we are, I don't think of us as criminals, man. Like that, uh, that we did, we really did something. A good job. I feel like a hero. Right. Right. Which All basically relate to America. He's basically telling him that the American dream can be criminal. We are criminals. <laughs> so like, I don't feel like a criminal. We are criminals, but I don't feel like one. So I actually I did a good, feel like a hero. I feel like I, I, I achieved the American dream, which is to be a criminal. Yeah, like the, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, like it's that 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 right. is the, the gas station attendant. Yeah, no, no, that's basically it's exactly, it's an Englishman. But yeah, no, that's, exactly, that's exactly what I mean to say. But this the gas station. You realize your origins, right? We're criminals. Hey, we're not Australian. The gas station. The gas station attendant pointed that out. Yes, between the guy stretching out all the credit cards and complaining about every single fucked up system, we're criminals. We're we're criminals who want to believe we're heroes. Yeah. That's what he says. Well, what's and the what's what the it, quote in the the, the the Dark Knight? It's um, you either die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. Exactly. Right. And I think I think that's the same with any culture. Yep. Is that initially they can become heroic? Yeah. There's then, the story but, we tell ourselves, but then the, and then that that story is initially correct, but yep. then it but right. then it gets reinstated in right. upon itself while it corrupts itself. Right. It becomes a schoolhouse that's been moved to some yeah. other location. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Sell shit. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. that that is a thing. That's definitely a theme. Because steal it's like, a little, they throw you in jail. Steal a lot, they make you a king. Yeah, right. Bob exactly. Dylan, yeah, uh, from Infidels. Well, well, man, yeah. I mean, like, this this is and this this gets down into like deeper philosophy. But it, it is that that issue that that every culture that 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 starts out with the righteous intention to like be fucking brilliant. Right. ends up corrupting itself well this, this, which is what right. which was what everyone in the states now feels right. they, they well, recognize that the, there's no righteousness right. to the well, morals. this is and this certainly happened so i have a i have a question that this all leads up to a question in the 70s when uh, as eric rightly pointed out like i mean this is like this is like nightmare land mm -hmm. where america is starting to realize that we aren't yeah we're not the heroes we're not the heroes yeah like we are quite clearly the villains in many situations yeah. we are dependent on on other people's uh suffering for our good living um we are suffering ourselves and trying to paper it over with all sorts of like you know uh accoutrements that'll keep us happy uh and uh we're trying to create an environment that's totally controlled so we can manifest this happiness 
and just not look into it at all mm. and tell ourselves the story of happiness. When they go into when, the bedroom, she's like, oh, don't be careful of my baby in the next room. Right. And they cut to it's the teenager fucking. fucking. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And so like these – like that so, all this – like in the 70s, we're coming face-to-face with the idea that we are living in an illusion. Yeah. Right. Uh, and we – so we process this through art, right? And that's why the 70s – it's great. Thank God for the studios going to shit. Yeah. Because it allowed people like Chimino, Robert Altman to come on. And okay, it's not traditional, but gorgeous filmmaking with Incredible. so much layering Incredible. that you can start in the middle of something and be like, right. wow, it absolutely keeps unfolding like an onion. Yeah. It's and beautiful. In the, the, movies like this where you have like uh, – it is such a uh, – like it's – like this is of my favorite kind of movie because like – first of all, I'm going to say flat out this is – one of the fucking saddest films I've ever seen. I don't think I've, I think there are maybe two movies that are sadder, and one of them is that's uh, not even Schindler's List, which has sort of a happy ending. Yeah, uh, like him, him. I'm like, it's like you have to get into like real, like total devastation before you get me this sad. And it's just dude, but you it, driving but away but in it, a car. But it, but it takes you by surprise. The sadness yeah, because, is the last okay, five minutes yeah, of the can movie. The, yeah, right? can we tap into? Can I? Do you mind if I detour you just oh, please, for one please, second? The reason I want to detour you is just because I'm not American. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> why are we having this conversation? Well, so surprised. Hit the button. But <laughs> Kai's mic. Uh, but what I found was that I was strangely touched by the ending. Mm-hmm. And I have to say that up until the ending, I was very much untouched. Right. Now, well, but the reason I want to want to kind of jump in at this point is because I feel like clearly what this film is really doing is it's touching upon issues of of the way the whole system works and the way you're expected to behave that, mm-hmm. that the average person that deals in modern capitalism will mm-hmm. understand. But I think it more than, more than most, it taps into the American psyche Yes, because all it's doing is reflecting back at you, right. The developmental stages of what you're supposed to believe and how you're supposed to behave. Right. And then saying, here's where it ends up. Yeah, exactly. So th- this is, uh, that we're, Hence, we're, we are, in the- I think we did a good job. I think and then did. it's like, Oh fuck. Like, yeah. Oh, God. By the way, so this, the bunny guy, Pardon me. Yeah, Sorry. that's right. Yeah, we he need was, to address but that. But hold on a second. So he was piping the exhaust into the car. Yeah, he's, he's trying to kill himself. Suicide. Kill himself. And incidentally, himself. it was the most, the most American fucking car. It was like the yeah. the butched up car with the fucking it big felt rear Mad wheels. Max, though. It was like it's it was Mad Max, yeah. but it was like it was taking all of the testosterone driven aspects yeah. of like American car culture. With was this that car. guy not like? <laughs> He very similar to Chris. I mean, there was a lot of nickels in that guy. Say, that was basically okay. So I, maybe not the car choice because well, we Chris know, drives a different the, car. We know the photo yeah. manipulation. Well, 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 Chris car does not emit any exhaust. <laughs> at yes, all. but there was something about his demeanor, <laughs> the yeah. way he and all the bunnies looked, in the backseat. Yeah. The same like, way. It's totally bizarre. Yeah. Is that nickels? Yeah, I don't know. Nickels with the bunnies. I'm sorry. I want to. Chris drove us to the to the restaurant last week. There was raccoon shit all over the car. Just yeah, just wear that in hand. So I'm leading to a question. All right. So here's the question. Okay. So. So the so this is the that's what happened in the seventies, right? Um, two part question: one, why <laughs> for two hours with Dan? Isn't why aren't uh, these movies being made in America now when we are going through similar uh, illusion destruction? And twenty four hour news. Uh, secondarily, <laughs> uh, to your point of like this is happening for a non American. I think that this is like this is also happening on a level of as you you worked on twenty forty nine right mm. my uh, I was I 
I'm not I'm not just proud to be associated with that movie. I'm proud that movie got made. Like, period. It's a bit of a miracle, yeah. Yeah, it's incredible. And the uh the the story of the story in that movie where it's like the um where this guy is living a life where everything that is presented to him as his life is manicured. Like Everything is projected at him and as a mirror back to what he thinks he wants, right? So, so much so that when he uh, discovers that he is not part of a predetermined story, he, do, he, he thinks that's a sad thing. Like, which is weird when you look at it objectively. But he, he's like, wait, everybody has the horse dream or whatever it is. You know, it's like, that's not me. You know, he's shattered by it instead of seeing that he has total freedom now, Mm. which is the real truth. Right. And I feel like the um, that the the state that we live in now, and this is everybody, you know, of all ages and across the developed world. We live in a state of having our own story and and, uh, mirrored back to us infinitely. So to the point that we don't know what real feeling or meaning is and everything is made shallower and shallower and shallower via the way that we now communicate and when you see someone when someone has this realization of like oh fuck maybe all that was useless or maybe i maybe maybe this is an illusion uh and maybe i've actually lost something important it's incredibly shattering and it's shattering the context of Jeff Bridges in the end of this movie. And it's shattering the end uh, for Ryan Gosling, um, his realization in 2049. He acts on it and turns it around, obviously, in that one. But I think that there is a sense of there is who I thought I was has been destroyed as an American or as a person that I've presented myself on social media or the institution of stars that I believed in who are now shown to be immoral, terrible people. All this kind of stuff. Like, there's, yeah. uh, there's, okay. moment of, there's image after image is destroyed and left us unto, like, to, uh, uh, to ourselves. So those, so, so those are two questions. You guys have, do you guys have any instantaneous thoughts that you want to share on that, those questions? No. There's nothing instantaneous, before. but um, <laughs> it, it meandered, but that's fine. I, no, 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 for me, I what are you talking under, about? But I definitely understand what he's trying to say, but I feel yes. like... We're at a stage okay, where so- it's too okay. You talk first, but I I feel like the history people had back then mm-hmm. compared to the history people ha- now have, it's like I feel like whatever pe- how lost they felt back then. I think the tools that we have now, like the social media and everything to keep us pacified, we're just there's more of a, a numbness because yeah of- okay so that that I mean. In- that's an interesting. It's like a drug. Because I'm think I'm I'm kind of I want these guys to ping pong absolutely just because they I don't have, have my, I don't have an answer. But they I'm didn't, they didn't about have it. that in a sense. Like, well, how do you know what they, you lost if you never well, knew what you well, had? They, As Dingen said, well, there's, so there's two. So there's two. So the two questions, and I, th- I feel like we should separate them mm-hmm. because they're, they're they're two complex, highly complex questions with highly complex potential answers. The first one was to do with the reaction to these. Similar times. The similar, the cultural kind of similarities. And the second one is to do with having your reality blasted back at you and finding out that it's fake. Right. And the the first thing that came to my mind is actually just listening to an anecdote about the concept of how your entire past can be flipped upside down by finding out that you've imagined the wrong past. So, for right. example, if you've been in a marriage for 20 years and then you find out that your, your other half the whole time was actually cheating on you. Mm-hmm. 
then you have to go back and systematically flip every single memory you Relive have your whole life and yeah. go oh actually that time where i thought we were happily on a holiday the other half was actually thinking about getting boned or right. boning right. someone else that i didn't even know about right right and, and that means you realized your but entire say, your, your shattered, shattered your identity but you were still happy at that exact moment well, so well, what does exactly, it matter but 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 at that exact moment under the illusion of the the the, the presuppositions of your right. previous like agreement with reality right. and right. now you're finding out that your agreement with, with reality was a reality false it different. was a false contract right. Yeah. Right. and then you're finding out that the contract that you have with reality has been changed without you being aware of it which means that you are turned to chaos right, right. and your meaning your sense of meaning has been removed and right. And that's the, the I guess, then that's we get That's what everybody the, in that film was, though. Well, 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 that's it, because they're all searching for their, well, when it comes to that and movie. And by the and, way, I'm not promoting religion in any way, but there was no religion in there. No, and that's right. an important thing, because generally speaking in stories, psychologically what religion represents, and if you take away the, the concept of institutionalized religion, which is very much the doctrine of rules and regulations, right that are usually pre-established to, to, to support a goal of something that's not really in the best interest of the average person. It's political. It's, it's, political. A, it's political thing. What the actual goal of religion is, is to provide you with spiritual um, guidance as an accumulation of lots of metaphorical, metaphorical stories that have been of very, very good use to a load of generations before you. Right. It's the handing of the baton on in meta metaphorical form. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that generally speaking, that's what religion is supposed to do, and the church as a symbol represents that metaphorical library of, of great biblical tales. Right. The, uh, these, these thought experiments, it's a these symbolic yes. stories. It's, yeah. a, it's, a, it's okay. an attraction right. on the side of Just, the road now. I'm going to ask you, I'm going to, I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to take your questions, mm -hmm. Dan, which is specifically trying to relate about, you know, Thunderbolt Lightfoot and relate it back to 2049 in terms of, you know, the past and, uh, and our present, et cetera. Right. I'm going to flip it and ask you a same question and think about it as the 2049 because 2049 uh, as if it was shot back when this was shot mm -hmm. this film is actually a western mm -hmm. and uses one of the most iconic western actors clint eastwood absolutely right, right? and playing someone who is stuck in the past mm -hmm. right as a western right. actor playing in a modern times vietnam war mm -hmm. Although they use Korean War as the, the reference bridge, point, yeah. reference point. Yeah. So is that – and all the problems of the time are about the credit cards, the gas prices, the, mm -hmm. all, all uh, mm -hmm. the, 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 the bank situation. They're all problematic, right? right? In the same way that 2049 was. Mm -hmm. So do you think that he's – this film is really about like – Pointing out the differences between pre-Vietnam and post-Vietnam. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> in the Vietnam, the Vietnam Nixon Watergate. So the the Watergate Vietnam experience all happens at once as a as a total culture shock. Right. This was seventy right? four. Was shot right. Yeah. So, and so it's right in the center of the stuff. Right. right? And uh, like we've fall of Saigon was what seventy five. Seventy five. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so like the so we can just take this we can take that as a big lump. Uh, like America is disillusioned, and that this is the the uh, the uh, this is the bomb of that happening. Okay, right. And uh, and the uh, there is a there is a uh, there's the story of America, right? Is what we base how we act on. Yeah, 
sure. the, the mythology. That's the mythology that 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 we and and it's a religion of America that we are raised in, and it's this is how we act, and this is how we're supposed to act, and these are the, these are the things that mean that you're good. Right. If you work really hard, you'll achieve this. Yeah, you know right. this kind of thing. Um, and the president takes care of you. The landscape is is immutable and and beautiful and perfect and everyone cares for one another and all we're all one big happy family and we protect each other and none of that turns out to be all that's destroyed sure. uh, in the 70s um and the problem with like the deep problem of destroying that uh is that uh we think it is is we throw the baby out with the bathwater yeah 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 right that the that there is and i think this is what the movie and what jeff bridges is sort of getting at in the end of the movie is like there's a truth uh that is real it's not uh it may not even be factual but it is true mm -hmm. um about what uh we believe in as good and in each other and what what all this means right and how we are here for one another right that's true, and that's true in religion, and it's true in uh, in well, our okay. In well, the the the, sto the stories that we're trying to tell each other have a meaning that's encoded that is is real, mm. right? It has been entirely rotten and commodified, right? Because it's been commodified and uh, and corrupted by Nixon, et cetera, et cetera. Um, when it falls apart, we think that all of the meaning was also not true you know it was all destroyed and then we're left feeling like it's all meaningless when actually there is a meaning there there is a connection there there's something like between say thunderbolt and lightfoot right there's something actually spiritual that happens between them they love each other it's real it's absolutely mm -hmm. real right all the shit that they were doing and all the stuff there they're trying to do it for and the money and the blonde all the other shit like that actually doesn't have anything to do with anything Okay. Like what, what is real is this relationship and this feeling, right? And so when in, in the larger context, Vietnam and Nixon happen, right? We look around at each other and we go, so it was all fucking fake. None of that meant anything. Like what were we even doing this for? Which is in the, yeah. basically what's the, the point of all this? What's the point of all if this? If you saw all of that, right? would you say to yourself, I'm sorry, would you say to yourself, is this worth saving? Yeah, this is what I'm saying. Is because like, what what is it that what is it that we have Not lost? Not those people giving up the cameras, right? And, and this is I think this teenage kid, that little shit coming out with a I want the pistachios, oh, that's, right? That's a weird feature. Now you point it out. That's a weird feature that at the end of the film is your average American handing over the fucking recording yeah. devices, right? Yeah. Right, 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 right. So yeah, I don't right. need this. Like yeah. you, you can take this. I can yeah. just either buy a new one or it's over. Yeah. But it's not worth saving. This is like just keep it, driving. All these things, like with, like that we get with that, like say Ryan Gosling in twenty forty nine, like when he finds out that like the horse memory is artificial for him, it's artificial. It's real for somebody else. Mm -hmm. Like he's destroyed as if this is now everything's fucking meaningless. Like there's like, everything that I well, believed in. Okay, so is gone. So first of all, a quick disclaimer. Mm -hmm. um, I obviously have no say in the script of Blade Runner. Mm -hmm. I have no say in the directorial decisions of Danny Villeneuve. <laughs> but but ultimately, ultimately, what I'm saying is just is is just simply an opinion of mm -hmm. what I see in a script, you know. But um, my take on it is that that what 2049 seems to to suggest is that our sense of identity comes from our belief and our memories. Yes, right, right, that, right, right. That's ultimately it. Absolutely, and and, that, you, and, and, you, and sometimes our memories are 
fictional. Well, yes. and, and, well, that, well, and that's the critical thing is that, and, and here's another thing about memories, which 2049 touches upon as I think metaphorically is that, for example, as adults, we tend to think that our memories are rock solid, even back to our childhood days. Right, and then we find out that actually a lot of our memories have been configured in such a way that we see them in the perspective of our parents, for right. example. And then, yeah, you go to therapy as an adult yeah. and you find yeah. out that actually you flip, different. Yeah, you exactly. flip those memories over and, right. and, and it's kind of like a Shutter Island moment, right? right? Where right. you suddenly realize, oh, fuck, I'm not, I'm not the fucking investigator. I'm the crazy person. Right. And right. all of those memories now have different contexts. Right. I'm raising right. a glass and there's a glass in my hand. Exactly. Yeah, right. Well, right. Exactly. And I, and I think that, that that's why I think you're drawing parallels. Because you're holding an empty glass. You're holding an empty glass. The most surprising to me as someone who used to live, you know, as an American, but grew up in Europe for mm. a long period of time and then moved here is that like when I came here, like I realized everyone in the United States speaks in reference of popular culture. Like yeah. everything yeah, yeah, is yeah. a quote of Endless. something that they've seen, Endless. you know? And I'm like, it's like, do you have any memories besides well, cartoons? Yeah. And specifically and like, the, like what do these things or, actually mean to you? Right. Like, what, what is that? What is it? What are you trying to encode here? Like, like, they, do you it, remember on Seinfeld that did this? It's like, right. that's literally everything. Right. We, and I do it myself now. I'm like right. fully same, American same. Doc, doctrinated. Like, and that's what we do. This is what this podcast is about. It's about that. <laughs> well, there's an, do you mind if I j- no, jump, please go ahead. There's, there's an interesting feature about that, which is that obviously I'm not, fucking pointing out anything particularly rev- revelatory if I say that, that the average American doesn't have much of a history behind them. Right? No, no, no. But but I also find it fascinating that people that don't have a history are so fucking naturally interested in finding out their heritage because right. I think there's a natural desire... Where the fuck did I come from? ...to have deep roots that are embedded. <laughs> what it's, does this mean? It's like a tree. You, right. feel, you feel more grounded if right. you know that your roots go down deep. Right. right. And right. I noticed with my parents that as they get older, my dad has suddenly become curious about his heritage. He's mm-hmm. like 65, you know? Yeah. It's like... It, this desire comes from somewhere, and when you don't have that those roots, mm. then you have to become almost obsef- obsessively self-referential to the recent, right? Because it's the because only that's thing. Your, it's that's, the only thing that you can make meaning. That's from. the only thing you can derive meaning right. from. You exactly. know, and, it, and there's so many things, even in our language, we right. don't. That there are so many turns of phrase and so many words and metaphors that we use. In fact, our our language is encoded with metaphors that we don't even have awareness of. Right. That right. goes back fucking so because, yeah, far. The me- because the language is a memory built into it. That's yes, what it is. The language. Right. Yeah, and so like the, the this is the like the um uh like uh, but for instance like with twenty forty nine uh and Thunderbolt and Lightfoot like the, you have two like you have uh, Jeff Bridges uh, is analogous to um Ryan Gosling right mm-hmm. he's uh like he's the fun loving version of almost the same struggle like mm-hmm. identity struggle right and uh and his connection to Harrison Ford in twenty forty nine ends up in basically the same sort of place mm. where it's like when Ford says like, what am I to you? Like what, what, what just happened here? Like that's the actual meaningful thing. Mm. Like mm. the horse memory being real or not real is not actually important. Er- Eric has decided to find the, the crinkliest, special guest star. I appreciate the offer. Thank you very much. Yeah. Um, but it's his birthday. He, he can crunch if he wants to. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there you go. Thank the, you you can't can hear me, can you? Oh, yes, totally. <laughs> it's like Cookie Monster. Uh, it's, it's like Cookie Monster. <laughs> but yeah, the uh, that that mean like this the the uh, need for meaning is is the most human it's thing. It's the most human thing. Right. And so when you find out that meaning is is obsolete or you're you're living in an illusion, then what then where does the meaning come from? And, where is it? And what that, is it? That I guess I guess why I'm asking is because I'm curious about how that sentence 
kicked you somehow to a point where it, it stimulated an emotional resonance is yeah. that somehow that must mean more to your personal conscience derived from the, the cultural conscience that you're because, in. Because like this is the, there is the, um, because the story of my life, my, my personal life, Dan Thron's life, right, is... Uh, it all began. It all begun. Now you think I'm, <laughs> you want to hear some rambling? Here we go. No, the story of my life um, and what I what I believe in and what I want and what I imagine is most fulfilling for me and all this stuff um, uh, is how can I say it? Like I love making movies. I love it and watching movies is like the most spiritual single thing that I can do. You know, for myself is to go to the movies. Um, and these things, like the wanting to achieve that, uh, and the feeling of doing it becomes so tangled up together that you can worry that one or the other is meaningless because the drive and wanting to like, there's a point at which I will get there and then I'm going to be happy. Right. As opposed to being in the moment and actually being happy. Right. And the wanting to believe that by achieving this, like by achieving this accomplishment, and he says accomplishment in that line, like I think we accomplished something, right? Like if we just do this thing, if I can just turn that corner, then I will be saved. Like all of my work and worry and strain over whether or not I will actually do it will be gone and happiness will be mine, right? And the worry just the worry over that destroys it destroys the meaning that you can get out of it by having it happen. The only happiness is the being of it. Like if you, like you, if you want all your life to make movies and you don't make movies, the wanting poisons everything. But if you, if you do make, if you, if you either you come to peace without making movies or you do make movies, then you are in the state of making movies and there's no worry about it at all. But the American dream is a state of wanting. Like that's all it is. Well, the, the, thing, the thing about the American dream and oh God, the English person on the podcast with three Americans. We, we were waiting for the answer. Um, <laughs> I thought you were Irish. I'm sorry. <laughs> I might have some of that heritage. I'm not, I'm not really sure. Did I say something wrong? Well, the, the, thing, the thing about the um, the American dream is that um, at the at the at the very foundation of of the the dream that was established by your effectively the the aristocracy of the founding fathers, mm-hmm. which was which were guys that literally escaped a tyranny a tyrannical system to set up their own system, and they they founded the whole thing on the understanding of the pursuit of freedom, the pursuit of personal happiness, and the pursuit of personal profit. Right, right. That, right. Those are freedom is the is the key word in the mm-hmm. American lexicon. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. 100%. But the context of the word has no, absolutely no equivalence to what it meant in the days of the founding fathers. No, it's, yeah, it's, it it's, used to mean, right. it used to mean, not, not what it is, what it means. It used to mean escape from tyrannical forces in the pursuit of personal freedom. Right. But with every subsequent generation, that word freedom has lost context. Right. To a point now where, and Plato, this is going to sound pretentious, but Plato talks about this in the Republic, that every generation in, in, in its kind of handing on of the baton to the generation before it loses the wisdom of the previous generation through lack of experience mm-hmm. and applies the principles without understanding what they mean yeah, exactly. to a point right. where the pursuit of personal freedom now means the pursuit of dodging servitude, dodging responsibility, 
and assuming that you're entitled to stuff. Yeah, having things. Having things. Yeah, right. So freedom means entitlement. Right. Uh, and with that comes the, the unfortunately, the soul-crushing reality that all of this pursuit of personal freedom and personal pleasure actually diminishes your sense of purpose and meaning. Right. And that's, I think, what America's going through right now, and England as well, right. is is basically the, the the understanding that this myth is a fucking lie. Yeah. It's, or no, it, no, it's not a lie. It was relevant. It's not irrelevant now. It's not relevant now. And, and that kind of hurts. Well, I think you said and it, doesn't, like, it doesn't matter what idiosyncratic the, the, job you have. Right. So the, going, the, the Plato element is, is, is going, the truth. Go, right? Going yeah. back to Thunderbolt Lightfoot, right? Because when he says, like, I feel we're not criminals. I feel we actually did something. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Really, you deep down, you know, no, you guys are criminals you are criminals that is it, true clearly you are criminals <laughs> okay you okay yeah yeah whoa, whoa, wait. Steal a little, they in throw there. you in jail steal a lot they make you a king yeah, yeah yes okay so let's jump in this for a second they're not criminals uh, yeah they're, they're not because criminals is is always relative it's always relative right. It, right. and so for example in star wars the criminals are the rebels. Right, the rebels. The rebels. They're fucking terrorists, right? Right. In Terminator, the, the future fucking um, uh, power structure is driven by Skynet, and right. therefore the leader of the resistance is the fucking criminal. Right, right. The, the criminal is always so, relative to the power structure. Yeah, absolutely. Sure, right. sure. And, and, and in that regard, like when we watched the that French film. The French Rebellion was the, were the criminals. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, exactly. And, 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 so, and so know, we're anyone watching, who resisted, uh, <laughs> you know, yeah. And, we'll, and, we'll, and, we'll, and yes. here's the thing, right? Here's the thing going, going back to that last sentence. They rob a bank and no one in their right mind in the modern age thinks that banks are the righteous fucking entitled holders yeah, exactly. of authority. Right, right, they're right. the corrupt motherfuckers. And right. they were in the 70s. Yeah, right. they, you know, this Absolutely. whole system was probably well, there's a reason why that. Bonnie and Clyde was a giant yeah, hit, right? Yeah. I mean, like because it taps into yeah. people's awareness that, exactly. no, 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 these are not the good guys. Those are, just because they're, they're the, they're, they are the elite, yeah. just because they're the law doesn't yeah. make them good. And the, the, the weird thing is that even on a, on a human level, when they're running from the, the fucking movie theater and the police are chasing them, at no point do I go, go on, please catch these motherfuckers yeah exactly yeah, yeah. they're criminals stop them we, we understand that they're the good guys you know right, right. and one of the best shows I think for, for demonstrating that that ambiguity and what is right and wrong is The Wire oh, absolutely. Yeah. in terms of how it depicts authority is corrupt at its core and uh, people that are outside of authority are corrupt to their core under the right circumstances and it's all intermingled right. it's that mixture of it's like when you look at the trajectory of, of cop shows, they always start with the most sentimental view of good and bad. Take right. fucking Miami Vice. Yeah. You know? Good guys, bad guys. Plan. Good guys, bad guys. Yeah. Right. But it's always the same two protagonists as the black and the white guy. Yep. And then you, you, you cut forward to, to NYPD Blue, and it's the sort of Mexican guy and the white guy. Then mm. you cut forward a little bit more, and it's... Uh, it's uh, Chips. Chips. Uh, chips. <laughs> chips. Da, 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 da. And, you know, but then, but then you get this progression where the, the, the fucking moral r line between right and wrong gets so blurry that by the it's time you get, to, by the time you get to, <laughs> well, yeah. And exactly. by the time you get to the wire, right. the fucking good guys, the, the police are the good guys and the bad guys and the bad guys are the right. good guys and the bad guys and everyone's intermingled. And that's what happens. I think that that happens over the course of a culture developing is that it gets to a point where the moral ambiguity so, becomes so strong right, so that the, no one trusts the mythology. A, oh, right. Exactly. So that's exactly what I mean. So like, uh, to, and, uh, and to, to put it into a different context, it's like when people like, for instance, I'm not a religious person. However, I do have positive things to say about religion. Like you were saying about like what, like the, uh, basic, the mythology, uh, the mythology or what it's supposed to be doing, the good, the positive effects it has. Um, when people are, um, become, hardcore atheist and they're just like this is so stupid how could you think there's a guy in a gold chair flying around in space that controls everything right now 
physically in That's actuality. That's mythology too, though. Well, well th- yeah, this is the thing. <clears throat> it's like that I, you know, factually, yes, I completely agree with that. Like, yes, I do. There's, I, I would be really surprised if there was a guy in a gold chair flying around space. That would mm. be a, a shocker for me, right? But, uh, so they're just like, see, it's all bullshit, right? And, and when they sweep that away, then they also sweep away all of the yeah. actual philosophical yeah, yeah. and spiritual yeah. questions that the metaphors, the whole metaphors that these yeah. are really dealing with real things. Yeah. Uh, and they sweep them all off the table because they're all attached to what something they perceive as corrupt. Mm. Right. That's what I think happened to America in the seventies. That's what I think has happened to America now yeah. where we just don't like, we're just like, it's all bullshit, right? It's all bullshit. So it's all meaningless. Mm. And when you're in that kind of state, you like when you become human, nihilistic, you become nihilistic, mm-hmm. right? And when you become nihilistic, you search out even more for things to paper yeah. over to make yourself seem happy, right? And pro- to project constantly that you're happy, which makes you feel more hollow, which makes you paper over yeah. stuff more. And when, when, what, with the, what the human body actually craves is meaning mm. and, uh, purpose. And, yeah, and purpose, you know? And so, and, uh, the idea in the end of Thunderbolt and Lightfoot, when he's saying, like, I, I think we did a good, a good job. I think we really did something, you know, like that is the, that is the deepest expression of like, there is a me, there is something meaningful that I'm trying to get my hands around and it's effluvial, mm. but it's real. And he is so hopeful that it's true and so frightened that it's not. Right, you know, in mm. that moment, I mm. think what's in what's interesting is that you know we were when we yeah, w- yeah no problem go ahead Mike uh, 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 there's there's something very interesting about this film because we started this film and we immediately talked about the ending yeah oh god yeah right away sucker punch of an ending man. because That's it's so ending. it's so important right. and we and if 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 you know some of our listeners haven't seen the movie they're gonna go. They're they're, they're going to be confused, but the ending is so important. You go through this journey, which is a great journey to go through, mm-hmm. but the last few minutes of this movie are the are whole movie. So basically, yeah. yeah, they're the whole movie. They're like, the yeah. whole movie. Every everything. It's like these. Um, it's like there's. <laughs> it's like a, you, I've talked about Captain Phillips before. My my love for Captain Phillips the movie is like the. It's a pretty good movie. Yeah, Tom. Okay. You know, it's all, it's good. Action's great. You know, it's scary. It's nicely shot. All okay. that stuff. But the actual movie that you are there to see is the end when Tom Hanks cries. That's the only movie that. That's the only movie. That's the, that's the only thing that happens in the film. Right. Everything prior to that is just packing gunpowder into the bullet. Like right. that's it, none of it. None of that actually matters except it's providing energy for this one sequence. And that sequence is, I will, I'll go to the mat on this one. I think that is the best acted thing I have ever seen in my life. Captain Phillips? Captain, the ending of Captain Phillips, when Tom Hanks cries, you ca- literally can't get better than that at all. It's impossible. The top, the needle hits the, hits the, hits the okay. end of the abdominal. And the, uh, um, and speedometer, not abdominal. The, uh, and, uh, and the rest of the movie is fine. This, this movie, the same. Like, everything else is, is it's a, a much better movie than Captain Phillips by a bazillion miles. So I'm not trying to compare them qualitatively, but everything that happens prior to that scene is loading the gun of that scene. Right. You said Zemeckis. I'm going to say this. I, uh, okay, I have not That's seen Captain Green uh, Green Grass. I have not seen Captain Phillips. Captain Phillips is Green Grass. Yeah, Paul Green Grass. Oh no! What's the one about the? F- 
the oh, that's that's Eastwood. That's uh, the Sully uh, Sullivan yeah. movie. Okay, I have not seen Captain Phillips. It's very good, but I'm sh- I'm sure it is. But it is completely tainted mm-hmm. to me mm-hmm. by Tom Hanks himself. <laughs> He's two and, Tom Hanks. <laughs> okay, so so. I listened to a podcast with Tom Hanks, the Nerdist podcast with Tom Hanks, uh-huh. where right as Captain Phillips came out, right? And Tom Hanks was joking as he does. This he's is a, a podcast, so just ease up on the snacks, okay? Got <laughs> crunchy, crunchy, crunchy. It's just live. We want to be respectful of our audience. Hey, do we have any uh, popcorn or crackers? <laughs> <laughs> Just wondering. No, it's fine. But but Tom Hanks was basically joking about going to junkets, mm-hmm. and how he he was saying somehow he was making fun. I think of Australian uh, uh, press people, uh, right? And it's like you go to junket, and there's an Australian guy and goes, "So, Captain Phillips, eh?" <laughs> and he just like he and that's stuck in your head, like like this this Captain thing Phillips, is like. Eh? I can't do it. How am I so sorry, like? Joe. I've got like five minutes with this person. I'm supposed to come up with a synopsis. That was his whole joke. Was right. like, I gotta come up with a synopsis of this film in five minutes for some quote that he's gonna use on some website. That's gonna, you know, like uh, we we've been at Thunderbolt Lightfoot for three hours now. Nice. There and we go. We, we we probably could go easily another three hours between the four of us. Mm-hmm. I know because we we love symbolism and all this other stuff and we we've done a fantastic job but like you it's just like at the end they're like so thunderbolt lightfoot it's buddy film <laughs> it's got a big gun it's got, it's got george it's got kennedy Eastwood, jeff bridges <laughs> fucking that dude from they, they, Salem there's, Block. A bank, there's a bank scene <laughs> they're on a like they, they're, they're gonna miss all of it oh right? dude that's like, about, you know the, what I mean? That's, that's the way you – but you should. Like you shouldn't be paying attention to any of this shit. Like you should watch the movie as it is. Like I mean it's a, it's a really entertaining movie. But isn't that kind of the thing, right? Because – but because this film is actually – you like, know, we, we – But you're ironically, un, you're un, you're I, unconscious isn't, doesn't need to be – your unconscious doesn't need to be clued up to it. Yeah, to, this, to, yeah this is it like – It doesn't. This is the, it doesn't. And this is one of the things I love about the way that you talk about like things like Jurassic Park, right? You talk about all the symbolism behind Jurassic Park right. and you realize like, oh, fuck, I missed all of that. Right. And you're right. It's all good points, right? You can make a – And you still – yeah, you still dig the movie yeah, even if it, you don't think of that. You don't have right. to be – You don't know Vend- why you dig it. You just dig it. Because you can watch a Vin Vendor's film and like that is not going to approach the, the general public, well, right? Well, I think one of the things that you get into – so there's a, there's a term they call authorial intent, which is like what scholars fucking talk about for God knows how long, which is did the author intend to have any of these themes right. in the in the story? Yeah. You know? we, yes. we actually talk about this uh, well, yeah, often. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a big for us. Yeah. yeah, it's a big thing because half of, well, more than half of the writing process, like 95% of your brain is unconscious and, yep. and yep. that's what sure. you're using to process your creative juices, you right. know? Right, right. But going to the, the issue of um, this particular film versus, say, Jurassic Park is that I think that the themes of um, if a film has the, the primary themes of archetypes, as in family archetypes at its core, mm-hmm. then deriving a signal from the, the symbols becomes a lot simpler because they're more universal. Mm-hmm. Once you start getting into political um, subtext, right. then of course it's going to be idiosyncratic to the people in that, in that culture. Right. Right, right. So 
a lot of what we're talking about, I do, I do believe actually that you're right. It's like it's tapping into the collective unconscious of the period. Mm. Uh, but at the same time, the the more core symbology, if it was used, of the family archetypes is what's going to show through. And I, the more we talked about it, the more I sense that the archetype of the of Jeff Bridges being more of a quote unquote son figure who is in fact a, an image of his younger self or an image of the mm-hmm. the, 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 archi- the archetype of right. the 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 sort of naive youthful vigorous M- soul yeah, exactly. without kind of cultural the beautiful conditioning. young soul the beautiful young soul yeah. and I think that maybe I think that what's that was happening and I'm going off on a tangent here is that when we got to the end because I felt it as well when that that last scene came up. I was largely indifferent to the characters. Mm-hmm. But then when that scene happened, it, it kind of was a bit of a fucking taser. Yeah, right. And I think that the reason that happens is because that character represents an archetype that's in all of us. Absolutely, absolutely. And you can see the, the, how fucking vulnerable it becomes in the eyes of like the, the, the context of has this poor figure been, been, uh, been deceived? Yeah. I mean, he's been, he's literally, he came in with youthful vigor. Which, which has nothing to do with America. No, no, ex- to, exactly. Right. And that's, that's, it's completely separable from the right. culture at large. Right. But he comes in as this young guy with like fun on his heart, on his mind. He doesn't mean harm to anyone. He just wants to interact with people. He's extremely social. He's, he, he, he talks about, he doesn't want to buy women. He just wants to fucking be with women. And it's all these different Actually, layers. The worst thing he did in that movie was steal the car. Yeah, that's it. In no, fact, in great. fact, you know the moment you know, he said, which you was know, repossessed, and right. yeah, yeah, which was repossessed, and the guy that he's stealing from is a fucking wheeler dealer. Right. But right. It, interestingly, I've just realised while talking about this that the first time that he actually shows any sign of not being completely naively enthusiastic is when they're planning the bank heist. He, he, he starts. He starts to say, "I don't know if I can do this." Yeah, that's right. He doubts himself. That's his first sign of doubt. You right. know. He's this innocent guy, and by the end of it, he has his head stomped on, and that yet, and yet he continues to hope that the fucking the the, the situation is okay. Yep. There's a kind of naivete to it right. that I think is what is soul crushing. Yep. Because some element of you goes, yeah, I'm, there's an element of you that is still naive and wants to believe in things, right. and then you go, yeah, but I did a good job, but that no, part of me is getting the shit kicked out yeah, of it. Didn't I do know? a good job, Dad? Yeah, exactly, and, and there we go. And he leans across to the, to the and then that's the part of you that's that's going to be universally understanding because right. everyone can relate to that, right. regardless of culture. And so, like he associates, Chimino associates, uh, like um, bridges to physically America. Yeah, right. So he's using all sorts of American tools. Like, what well, he's got the the leather the leather things on the the right. The, he's the, the American all, spirit, right? The Trans Am, exactly. you know, the Trans Am. Yeah, right? like like all of this is like like he is directly shown photographically connected to this wide open wild free yeah. landscape right and most of the i would say their their cars in this movie are driven more over uh grass and rocks than they are on but roads. they're all older yeah. models too from right the 50s. Yeah. like yeah. all of this is like you With big like, headlights yeah uh, and so everything um everything that's associated with uh jeff bridges is is uh is told through American symbols mm. that are visual, visibly American. But yep. what they are symbolic of is something that is universal, mm. right? And so it is uh, like it is. It comes like the movie comes out during a time of American crisis uh, and screenlit because Tremino can be like, "This is about America. We're falling apart and blah." And here are the American symbols and blah blah blah. And everyone sort of goes, "Ah, yes, perfect. Another time we can sell this. Great." Mm. But the reason why it's affecting now 
and throughout time of people watching it is because it has nothing actually to do with America. It has to do yeah, with to do with the processes of of, yeah. of dynamic versus static energy yeah. inside of a system. Exactly. And when yeah. you when you lose and so that losing that that um, passion and fire and yeah. belief in the world. Yes. Yes. And that, 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 that's the, that's the critical thing is that those two guys, that the reason that there's always these typecast, not typecast, but these, these almost stereotypical archetypes is mm -hmm. that they always represent something that everyone can tap into. And Absolutely. it's the same thing with Jurassic Park, right? Mm -hmm. So Jurassic Park, there's your static dr job driven paleontologist, which is Alan, mm -hmm. which is what Spielberg requested be rewritten for the mm -hmm. sake of Jurassic Park. Mm -hmm. And then He's then forced into a situation where he has to use his instincts and he has to absorb the, the naive creative energy of these children. Right. And the children are young and enthusiastic and they're, yeah. they're, full, they're, full, of, of life, they're yeah. full of life. Yeah. Yeah. And they bring that energy to him and that's what makes him a new man, as right. it were. Like, and he's reawakened. Reawakened. Right. And, then, and that's why they use the death and rebirth motif, which right. is the death and rebirth motif is all over the, all yep. over stories. Because in a story, you are, well, in your own life, you're dying and, re, uh, dying and, and being reborn. Right. Because, you know, seeds have to die for a tree to be born. Yep. A caterpillar has to die for a butterfly to be born. Right. That's just that we have to die. Versions of us have to die for us to become more mature humans. Right. right. You have to kill off the fucking teenager in you if you yep. want to become a parent. Right. You know, like you have to kill parts of yourself. Right. And stories show those parts interacting. Absolutely. You right. know, so I think that's what now we've talked about it so much. Like I am seeing way more than I saw when I first watched the film. I didn't tap into a so lot of that. I'm, I'm going to guess that. Uh, so this is my as we were talking about initially. It's like uh, like my uh, my feeling about what you what your experience was. And you can tell me if I'm wrong. Yeah. Uh, is probably very similar to what my experience was when I first saw this was watching the movie i was like the fuck is going on pretty much right yeah <laughs> like i don't I, like yeah this seems entirely random i'm not connected to anybody yeah. like there's some good car chases and it's very pretty yeah but i don't really know what the fuck i don't know what this is i really don't know what this is and then in the end you suddenly goes well and it sort of gets itself together and then the ending's really good mm -hmm. you know and then for a long time i was like well you know it's, it's kind of a cool movie the ending is fucking awesome yeah you gotta see it because the movie's pretty good but the ending's pretty great Mm. Yeah, um, and uh, and then I later on saw it again. And I was like, "Oh, I'm really you start to realize yeah. what the intent like, was." It, yeah. yeah, I, I yeah, believe yeah. like these like, and I believe this happens not only for uh, receivers of the art, but also creators creators of the art. Like, I mean, like it's like when you're saying like you sometimes you don't even know what you're writing when you're writing it, you know, mm -hmm. and it's because your brain is still doing the work. Yeah. You know, you could write what your unconscious is. Your unconscious is yeah. doing the work. You know, and you can write a whole book and put it out and not get it. Like other people will go, um, do you, well, you know that this is what it's about? Then I think that a Chimino like uses the, like, the, like, is that something beeping? That's weird. Okay. Yeah. Keep okay. going. Like, I think the, like the, the difference, like, cause this is not just, it's really true about this movie, but it's also true about a lot of uh, movies of the seventies, particularly American uh, movies of the seventies is like, they are really aggressively mm. unfriendly movies to the audience. You know, like they're just like, fuck you, figure it out. Like that's basically the attitude. Yeah. Like Deer Hunter Apocalypse Now. Deer Hunter yeah. being like, yeah, Deer Hunter is the one that like, it just, yeah. Same director. Slaps yeah, you in same, the face. Yeah, same exactly. director. Hardcore. Yeah. Chimino. Oh shit. That was the same director. Yeah. Chimino. Uh, oh Chimino. dude. I yeah. had no idea. That was his second movie. Yeah. Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. Yeah. Deer Hunter is like, oh, that changes. It's, it's if I had known that watching it going in, yeah. I probably would have been like, oh fuck. Theme. The theme. God damn it. Thunderbolt was his first film and Clint gave it to him. Then 
then he wrote then he does the Deer, Deer Hunter. Hunter. I had no idea. This makes me want to go and watch both films again oh, now. Oh, dude, yeah. I mean, like, Mickey, like, give me your boots. Come on. Give me your bo- oh, man. And you, and give me, me your boots, Nick. Let's you, go hunting. You know this. <laughs> we, we've talked. Let's do it. Let's just do it. Get my truck. Let's go hunting, Nicky. My, and you know, and we've talked about this before. My, the deer hunter has one of my all-time favorite lines. When um, when talk John, about the carpet, the carpet jo- scene. What's the, what's the carpet scene? When like you got the stain on the carpet. It's your friend, right? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, right, yeah, good. yeah. Keep talking. <laughs> seltzer, come on, Jimmy. Jimmy, come on. Your seltzer on that. When you got to pat it, Jimmy. Pat, pat it. For God's sakes, it's like- pat it. Soak it up. Soak it up. It's unbelievable. That's, Come that, on. Oh, that actually, you just, that was the most you've ever nailed it right there. Unbelievable. Un- un- the unbelievable. <laughs> Unbe- yeah, walking. Yeah. But yeah, no, that Deer Hunter has one of my all time, like an iconic line that, uh, that was, that I could, I remember hearing it and feeling the brain cells in my head go and lock the place permanently for the rest of my life. It affected me so deeply. Yeah, but hold on a second. Yeah. Talking about Chimino, mm-hmm. when you look at like, you talked about all these different parts, yeah. right? Then in the deer hunter, it's all in, in, in Pennsylvania, outside wedding, of Pittsburgh, wedding, where wedding, I went wedding, to undergraduate. Wedding, 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 I went wedding, to wedding, under- wedding war. <laughs> yeah. But all that is like, it's, you know, the lighting is like Vermeer. And 45 all, minutes away. But hold on a second. Yeah. Then it wraps up. 45 minutes. It was slow for yeah. 43 minutes. Yep. And then they talk then, about the heist. Bam. And then yeah, exactly. when you're in Nam, it's totally different movie. Yeah. And you're like, what the fuck's with the to helicopter? The point, I thought there was something wrong with the tape. That's I, right. I was just like, well, when I first saw Deer Hunter, I saw it on tape. And I was just like, it just suddenly you're in... Like in them, you're in it. Like not just sort of like it doesn't go like. And then they went to Vietnam. It's just like yeah, yeah, fucking Vietnam. You're it's like you cut into a different because he's building up the characters as people in right. such a different way. Yeah. And then you just are like it's you'll follow stunning. him anywhere. So you'll just it doesn't matter. You don't have to see him on right. the aircraft you don't need all the shit landing in, in um right. and it's the same thing. Right. It's just like when when Kazel when they all go hunting right and Kazel's fucking around and he hasn't like. He hasn't brought the right stuff, you know, and all this stuff. They're up in the mountains. And uh, De Niro just gets fucking – he's just had it with Kazale. He's just had it. And he goes like you – know, like, it's just like, oh, let me borrow your coat, Nicky, whatever it is. And, he, and De Niro's Nikki, like – give me your boots. Yeah, give me your boots. And Come he's on. like – and he just goes, no. No. You know, because like – and he takes a bullet and he goes – and he holds up to Kazale and, and he says, you see this? This is this. This isn't something else. This is this. And I heard that and I was like, whoa, <laughs> like it blew my fucking mind to hear that. Yeah. And it was just like, there's uh, all the other uh, social goings on and the story you've constructed for yourself and all that shit. Yeah. That's all an illusion. This is reality. This is a, a life fucking bullet. Yeah. <laughs> I found the best part of that movie was when they were in the bar and they were like, I love you, babe. They were just singing in the bar. And you can tell that they were friends. Oh, it's incredible. And there was a realness between them. And then you as a viewer are like, oh, it's all going to get fucked. Yeah. I can just tell. But the way they set that up, it was really beautiful. Oh, it's it's stunning. And the thing is that that's when we talk about Thunderbolt and Lightfoot. Like, I mean, like everything that seems um, random or or just jumbled or, you know, like you don't know what's happening. Like – it's all yeah, like yeah, all yeah. of this is. Yeah, but you nailed yeah. it earlier when you talk about the Jericho painting, mm-hmm. the raft of Medusa, 
And when you step back and you look, it's all as one. But when you come up close, wow. there's a story within no, it no, all. There's, that's, uh, so on that, what you just said just triggered something in me. The first time I saw – did you see the Terrence Malick movie? Um, yes. Uh, yes, I did. Yeah. What, what was what was the movie with uh, with Jessica Chastain and Brad Pitt? That is Tree of Life. Tree of Life. Yeah. I remember watching that 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 movie in a cinema in Berlin with a bunch of people, and we left. We all scoffed at it. Mm-hmm. Pretentious bollocks. Right. Right. Of course. Uh, because it all just seemed so chaotic and random right, and bullshit. Right, right. And then I slept on it, and then I woke up the next morning, and my brain had integrated it much like a dream is integrated. Yeah. Right. And I realized that it was it was a cohesive whole yep. with all sorts of weird interconnections. Yep. Absolutely, that, that you can only see when you stop thinking of it as a sequential mass, yep. uh, a right. sequential se- like sequence, and yep. you start yeah. to see it as a mass don't of ideas. Exactly, connects in your mind. Analyze the right. fucking thing. Yeah, yeah. and the and great thing your about the movie just makes all the connections. If you watch yes, exactly, a movie exactly. and the next day you're like thinking of it in the moment of it, like reciting it. Yeah. And yeah. Then it's, then it's it hits. Traction. I've said this before. Doesn't matter like, how favorite, linear it is. Yeah. My favorite it's horror long, movie. Yeah. My favorite horror movie of all time. Oh, hey Dan. Hey, hello. Uh, my favorite horror movie of all time is uh, is Nicholas Roeg's uh, Don't Look Now, and oh. and which is fucking I, phenomenal. Yeah, I love that. When one. I saw that movie, I hated it. I ha- I hated it. And I was so annoyed. And yeah. it got to the end. I was like, what the fuck? What the fuck is this? And then I. Couldn't stop complaining about it for two weeks. Yeah, until, until you fr- realize until it a friend of mine's just like, "You won't fucking shut up about that movie. Maybe you. I think you yeah, love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, I don't fuck. I just fuck you. I don't. No, yeah. don't say that to me. What, it's the same. It's the same when you've got a crush on someone and you just sit there and go, <laughs> "I don't like them. I fucking hate that person. <laughs> they're so annoying. Yeah, you project all of your shit onto them <laughs> exactly. because they're Thinking like about they're through mirroring all the time. time. It's, it's, yeah, like, yeah. it's like in blow up mm-hmm. where. It's you just see the murder scene in just the negatives or the right. the, the newly printed photographs. Is, is Blow Out the John Travolta movie? No, that's, no, blow, that's out. blow Out. Blow Out. Also we very good. So that. Blow yeah. Up yeah, is uh, uh, nineteen sixty. No, no, it's not. It's, it's actually uh, Antonioni. Oh, yeah, Antonioni. in oh, 1967, shit. where he's the photographer in Swinging London and the Yardbirds in it with Jeff Beck. Oh, it's a fucking and, great movie, uh, which is great movie. awesome because yep. you get Beck, and then you get the heat. They figure out. Talk about a shattering illusion yeah, movie, man. You watch it. That's There's insane. like a scene where they uncover the murder, developing the film. He yep. just un- and so he just hangs it. You know how you dip it in the water and it's hang yeah. it? Patience of and you can Wait a minute. And then it's wait, a wide wait, of a couple in a park. And, and it, can, and it connects you in your mind. And you a gun in a bush. And you're like, no words. Right. Just yeah. visuals. And that sticks with you. Because yeah. you did the work. Yes. You did the work. Well, that's it. It's the it's – the, it's the, the, there's a book by uh, a guy called Howard Tuber, which I don't know if you guys have read it called The Power of Film. And it's no. just, yes. he's a UC, it's a fucking amazing book. I actually had lunch with the guy it. a couple of weeks oh. ago. UCL, UCLA professor. Mm-hmm. He taught Francis Ford Coppola, loads of other writers. David Kep. Well done. Yeah, fucking, yeah. <laughs> Bravo. Bravo, sir. Um, but he's got a book called The Power of Film, and in it is just a series. It's an alphabetized thing where he just got a heading, and then it's a one-page summary. So right. it'll be like heroes, and then it'll be like a, a summary of what yeah, a hero blam. is. There it is. Blam. Right. Right. Super, super organized. And at one point he talks about recognition, mm-hmm. which I never thought about this before, but he says stories are about, great stories are about recognition. And mm-hmm. what, if you break that word down, it means, it means recognizing. Yeah. Thinking about it again. Thinking about it again and finding out that the meaning was not what you in, you had yeah. initially yes. thought, but the director right. had manipulated you to believe. Right. Shutter, oh, Shutter Island being yeah. a great example, yeah. Yeah. which is where you, you literally have 
what's called polysemic meaning, which mm. means that, well, polysemic is when there's many meanings, but mm. you have you have a you have a binary meaning to a thing that it means one thing in one intention, another thing in another intention. Exactly. Right? And polysemic is when you have something that's so uh, archi- archetypally yeah. archetypally symbolic that it's 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 referenceable right. almost yeah. on like multiple layers from anyone in any culture. Right. Right, you know, right, when right. you get like really purely symbolic imagery yeah. that people go, I get that somehow. Yeah, yeah, yeah just it clicks physically yeah. with you at yeah, like, yeah. the genetic level. Yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely true. And but I, they- I love that concept, recognition. That yeah. You, you oh, look at something right. and you go, cause, and that's what's happened tonight. Like when we're going through this film. That's why I didn't want to say too much because right. now- Because you're literally connecting. My right? first question yeah. was, what's the theme, guys? Right. And then, but then we've kind of got to it, I think- through the conversation, oh, I so. yeah, you know? I believe so. And this, and is I believe, the, I believe that. This is, yeah, because the the beauty. This is why, like, a, a yeah, like I was saying, like the difference between seventies and now in terms of filmmaking is that the, like, right now we are very much. I mean, well, there's plenty of great films being made right now, and I'm not being like bitchy old man about it. Like, there's plenty of great stuff. However, almost I don't have to work for almost any of yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I don't have to think about yeah. it. I don't have to chew on it. I don't know, it just like it just presents mm-hmm. itself and there it is. And that's great. Mm-hmm. And I go, that's brilliant. I agree with that. Or that's a beautiful idea. Fantastic. The movies from that period, like it's, you have to chew on them. Mm. Like you have to work. There's some work. Involved. You know, and yeah. that that's why they, because like then, like it's one thing to tell, it's like, you know, it's one thing to tell me uh, some good advice, you know, but it's another thing for me to realize. Well, what's advice. that? What's that Benjamin Franklin uh, quote? It's um, it's it's tell me I'll forget, teach me I may learn, involve me and I'll like involve yeah, exactly. me, involve like, me, and that's this, what stories do is they, exactly. they 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 vicariously involve you in the yeah. process they, so that at they, the end you, you lived it, you lived it exactly. Yeah. They, like it, it 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 simulates the situation so that you have the yeah. realization, yeah, and, and you put put it together yourself, yeah. And the, yeah. And, the, and I believe that this is key to like for instance for all the straining that uh, franchises do now to do giant world building, right? And yeah. they give all these thousands of details and interconnections God, and all yeah. this kind of but shit. There's right? no purpose to any of that. Yeah, it's no, all, it's it just comes up. That was the beauty of the original Blade. Runner. Yeah, exactly. The original Blade Runner doesn't that tell apartment, you anything. Decker's apartment. You looked at the <coughs> handles and right. you knew, oh, that opens up and probably does this. Right. Or this, the, the, nothing today. Yeah, the original Blade Runner gave you breadcrumbs. It gives you a scattered a few things around, and you went, maybe this connects to this, like this. And you do all the work, and suddenly yeah. the world seems enormous because well, well, you did all the fucking well, building. It, like the two, two, two stories that used a similar mechanism under different contexts was Blade Runner but also the final episode and this is going to be probably a contentious point but the last episode of Sopranos oh I loved it which loved I think it. is one of the best endings it's ever perfect literally perfect because it literally just says well you've watched nine seasons of this mm-hmm. what does your imagination do with this blank yeah. spot this, because <laughs> you know it's a morally ambiguous thing do yeah. you want him to die do you want him to live do you want yeah. them to live it's happily ever after <laughs> you get to conclude the story yeah. and that's what happened with the original Blade Runner and that's mm-hmm. why it was such an offence when fucking Ridley Scott said said well yeah of course he's a fucking replicant like no like, no, no fuck no, no, off no. you dickhead the question like, is go the and important fucking thing. Yeah, yeah go and do something else like I waste mean, waste everyone's franchise money with your crappy spin-offs <laughs> like, like stop stop talking like, where where I, where I admire uh, Ridley Scott is that like he is never like the way, when he said that like he he said it because he knew that's what people wanted to buy like he's a salesman 100% of the time. I don't know. That's I don't literally know. like, he's just like, I don't know. No, I think, I think, I think people, I think people give him too much fucking right. crap. I, it's, I it's, think it's, people it's, 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 hold yeah. on, hold on, hold on guys. We can go on forever. This is true, especially. And, and yeah. I have gone through this and it is already late. So 
Uh, we have actually done a really good job of covering Thunderbolt Lightfoot. I think we did something important. I feel like yeah. a hero. I actually- <laughs> <laughs> fabulous, fabulous thing. Eric. What a douche. Unbelievable. <laughs> Unbelievable. A- Eric, I just th- cried a little bit. Eric, thank you. Dickhead. Thank you for bringing this movie oh, God. to yeah. the you guys, yeah, yeah. you guys have mocked me. Like on all my movie choices, but it's fine. This no, is, uh, no, I, no. I, just you. because I don't, I don't like the bullshit that's out there, and I speak about it. Okay, I, I, Mister. I, I saw Titanic twenty five times. I did see Titanic twenty five times in the theater. And oh I my still god! Love did you seriously? Yeah. I love that movie. Oh my god! I love that. And movie. I know I'm going to therapy. Yeah. But nobody hates Titanic more than Chris. No. And nobody's seen it Eric, less than Chris. Chris, Chris has never seen, seen it. Seen it. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Uh, this is not what we're going to go through today right now because I'm trying to wrap it up. Oh, no. But I, I really appreciate it. Uh, I, I, I thank you for doing this. I'm sure the audience who uh, are, are the 35 people that follow people. this podcast, including Chris Nolan and Neil Chris, Blackham. Thanks very much. Uh, uh, appreciate Thanks for being a listener. Make sure to share, repeat, and uh, rate our podcast on iTunes, Chris <laughs> Nolan. Yes, exactly. uh, uh, this is really like, honestly, this is, you know, first birthday present to you. Oh, and this, I, and I will say that this is, uh, this movie in this last viewing of it, uh, substantially jumped up in my estimation. Of yeah. it. I already, yeah. I already yeah. liked it. Uh, this is a, a really good movie. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah. a, it's a really great film. It's really one of the, one of the great film. films in the seventies. It took this Americana. conversation yeah. for me to realize that because yeah. I, I came in being pretty skeptical, but now I'm like, I want to see. There's this, and I only saw it today. There's so a period of American on film. On your damn phone, on my fucking phone. I know you want to go. I know you want to go. There's a period of American films that in the seventies that like Altman and this. That talk about the America psyche, and that you get a view into this the world of America. Much like one of my favorite American periods is the Ashcan School from the twenties and thirties mm-hmm. in Americana, where Edward Hopper came out of, yeah. mm-hmm. Robert Henry. So there's this I love, and they were just painting street scenes in New York. Yep, you know, just like gritty and the, shit. And the story unfolds in is your like mind. Outside painting, yeah. Yeah. and so that's it. Because you, you, yeah, you look at the, look at Nighthawks, right? Nighthawks. Uh, the, like the, the story unfolds in your brain when you see it. Like it tells you, you a you story. You got to see some of this. Go look up a, like um, look up Ashcan and that whole period, yeah. like the street scenes. Um, Bloom, yep. uh, Sheeler, a guy named Sheeler, Charles Sheeler. It's all like this gritty, like uh, New York boxing matches. Yeah, it's incredible. Cool stuff. The old Madison Square Garden, and you're like, that's real life. And you, there's all like you said, you step back when we go in. Each character has got something. Oh, this yeah, guy's right. not selling him a ticket, and this right. guy's, right. and it's like, oh, there we go, America's psyche. But that's it. That's it, dude. I think that this movie like really encapsulates the thing that I like best in movies, which is like, it is totally entertaining on the surface, but once you work on it. It becomes yeah. something, something else. Uh, once yeah. something once you else. get to that final scene, you realize you've been watching a different film. Yes. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Unbelievably you know, good. You're like, realize like, oh, wait a minute. Because it, like, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't until I got to the end of the film that I realized I had to watch it again. Right. Yeah. You actually have to go back and watch it again. And the, and the more you know about the context, I mean, like, it's like where uh, with Chimino, I mean, like uh, Chimino's own life. Uh, expresses itself through uh, uh, Jeff Bridges. Uh, and the two best one. movies that he did. Mm-hmm. Is because the actors were more powerful than him. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, they, true. in a way, maybe yeah, controlled yeah. that floodgate. Yeah, exactly. Give, where it wasn't right. like this is my vision. It's like, all right, let's try this. Because and, he has he has so much to say 
Like he has so much to say. He's a total true artist. If you can write as well as he did yeah. and be a visual painter, yeah. you got a lot to say and you can get confused. Because I, I, I honestly think uh, – and this is a big statement, but I, I – You don't I, say those, so I, hold I, on. This is it, okay? Are you sure you want to say that? 26 times in the theater. The, uh, that I, <laughs> I, that it's I think – It's 25. It's 25. It's 25. Don't worry. Don't worry. <laughs> uh, the, um, uh, that I think in this past viewing – that this movie surpassed, for me, uh, Deer Hunter. Oh, yeah. Like, I think it's his best movie. And I think that what you're saying is, like, because Eastwood was there going three fucking takes, and then that's it. That's We're not going to do this all day. Yeah, constraint. Yeah, like, He was constrained. Some guys have to have that, and that's yeah. fine. It, if you can just make one movie like right. that and say, fuck it, I'm going to go paint in right. Maine, do yeah. it. And so he makes it, you know, like, everything that's in so there all is the, important. The crap we see is people who are just trying to... Yeah, I don't need another hour on the Avengers movie. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> or on this podcast, says Chris. Okay, so. All right. Are you guys ready to do it? <laughs> Let's do it. First of all, I want to thank Mike. Absolutely, man. That was a right. real Mike, pleasure. Thank you. Thanks thank for you being for part of this. No, this. I enjoyed is, this a lot. This is awesome. It's fun. It, and, we're, you know, still uh, still on the young side of the podcast. So we're experimenting a bunch of things. But I think this worked out pretty good. Yeah. Yep. I think Mike was. Uh, it's been. A, a, I've, I feel like we've, we've like, gone to good depths here oh that oh, was yeah. really nice yeah. maybe gone too deep like maybe gone beyond the depth that's pragmatic but it's been a really fucking well, if, why not why yeah, yeah no exactly you've, you've got to you've got to go as deep as possible yeah because you know? it's enjoyable yeah you know, going to those depths are, are good right would your therapist as you said there <laughs> <laughs> that's, oh, that's what your therapist said to me. I don't know what it is. Some, some, some you can just pay that. you guys. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. probably best. Love that. you, Eric. Happy Good birthday, Eric. Happy, Happy birthday, birthday, Eric. I appreciate that, guys. Thank yeah. you for watching the movie. Uh, All right. Are you ready? Yeah. Drink. 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 Drink.